ladies and gentlemen. We're we're live streaming it. Smash, what's good, man? Welcome. How's, how's everyone doing? I'm just hanging out, man. Uh, I figured I'd jump on. Like you, I, I didn't really myself today. You, <laughs> you know what I mean? I was just chilling anyway, so I figured I'd join. Come hang out with the crew. Well, man, sounds good. That's pretty much what tonight's about. Uh, it's a special sesh, so if anybody hops on, I know there's a couple other channels going, so I don't, I don't, uh, uh, I doubt we'll have like a, a record-breaking attendance, like the Guinness Book World Record's not going to be here. That's fine. We're just going to goof off, shoot the shit a little bit. What's going on, Shen, my friend? Cheers. Uh, welcome uh, to the to the show, to the goof off. Uh, Smash just pointed out, which was uh, uh, weird to think about. It's almost midnight on the East Coast. I was like, damn, you're fucking right. I mean, of course he's right. He's on the East Coast. How's he, how's he not going to know what time it is? But, you know, it's just a funny, it's a funny thing to wrap your head around, you know, like, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It used to be like, uh, I would sit down at like maybe the, the, the TV, if I was doing like an indoors New Year's or something, I'd sit down at the TV or something or the radio at like 10 o'clock and listen to, you know, oh, it's uh, New Year's in the East Coast or Chicago or whatever the fuck. Um, and we'd see the reruns of the New York. It's, it's, I don't know, I guess I'm babbling, but it's a, it's a funny thing to think about the difference yeah. in time, you know? I actually watched a little like documentary on like the New York glass wall. Oh yeah. And I guess there's like a, a crystal vault. Like they put the old pieces in underneath like grand central wow. station. That's cool. So they have all the old ones. That's kind of, yeah, fun. they keep them all. I mean, they're specially cut and stuff where they might go back to them if they want a certain color for a year or something. We're going to have to tell uh, West Indian about that for no particular reason. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Uh, so here's the link for uh, uh, joining us because we'd like to bullshit with us and uh, uh, shoot the bull with us. That was redundant. Uh, but uh, you know what I'm trying to say. Uh, Southern BT Grower. Cheers, my friend. Jones into Grow. Uh, Dirty Indica in the house. What's going on? Gray Sun Grow. What's going on, my friend? Uh, Smoke Sins. Welcome, folks. Steel Bird. Uh, cheers, buddy. Uh, change your guys' chats to live chats, as the guy just did, so that you have a uh, less filtered experience. And why does... That's weird. I just clicked live chat and like half the comments disappeared. What the shit? You guys aren't banned. What happened? I don't understand it. Whatever. Maybe they're, okay, they're coming back now. I don't understand. Richard D., what's going on, my friend? Happy Richard D. is calling us from the future. Can you believe that? He's calling us from the future where it's already a new year. What's up, my friend? Happy 2022. Uh, 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 all the best to you. And uh, uh, gosh, it's weird. He's calling us from the future. Look at that. Oh, Smash is gone now. It must be something to do with the, uh, Richard's call from the future. Oh, he's back. Thank God. Oh, my God. It was good. I was looking for like a little brush to like try to get all the trichomes off the bottom of this right right no you gotta call it keith you gotta say i was trying to i was trying to get the sick keith off the the, the bottom bro for some reason you always have to say bro even if it's a chick you have to say bro you have to say bro i'm 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 sweeping the keith off the out there's of the just tray, so bro. much in here <laughs> that's it bro and then you gotta say bro there's so much keith in here bro we're turning we're turning into chads and brads ladies and gentlemen i don't know why but uh, it felt like a good time cheers lock what's going on my friend uh, the show is international now look at that uh, we have like freaking canadians and uh uh what do they call them uh, lilliputians and uh what do they called them uh shit what was it in uh oh my fucking god i can't remember the name the upside down people i cannot remember their names right now would have been funnier if I did. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, cheers, uh, Locke, and, and uh, everybody that's hanging. Uh, guys, if you are 21 and over, you're welcome to hang with us. If you're 21 and under, you're not welcome to hang with us. Uh, this is a, a, a weed and booze show tonight. You know, it's New Year's, so we're going to be probably drinking a little bit, uh, talking about whatever. It might be, I don't know, even maybe some whiskey might make its appearance. Uh, we'll see, ladies and gentlemen. But in the meantime, it's definitely not a show for kids. Uh, Smash, what do we like to tell the kids just so that they don't feel bad? Um, well, 
I, go collect some Pokemon cards or, cool. or go go watch Pokemon or something like because you can't stay here. Right. I like it. Is there a live Pokemon League? Like I know there's uh what is it? Um Counter-Strike and whatever is uh, just super nuts in Korea and whatever for for like online gaming, like gaming competition stuff. Do they have like Pokemon gaming competition? Oh yeah, there's an online I'm actually part of it. There's an online whole community where you can go and battle and stuff and they have tournaments. It's pretty cool. It's cool. You know, what's also Magic cool is too. this bottle of beer, Juicy IPA from Bream. You guys are getting juicy. That's it. We're getting juicy, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, dude, that is actually sad. Ginger Ninja's pointed out. Uh, Betty White, uh, last man standing, last woman standing of 2021. She didn't quite make it that that uh, all the way. Uh, but man, she had a long ass life. We were talking about her a little bit on uh, Potence uh, IG today. Uh, I brought up like uh, she had a TV show, which was kind of an odd thing, but she had a TV show all the way back in the 60s. Like it's hard to imagine, you know, she like, how do I say this? She's 100 years old, almost 100 years old. Fuck, that was a long ass time ago. I mean, she was uh, 40 years old. <laughs> and then I, don't know, I guess she was like 50 something in the freaking 60s. It was ridiculous. Anyway, wait, that doesn't make any sense. No, no, no. She was younger because it's like 2020. You see, I'm already forgetting what year it is. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we haven't even gotten drunk yet, but uh, uh, we're already goofed off. The zombie made an appearance. What's up, my friend? Uh, welcome to the show. Hey. He's setting up his uh, uh, the you zombie rig. Yeah, Look at that. Sick mountains of like Keith, this? bro. Sick mountains of Keith. No, I think everybody does that because that Keith is like, that'll get you fucking wrecked. I mean, that's like a, that's like one dab right there. Put that in a joint. It'll be a uh, joint and a half. Uh, she seems so old on the Golden Girls, man. That was a long, long time ago. Doesn't that blow your mind? That was like 25 years ago, and she was probably like 75 years old on the Golden Girls. Like that, that right there just kind of blows my mind. Like she was probably she was actually already on the, on the older side. She was like 75, probably 74, 75 on the freaking Golden Girls, like all those years ago. That was nuts. Green goes to say, and I think she invented TV when she was little. I bet she did, dude. Uh, what's going on, Wilcash? Cheers, my friend. Billy in the house. Cheers, buddy. Uh, happy New Year. Uh, T-Mac, uh, good evening, my friend. Uh, BX Gutter in the house. What's good, buddy? Charlie's Farm already. Uh, what's what's going on, my friend? Welcome to the show. Uh, I bet Charlie's Farm probably personally knew Betty White. Wouldn't that be funny? Wouldn't that be funny if he was uh, Betty White's weed dealer? That would crack me up. He's like, oh, yeah, Betty White liked uh, Hell's OG or something. Wouldn't that be funny? I bet that's what she would smoke, too. She'd smoke like Satan Killer. Yeah, Hell's she was OG cool with Snoop Dogg, right? Right? Yeah. So I bet there you go. I Same thing with Martha Stewart. Right now. <laughs> um, I was watching a thing about Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg's relationship and how like because they have a they have a big later together. That's pretty funny. What's going on, Charlie's? Uh welcome hey, to friend, Charlie. Uh, he probably cannot right. confirm or deny. Wouldn't it be funny we were saying if you were Betty White's weed dealer? Yeah, right. That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. If you had to guess what her strain would be. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. What, what would it be? I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to give it some thought on that one. I was reading her bio. Anyway, today, titty fuck. She did. Yes, please. Old lady swath. I don't know. She was hot when I was a kid. I'll tell you that much, man. Right. I had a crush on her. Hell yeah, yeah. She was pretty. Yeah. I didn't know too many people that didn't back then. Mm. Yeah, it's not woman, man. I mean, talk about a long career. I mean, sustained too, like all the way up to what is it, hot Cleveland or something? Was uh, mm. another one of my one of my crushes when I was younger was uh, Valerie Bertinelli. You know, I used to always be jealous of Eddie Van Halen. Mm. They had a falling out, obviously, but 
was married to him for a while. How's everybody else doing? I'm not feeling too well. You're not feeling well. No, I'm not. I'm not feeling well. I don't hear my voice. Um, yeah, I yeah. can hear a little bit. I was yeah, going to say it was your audio, but uh, I'm sorry to hear that, man. Yeah. Just me. What'd you do? Were you fist fighting uh, uh, grizzly bears? What'd you do, man? No. Uh, my daughter got it a few days because she actually tested positive, and then we had a PCR um, test yesterday, and it came back positive as well. But it's from one of her friends, we believe. We think it's an outbreak from school that happened right before vacation because there's a whole handful and then, uh, you know, um, of her, of her uh, classmates that had it. And then my wife came down yesterday positive. I came negative yesterday, but um, my schedule is so screwed and I have chronic sinusitis. So it mm. could just be that, I, you know, it's just no way to tell. And I should have brought a test because we, we literally scoured Boston and then right around the Worcester area. I must have gone to close to 25 CVSs and Walgreens trying to find tests. And I found out, you know, and you're only allowed to buy two anyway. So um, I, I went around the other day and, and uh, I don't know, I think I got 10 of them, two tests in each one. And at 25 bucks a pop, man, talk about expensive. And uh, so I came back in negative yesterday, but I, you know, I hadn't slept since Tuesday morning. I kind of, I stayed here last night because, you know, they didn't want me to come home, obviously. And um, I should have brought a test with me and I didn't, but. So it could be, you know, I slept really fucked up last night. And so it could be attributed to that. I've got energy. I just, um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I actually thought when we tested yesterday, I told my wife before we tested, I said, I think I have to, I'm the one who's going to have it. And uh, it was the opposite. So I don't know. Who knows? I am back. So thankfully, it's not going to be such a, a heavy hitter, you know, and especially what they've been saying about the Omicron. So. You know, either way, oh I'm going to hang out here for another. Yeah, I mean, I can. This can be my jump off point to go to the other place, but I don't have to go there until tomorrow night. Just be yeah. safe, man. I know. So that's all I got to say. Just be safe. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, I'm just going to hang out here and hang with yeah, you guys. Get some rest too, because if you are sick, that's yeah, get some better, sleep. honestly. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, just I did kind of the same thing. I kept telling people patty. I just had a cold. You know, I mean, I did kind of isolate anyway, but uh, I was like, oh, I just had a cold. I kind of think I had Omicron, honestly, because it's been like three weeks, honestly, and I'm still kind of tired and whatever. I'm taking like fucking random. I'll sit down and fall asleep. <laughs> that never fucking happens. Yeah, yeah, never, yeah. ever, yeah. ever happens. But I'll sit down on a chair and find myself waking up 15 minutes later. Uh, still like right. three weeks later. My shoulder's still fucking killing me. Like, on and on and on. Yeah. So, yeah. But how long do you, do you think you've had it so far? Three weeks? Really? That About long? three weeks. Only one or two days was really, really like bad. But even then, yeah, I've yeah. been vaccinated. I feel stupid that I didn't get the booster because I was actually eligible for the booster as of like you know, a couple, three weeks ago. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks to the vaccine, I didn't you know have to go to the hospital. But one night, I was a little bit messed up, honestly. And uh, I felt like if I, if I actually fall asleep, like I'm going to choke to death, literally. So right. I kept waking right. up like every three seconds, basically. Oh. Thankfully, that was the only day. Yeah. Uh, my thank, thankfully, my daughter didn't get it bad at all. She had a headache and just not feeling right, and that was about it. And uh, you know, we isolate anyway. We don't go a lot of places, um, so um, you know, and go to big places. You know, anytime we go in any place, we're wearing a mask. You know, we hand sanitize when we come out and all that stuff, and, and pretty pretty ruthless. But you you've seen how perfect. fucking crazy I was, Charlie. Yeah, yeah. You just can't be perfect. You know what I mean? It is what it is. So surprised it took. I walk long. around with like yeah. an alcohol and a spray bottle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, same here. You know, I mean, uh, 
my wife isn't bad either. I mean, I, when I talked to her a few hours ago, like they might call and wish me a happy new year while, while we're streaming, but um, she didn't get it bad at all. I mean, all she had was a tickly throat and a little bit of a runny nose, and that's it. That's all she got. She feels fine. She has plenty of energy, yeah. you know. Um, let me switch over to my my good headphones so that at least mm-hmm. I, I hate my voice, but at least it sounds better on the other one. <laughs> good chance to talk to uh, to the. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I took the hash that I had and I took all that key fine. So when we do our hash bowl or whatever later, I'm gonna get messed there you up. Go. Nice, right on, man. That's it. D, what's going on, my friend? Uh, how's the brains? Hey, what's going on, brains? What's going on, nice. chat? Panel. Just stopping in for a few minutes. I'm not right on, um, uh, Mrs. D's mom's. We're hanging out with her tonight. Oh, uh, yeah. And she has, well, the rest of the family, there's a big whole thing. We don't have to get into it, but we'll say she doesn't have anyone to be with tonight. So we mm. came over there. Paint. Yeah, man, a lot of folks don't have anyone yep. to be with. Yeah. And yeah, today's been a shitty day, man. Mm. Talking to you know, um, I'm smoking on Justin Trudeau, and really, that sounds, are you? Look at that live yeah. live modeling from Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> yeah, price is right. This could he's, be yours. He's yeah. Smoking Justin Trudeau over there. I want Tim Hortons. I want yeah. He's smoking Justin Trudeau, and I want Tim Hortons. Yeah. How does he taste? He tastes good. Yeah, man. You take yeah. it off. <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry. He said. I'm just dark. I don't Come know. Here, I gotta hide. Hop on and join us, uh, motherfuckers. We're just basically goofing off. This is a, a, an impromptu special New Year's show. Uh, I know. It's going to be basically bullshitting. We have a few hours to go, honestly, because we have like uh, three and a half hours until the West Coast hits the New Year's. We probably won't wait until Hawaii, but uh, West Coast mm-hmm. will wait for us. So. You guys want to hop on and bullshit, talk about whatever, yes. gardening or... I'll try if you to want to have festivist Coast. complaints, if you want to have your festival airing of grievances, you can come do that with us. Uh, uh, Tio in the house. What's going on, my friend? Ian, what's going on, buddy? Uh, if someone comes uh, on, I'll joins. play rock. I'll play them rock, paper, scissors. Me and Fumi will play like rock, paper, scissors, shoot, proceeds. <laughs> Coffee pot is saying, how do you do, fellow kids? Well, man. How long do you think it'll be before your rock, paper, scissors skills going? We'll just start challenging people to come on and we'll keep playing Look at that, a wild West Indian appears. Uh, I want to say uh, rock, paper, scissors. I don't know if I have the strategy. I don't think I was very good at it. I think because um, paper beats rock, scissors beats paper, rock beats the scissors. Uh, I, know, I, feel like, I feel like a friend of mine always beat me at rock, paper, scissors. I don't know what the reason was. Maybe he was uh, pro rock or something. I don't know what it was. What's going on, Wes? Welcome. The people go on. Oh, sorry. What's up, Wes? Rochambeau. That is, I, I can't believe you call it rock, paper, to shoot. The real name is Rochambeau. Yeah, but Come on. That's the most ancient here? gambling. That's that's the most ancient gambling game. I believe Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> How you guys doing, man? How's everybody doing? What's going Good, on, man? All right, man. Welcome. Just had to clobber my get them all, get all the crib midgets knocked out for the evening. There you go. Oh. Uh, you guys use like uh, sleeping gas, don't you? Yes, yes. Right and on, right on. If that doesn't descends work, from the ceiling, <laughs> or you drop canisters <laughs> in from the ceiling. <laughs> the canisters actually work as blood flush too. So either they. 
<laughs> Time to sleep. <laughs> and they just fall where they are. <laughs> it's, the way, it's the way we roll around here. That's the way you got to do it for efficiency's sake. Uh, oh, shit. Let's, uh, so I'm trying to figure out who, what the second winner on Discord is. Uh, uh, there's a lot of fucking pictures to go through. Oh my fucking god, months. I didn't do that today. Oh, for fuck's sake. All right, this is literally my fault again. Uh, we might I'm trying to help too. Smashed. Uh, if we can't figure that out, because I was kind of fucking with that yesterday or the day before, and I kind of had, had to honestly give up because you never know, time. Uh, <laughs> so we could do a happens. random picker. <laughs> this was not well planned. I have to be honest. Anybody who has any complaints, like, Festivus airing airing of grievances. This this could be one of your grievance items. I have to be honest, because uh, I can't figure out how to do the metrics or anything other than just like scrolling. And even with scrolling, there's been so many fucking photos that like I could scroll for five minutes and I'm still not at the top. So I'm like, yeah, that's the other problem. That's, that's what happened. I was counting posts like a couple of days ago, and I was like, "Fuck, I'm not even halfway through." Um, Everybody's a winner. <laughs> everybody's a winner. There we go. Yeah, I wouldn't have nobody said everybody. Much is, although it's like Christoph you know is basically sixty percent, and then like Mailman grows is probably second. What's that? I was like, who was the first one to ever post it? That's a good question. I'm gonna scroll for like five minutes. I'm doing it right now, man. I got you. It was me. No, I'm so, just kidding. Was it you, dude? It might it probably been was you, dude. In, in the lounge, no. the Mugato lounge. That you know what? Well, you guys are all fucking wrong. Holy shit, snacks! It Gilbert. is. Uh, has everyone guessed? Holy shit! I'm still going. Steelbird. You are mm, both wrong. Good oh. guess. Good guess. But you're both wrong. It was evil, deadly fart. Oh yeah, yeah. Look at that. <laughs> With a good photo too. Chernobyl from some cool seats. Look at that. I think nice, that might nice be trend, nice right. photo. Dude, that might be deserving of a, of a freaking award right there. We might do it. And that's two. Right after that, Christoph. Two, yeah. Dirty Indica. This, Dirty Indica's been posting the whole time. Turp Sympathizer. Look at that. Atomic Spoon. Atomic Spoon's about to post some heaters from, uh, I have to be honest, it's uh, me bragging, but uh, it's going to be some Black Prince Ruby and some Morgana. Uh, uh, it's going to look fucking nice, I think. He goes, it's me bragging. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Dude, we've had some great photos. If you guys want to join us, this is over at the uh, Fumidoro Discord. Uh, yep. We're having a lot of fun over there. We're basically uh, goofing off and uh, what else? Uh, kicking ass and taking names. We're fresh out of names, motherfucker. Uh, come and join us. If you'd like to join us. See Atomic Spoon with the uh, BPR leaf. Look at that. That's a nice looking leaf right there. Nice and uh, uh, it's kind of, I, I mean, I, how to say this? A lot of people would call that sativa. I would say that's already like basically just halfway there. I would say that's like a like a, an amalgam, basically. I've seen, um, who is it? Something I got from, uh, something I got to go figure from Ethos a, a couple of years, uh, like a, uh, like six months ago, maybe. I didn't end up growing it for whatever reason. Uh, I don't know why now, but it came out with these freaking like Pacific Island needle leaves. It was the trippiest thing. And honestly, I wish I remembered what happened to it. I want to say maybe it showed some manners or something. Maybe it wasn't that, but there was some reason why I didn't fl flower it. But it had these freaking pencil thin leaves. It was so cool. Um, I don't have to scroll through all these, I guess. But Caleb's been in there the whole time. Val, man, we haven't seen Val for a bit. Irie Grower. She's okay. Dude, you know what? I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to give prizes. So it's Kristoff, uh, Evil Deadly Fart. And then I'm going to pick like one or two other people. Just that random. Like we've already got like all those people basically have represented this whole time. Atomic Spoon, Steelbird, Irie Grower. 
Okay. All these folks have been solid. Payan has been there. Australian Grow. I mean, I can't get prices to everybody. But <laughs> I don't need a price, human art. It's okay. Uh, D, you are the ah. prize. You are all of our prize, man. It's not much of an award for you, but these are motherfucker, where's my prize? Our Canadian national treasure. That's it. He's our Canadian treasure. And then Wes, Wes is like, is well, our, what, the what the fuck, dude? No, I'm Wes is our far, I don't far, I'm, far yeah. national. I'm, I'm the Antigua. is our sweet island. There you go. Yeah, Look at that. Island. And the, the freaking diversity of photos that Christoph shows off. B-U-T. Not all of them are mine, but some of them are. I think these actually are. I think these are Lime River Rose. No, no, no. This is actually something else. What is it? I don't think he says. There's Morgana and Lime River Rose, but one of these frosty bitches is Lime River Rose. That's not it right there. That is, I don't know. Something, something, something. Christoph's taking some really good uh, photos. Red Bear Farms, look at that. Forgot all about those worm shots he's been taking. Delman, great shots. And of course, Smash, you said before, like when, when someone else said, actually, I, I visualized that just now. I was like, as I'm scrolling through here, I'm probably scrolling at the wrong speed for everybody because everyone's like, God damn it, you're scrolling too fast or too slow. Smash has brought that up before. And it's true, though. Like other people will show something on the screen and they'll be scrolling through it and you're like, Fuck, if you just speed up or slow down or whatever. It's always the wrong speed. But what are you going to do? I go through stuff sometimes real quick, and I don't mean to. It's just me glancing over something, and I think the audience would care or something. You know what I mean? Mm. And then someone's like, oh, shit, I wanted to read that. Right? Like, good damn it, Smash. We want to read that. Um, good thing is, I can just Twitter. go right over to Discord and join the thread. That's it. Join the Discord. Check you out yourself. Take your sweet time. Do it. What's going on? Clackamas Coot. He's, he's calling us all white punks on dope. <laughs> yeah, man. Good. What's but, good. How do you like the apple fruit? Don't tell anyone. <laughs> How does Coot like the way of the apple fritter? I bet we, someone needs to uh, grow the apple fritter for Coot and then have smoke, uh, have Coot smoke a bowl of that. I wonder. I wonder what the the here's one that somebody asked this the other somebody day. Needs oh, to we forgot to ask Skittles. this. This was a great somebody question needs to for Coot. Grow them some Skittles and sneak them in. <laughs> right. And just be like, this is just something I have growing out of the back. That's it. Somebody had the best question it. for Coot the other day. It was uh Coot, have you had something that was hypey that didn't disappoint you? It was like, has there been a strain that was hypey that didn't disappoint you? And I wonder what, what his uh, answer is, because I know a lot of people have showed off some hypey shit to him and it hasn't, you know, it hasn't been very good. Um, I can visualize that, too. You know, like, uh, how do I say this? Um, I don't I don't want to be mean, but a lot of times the, the the weed that people will try to do at like a warehouse grow is not that great, especially the first time they grow it, you know, whatever. I'm being mean. Uh, let's see. Have we forgotten to say hello to anybody? No, D zombies in the house. What's going on, my friend? It's true, man, isn't it? It's kind I of sad to say, but it's true. Yeah, and then they'll show it off to someone like Coot or somebody and go ahead and talk. Yeah, about. they can make it a little bit in a picture. I mean, you know, I mean, if you know what you're looking for, you can see you can always because you know it takes a while sometimes to see, uh, you know, how the angle. I mean, sometimes you see these what looks like a huge, huge color and it really isn't. You know what I mean? But, and I'm not faulting anybody or anything like that, but, you know, some of these bigger grows, a lot of inexperienced people that are doing it, they just want to get in for the money. And, um, yeah, they'll have, you know, two runs right off the bat that are crap, but they're going to throw it on the freaking shelves anyway. They're not going to stop it from going on the shelves. And they still got to pay the bills. So it's just a sad thing. You know, I was watching Caribou, Colton was saying it. It's time to educate these people. 
just these people, I don't know, going off on a tangent. I'll blame it on no, you're right there too, honestly, man. Like uh, we talk about this all the time. Actually, speaking of Koo, Koo talks about this. Like uh, the public at large doesn't have any idea what what uh, what they want or what they need or what's good or what's bad. They just basically go like uh, uh, and buy. You know, these days everyone basically says they go and buy the. Uh, if it's not a name, you know, we hear people talking about specific names because they'll recognize it from a rap song or just from an advertisement or whatever. Uh, but a lot of times it's just, hey, man, give me the highest THC. And uh, yeah. one reason behind that is that the customers, Let I think a lot of us basically believe they are mistaken in their belief that they think that uh, uh, the, the highest THC will be the biggest bang for the buck, basically. They don't want to get ripped off. Like they feel like they've gotten ripped off in the past. Yeah, probably we were in talking cases. about that today. Mm. No, go ahead, Freeman. Yeah. I'm just saying we were talking about that today. Oh, you guys were talking about that in the, in the, the Discord or what? what were you guys saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People going in and, and, and thinking like, oh, that it's testing at like whatever dumb high numbers. I'm like, have you ever smoked pure like THCA isolate, like dabbed it? It, it sucks. Doesn't get you high. Yeah. No, 100%. <laughs> and uh, they, the I mean, that's, yeah, a, that's a great long. example. <laughs> I mean, how do I say this? You'll get a wash, you'll get a wave of, of effect, you'll get a wave of feeling, but it literally will go away in five or 10 or 15 minutes and you have to take another dab, another dab, another dab. I, I honestly kind of find feel that way about most extracts, to be honest with you. I kind of do too, honestly. Like, uh, uh, I have dab rigs, I have rosin spreads, a press, oh, or whatever, and I've kind of stopped up squishing. I mean, I like hash i like all the, the the rosin and stuff but the stuff that gets me most messed up honestly is the the, the weed it just has more on it somehow it's a full flower effect man it's a whole plant effect what are you there for uh like i don't know i i, I tend to i tend to agree with you 100 like i mean the the dabs and stuff get me just as high but it just it just isn't as last longing and as full of a high i don't know i i feel but a nice clean high and uh, uh, one thing I noticed with uh, dabs from from way back, I mean, everyone I think is different because some people don't get this effect that I'm talking about. But uh, for me, a lot of the dabs that I take are basically the same. And so that means uh, even if it's dog walker or sweet island skunk or whatever, in terms of highness, the high kind of hits me the same. Whereas with weed, the high hits me very differently. I'll notice the head effect, or the body effect or some other tingle. And it seems like a lot of those specific or the 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 strain specific even phenotype specific kind of uh, effects from weed vanish when it's been squished or or uh extracted into dabs and so that's telling me you know i guess i'm extrapolating yeah. but that's telling me that something important has been removed yeah, yeah I, I agree yeah, i was just kind of agree with that. The, the thing i really like about dabs is you can kind of get a like there is something to more tasting the uh the finer things of your flower, you do get a, a more concentrated effervescence of your of your of your flower when you do when you do get chatter. That is something I like. You do get a good bit of taste out of it when it's made properly and purged properly and made well. Have you ever had poopy shatter back in the day? Like baby baby poop, it looked like brown. Yeah, 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 and then gave you a real bad headache right thereafter. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, all, all that somebody BJ brought that to our tasting society one time. It was all goopy and still had like a bunch of like it was basically like greasy. Like it probably still had some kind of I don't know. bubbling. <laughs> right, it wasn't thankfully bubbling, but yeah, it makes me wonder if it fell a little lighter to it when it blow up. But yeah, it was all goofy and like goopy and greasy. I don't know. I figured it was just extracted from just the worst possible weed, but I don't know actually. 
because that was a, a couple, three, four years ago now. But anyway, this one's weird looking, and I don't know. Turn your phone sideways, by the way. Oh, okay. One second. Well, now I gotta reset myself. <laughs> gotta reset yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah, these flowers actually, White Widow, doing pretty good. Another White Widow. Um, this would be the blueberry to Bubba. Um, this is another blueberry to Bubba. How does it smell? Berry. I'm getting a ton of berries, and I'm not even like exaggerating, like. Like Flintstone vitamin, like blue. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. Um, this one's been interesting me. The flowers look. Hold on, my phone's gonna be exactly catch up. The flowers are just kind of flat. They're not as big as everyone else. They, they're really leafy. But um, all the sisters. It doesn't really look happy. Squat. Oh yeah, they're happy, but this one just looked a little different from all the other phenotypes. It's a little bit narrower leaf, and then this one's a little bit wider leaf, but they kind of look alike, like structure of leaf uh, yeah, a bud. Yeah, do. Yep. So, and then that one back there that's like leaning is the wiggler. I've been calling her because she's already fat enough to start pushing leaves over or, mm. or branches. That's another one I'm kind of going to have to be worried about. I'm going to get steaks and I don't know. I got to go get a couple three foot steaks because I don't really have any. <laughs> These ones are fucking dude. Their, their stems are like this big, honestly. Um, I can't get that. I don't want to get down. Right but yeah, that one is in a seven gallon oh, and nothing's had a stock on like that's the she stayed short and squatty the whole time. Um, Thick, 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 like fingers for branches. I wouldn't ever worry about that thing collapsing. You know what I mean? But something like that back there with my method, uh, it didn't like it. The bottom branches aren't holding up the weight of the a full nug. But everything looks good. You know, I'll say as a grower, you want those thick stems as a customer. There's always complaints, too much lumber in there. When you get those thick ones, though, as a grower, it's like, that's what I want. But obviously, going to look down. <clears throat> have you ever, have you noticed that, like, some of the weed nowadays, you can, like, I break up the stems and I don't even really notice it. Like, if you're breaking up a nub, like, I don't pull a stem out of some some of these flowers nowadays. Really? Yeah, it's I don't doubt. I, I, I have some of those, too. Yeah, no question. Like uh, Tropicana cookies, perfect example. It, once it's dried and cured, I mean, there really is almost nothing in there with the first time. I'm kind of mad. That's the one when the fan fell. Charlie, this fan fell over fucking one night and hacked, fucking hacked a branch yeah. off that was like that big, about two and a, like two, yeah. two feet, a little over two feet big. But now That's she's got, uh, she's doing all right. And she's looking now. She's pretty good. She's happy now. The back of it is actually impressing. Turned around. Um, it wasn't liking. I don't know. I really don't know. It wasn't liking something. Right. But and I put it in the fabric pot. I dried it back, and then I watered it really good, and I left it alone. 
and it's turned around really, really nicely. Um, it's a sister. These two are sisters. That's the kryptonite. Um, I'm actually really excited for this one. This is these two right here are supposed to take are the ones that are supposed to take 12 to 11. Yeah. So they're, all they're, in all looking good, though. All in all looking good. What's the lineage on? What's the lineage on those that are twelve to uh, eleven to twelve weeks? Um. So what I read from it, when I go back upstairs, I'll show you. It's uh, they said they got strange from Granada Mountains and crossed it to a Yumbolt, and it says, oh, I think it. I don't eleven eleven weeks. I think it. I know it's more than nine. I was like, oh shit. I don't really remember though, but I know it's a little bit longer than everything else is going to be. You know, I don't think I've ever had weed out of Grenada that I know of. Me either. So I don't fucking know. It's out, it's out, and then it's out of the Caribbean, right? No, Spain. But you said it's out of Grenada though. Grenada Mountains. Yeah, isn't Grenada, isn't Grenada in uh, the Caribbean? It's in Spain. You sure about that? The one I was looking at. in Central unless, America. Unless I'm saying Central it America wrong. Too. I might be saying it wrong. There's probably more than one. But I know, yeah, you're yeah, right. Maybe. It's in Central America. Sorry, take my mask off. Central America is, you know, Grenada, Grenada. Let me say it. We invaded the place. Yeah. Who likes it? That so, is. ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna we're gonna create a Kickstarter during the show. Uh, Coots already on board. Uh, I'm telling him uh, we should create <laughs> Coots Malcag and throw everybody the fuck off with our amazing new product. Everyone knows that you need more Calmag, but what about more Malcag? They don't know. They don't know. We're gonna we're gonna tell them they do. <laughs> you need it with every watering. You need 400 milliliters with every watering. Is it a clear liquid that we sell you in a bottle? Yes, but you still need it. You need it. Uh, you need to put it with everything. It's a sweetener. It's a PK booster. It's a microbial inoculant. Uh, we know that because we touch every jug ourselves. Um, what else? Um, that's about it for now. That's about it. You know you want some. <laughs> you know you so want some. this is what it is claimed to be. Um, Mostly Steven. Oh, wow. It actually is saying 65 days. The other one did. I thought it said 11 weeks, 10 to 11 weeks. Something like that. I, it, I'm going to take her longer anyways, probably. But yeah, I don't know. They took it from the Grenada Mountains. So is that, I wonder if that's a different place than Grenada. Yeah. It's Grenada, the country in the Caribbean. They use the same currency as Antigua. Spain. Wherever that is. You know where Spain is? No, I know where Spain is. I'm saying where those mountains. It's north of Africa there. <laughs> right. A little south of the North Pole. It says, uh, meaning mountain range covered in snow. Um, Sierra Nevada. Yeah. I don't know what that means. But yeah, Spain. 
This is the one they're talking about, Wes. Not like the island country. Okay. Hey, it looks good. Both of them look exactly alike. Uh, we'll see. Um, they smell good. Are they broadleaf or broadleaf oh, or thinleaf cultivar? Very big leaves, like prehistoric sized. Okay, so happy New Year's, Smash. Happy New Year's. Cheers, dude. Fireworks are going off right now. I can hear them. Still, are they? That's fun. Happy New Year's, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, everyone on the east, uh, west. No, not west coast. East coast. There it is, right there. He's showing it. Um, dropping the ball, man. I was actually. If I had a car right now, I was gonna go light up fireworks, but oh, yeah? I don't have a car. Right right uh, fireworks are basically illegal in Oregon now. Like they are can't here buy them. too, but just, I have to be honest. I have mixed feelings about it because every single year, some dickhead burns someone's house down. <laughs> like it's, it's constantly like they shoot them over. They like, do it in the city, man. Like throwing like Roman candles or going through people's windows. Oh yeah, windows they do it, like in shit. between houses and stuff. Yeah, people are the dumbest <laughs> fucking animals. That's that dumb are, stuff. Yeah. You go yeah. to the. Seven. You go to like after rain. Oh, sorry. Do you go ahead? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Oh. <laughs> Damn, that's behind my computer. That's weird. I know, right? That news station is like behind. They they have like a manual watch that's like hand wound. It's like a it's like oh, a yeah. grandfather's clock. In case anything happens. <laughs> They're behind EMP, like a couple a minute. EMP resistant. Wouldn't that be fucking hilarious? Look at that. Um so I have a bowl that I'm gonna pack right now. It's I had a little bit of hash saved, and I had like all that keep I just took out. I put it all over the hash. Nice. So we're gonna put a we're gonna put a little bit of crappy weed in here because that's all I have right now until this harvest comes through. That happens, man. Yeah, I had to help someone. My cousin was out, and I I'm not the type to be like, all right, man, I can't. <laughs> mm. That's who I like do it for. You know what I mean? He's helped me a lot, so I can't like ever. I'm never gonna turn the guy down. what it is man every wheat grower goes through uh, uh spells of like a uh, dryness whatever you know like uh what's the word i'm looking for um droughts you know, you know? i'm kind of upset though because like i i think about it and i'm like i should have planted as soon as i harvested those auto flowers right i should have planted a couple more just to do it now i know yeah, like right i'll never run out Hop on, motherfuckers. Otherwise, it's basically uh, smashed and Wes is fishing me, talking to each other. Uh, join us, ladies and gentlemen. Come bullshit with us. Tell us about, uh, I don't know, tell us what you're drinking. Tell us what you're planning to do for the next year. I don't know. Something. Oh, this is going to be nice. Something, something. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, well, I've been all like silent about all the new strains. Maybe I should finally like release one of them, or not release, but what, talk about one of them today. I don't know. I feel like uh, I don't want to jinx it or whatever because you know, like weird shit can happen. Like, as soon as you talk about something, your light will break and fall on the fucking plants and kill them all. And I don't know. I realize that's superstitious, but dude, there's, there's so many times in my life where like everything was fine. And oh my fucking god, what just happened? Yeah, but, uh, I feel you. I mean. I don't know. I like talking like about, I would like hinting towards it's cool. You know what I mean? Giving like little like blurps about like stuff coming up that would like, don't jinx yourself, but like mm -hmm. give a little information out. You know what I mean? 
Well, put it this way. Uh, I am uh, uh, coming up with a name for a strain. Fuck, we lost West too. Ladies and gentlemen, you guys, you guys have to hop on here. I don't know, we can bullshit. I don't know, maybe. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you can't. Uh, you, well, okay, they could. They could. They could basically for amusement. Like I was going to say, like you can't make us sit here and you know talk to you for three hours. They totally could. Like as a practical joke, they probably could. So let's not say that. But uh, join us, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, bullshit with us uh, uh, so that uh, Smash and I don't have to make up uh, uh, crazy stories. Uh, Ozzy, uh, he's doing okay, but uh, Ozzy could use everyone's uh, uh, kind thoughts. You know, everybody goes through uh, struggles in their life, and Ozzy honestly could use some uh, uh, folks. Uh, kind wishes as well hope he's watching if he's not watching i hope he's uh, having a good time but uh if you guys know ozzy you know send him a kind thought or a kind word uh um yeah i think it's one of those times um stony creek is saying no one said spanish grenada is an island i think a couple people did i want to say uh, uh west engine said that because there's the grenada mountains and then also like grenada that's i guess in the caribbean and Grenada was oh, okay. Smash West Engine said it was a, a, a Spanish colony. I was thinking for a second that it was a French colony. It might not have been. Okay, um, you know, I don't know. I I figured Caribbean would mean island. Pretty much. I mean, uh, <laughs> I guess you have the Isthmus of Panama. I think they they count as the Caribbean, but I'm not sure about that. But isn't it a, even a peninsula though? Uh, it's an Isthmus. I mean, they have a, a peninsula. I don't want to say in Panama. Caribbean questions. Like we have we have Caribbean questions for you, West Engine. We're wondering: uh, uh, is, is there a such thing as a? If you think of the Caribbean, must you think of an island, or are there places in the Caribbean that are not just islands? Well, technically, they count Guyana for some reason as part of the Caribbean. It's hmm. but it's it's only the islands. Technically, it's only the islands. But oh, um, okay. Okay. But for some reason, Guyana gets uh, lumped in too with them. So, like, they're part of CARICOM, the Caribbean island nations. Well, that's a good one. Caribbean island nations. That makes more sense than just kind of using whatever freaking uh, metric I was. Because I was thinking, like, doesn't Panama qualify as the uh, Caribbean? But probably not. Oh, no. That's Central America. Right on. So let's show everybody what we're talking about. We're talking about all these cool little islands in the Atlantic and Gulf of Mexico and the Caribbean Sea. Uh, we're talking about Grenada yeah, right there. Actually, There's Grenada's really right close there. to, uh, there you go. How would you say, would you say Grenada, Grenada? Gr- Gr- I Gr- say Grenada. It's, like, oh, it, it's probably like how people say Antigua both ways. Some people say it Antigua. Some people say it Antigua. Antigua. So, yeah, I was thinking like Martinique is French. I was thinking Grenada might have been French too. Grenada. Barbados, right. that's where my grandma's from. That's good. Right on. Damn, that hash is good. Gotta save some of that. That just got me fucked. Aruba. One of the funniest islands, the funnest islands to say. Oh, these guys were Dutch, weren't they? Yeah. So freaking bizarre with all these like colonial powers. Getting up, it's bizarre for us. Imagine being a, a native there and saying, "Who the fuck are you? <laughs> Where are your new leaders? We're Dutch. Yeah. What is that? I don't know. We like orange." Well, like, I'm pretty uh, excited these, for that. Saint strain. Martin, Saint Martin it makes good. It looks uh, good. France at a Holland chair border. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Spain. I've never been to Spain. Right I would like to go there, to be real. And I would like to go to Granada, the islands. And ha, 
It is an island. Wes said so. It is an island for sure. It's a mountainous island. That's why I thought you were talking about. That's why you're. Ta- I thought you were talking about there for sure. So yeah, Shit, man. I have been smoking. Uh, you know what? I just smoked a little bit of. Uh, well, to be honest, that was the thing. Kind of ironically, that I was going to talk about smoking a little bit of uh, swine flu. Fuck it, I might as well just say smoking a bit of uh, swine flu from uh, Family Tree Seeds. Uh, when I posted something about it, I think Family Trees kind of let that one go, maybe because of the name. I, I think maybe it wasn't too popular, but it was a nice ass gassy strain. Uh, so anyway, I crossed that to to the new father that I'm working with, and. Uh, I'm thinking about calling it uh, the flying swine. So I don't know. What you guys think the, the, the flying pig, the flying swine. That would be um, cool because it's not like it, it still pays tribute, but it's not like bad. Like I think swine flu is over. But the no corner. one's laughing. I thought everyone was going to be, well, there's only two people, but I thought people were going to burst out laughing as soon as I said that. Of course, that would be me because I'm high all the time uh, because of the expression when pigs fly. So I was like, the flying swine, bro. This is it. This is when pigs are flying. All right, it doesn't have to be that funny. Okay, we'll think about it. What does chat think about the flying swine for a strain name? I think flying pig would be. I think it's flying pig. Yeah. All right. We'll have to work. It's a work in progress. Perhaps I was so high at the time that I would flying swine is like a tongue twister if you mean well, that's kind of what it is the flying swine yeah i liked it i was like <laughs> the swine that. it flies maybe i had just watched that movie no i watched a few there's this movie with uh, nicholas cage called pig it's all about him hunting for his pig basically oh, no, somebody it's kind of like john wick but with a pig <laughs> <laughs> now that i think about it it's like it's like john wick but instead of a dog it's a pig and instead of killing everybody he cooks a few meals <laughs> <laughs> otherwise it's exactly the same <laughs> if anyone has seen the movie pig tell me if i'm wrong i think uh i think i'm not wrong i think that's i think that's correct flying truffles australian grown says all he heard was bacon to is saying that's haram bro no it's, it's not haram to for a pig to fly it's haram to eat a pig that would be flying perhaps uh but uh the pig itself has every right to life, I think. I think every Muslim would say, uh, the fine flying swine. I like that. That's a good one, coffee pot. The fine flying swine. <laughs> the red baron. Uh, the red. Uh, oh, is it the, the red boron? The red bor- boron? No, that doesn't work. Bacon balloon. These are good names, gentlemen. I like it. Uh, Australian grown Barry White is already a strain. Uh, that's from uh, 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 Lemon Hoko. Although I guess he has the Barry White, doesn't he? Yeah, he has Barry White. Never mind. But someone has Barry White, I want to say. I've looked it up on, on uh, Seed Finder before. Maybe I'm lying. Let's you can call up. it the Wild Hogs. The Wild that, Hogs? To that Tim, Tim Allen movie. Seed Finder is super slow. All right, come on. Seed Finder is currently celebrating Happy New Year's. I told you, Barry White, right there. I was not lying. I was like, man, I must be freaking lying. Uh, No, it is even the Barry White IX. So it's not the Barry White, it's the Barry White. Uh, Blueberry by White Widow. 
and then he's be exited a couple of times, uh, four times potentially. Uh, wait, no, freaking nine times maybe. The blueberry was uh, Coot's probably rolling his eyes right now. But I happen to have actually a couple of the the uh, a berry white. Um, let me think. I don't have the berry white, but I have the blueberry BX, the blueberry BX three, and it took me the longest freaking time to finally find. I mean, I was planting them a couple at a time, but it took me a yeah, while to find a female. Finally, found a female that's very, very blueberry from stemmer and stuff. I'm really excited about it, and uh, a, a male that just from a half a room away basically smells like blueberries. It's honestly crazy. I'm really um, gonna probably grow that that blueberry to Bubba again. It, it next right time on. run like. You guys know I do like the fems and then I'll do like auto, uh, not autos, uh, regulars so I can get like through stuff, have some flower and then have some regulars going. He's making um, fun of us now. He's saying, is it cushy? Is it hazy? Uh, I mean, Coot, the Coot is, you know, he's, he knows what we're talking about, but he's making fun of it too. Cush uh, and haze basically became the shorthand for a lot of times for oh, indica versus sativa, right? And that's kind of a silly one. What did Grayson say? Man, bear, pig. I like it. It's a good one. Uh, how do I say oh, this? Uh, haze is just a strain, but anything that's like sativa-ish, I've heard hey. a lot of people say that's hazy. And then yeah, anything well, that was basically indica-ish, they'd call it, you know, cushy. There, no, no, no. We were over this the other day. Uh, there's, there's different. There were different releases of these. There was the magenta haze. There was a silver haze. There was a gold haze. Uh, there was a red haze, and they were re- they were released different years. Some of them were as long flowering as twenty weeks. Jesus. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, like hey, but when people say haze, they're usually referring to the sil- super silver haze, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, no, there was it was a haze was over a long period of time, and it, was, it wasn't just one thing; it was several different, several different things. Where I got my information, yeah, there, that is true. Where I got my information was the uh, Michael Bacchus's cannabis pharmacy book. Right on. And it's where he uh, is where is where I, I was where I gathered this info. What are your favorite uh, Zoolander seats? <laughs> what are your favorite uh, uh, cannabis books uh, on um, on any of this on on strains on uh, I don't know genetic history in general whatever. Um, what was the fucking what's the name of one that I um can't remember the name of the book. Let me think for a second on this. Um Finder saying super silver haze has a, a strong, a basically, it's kind of a strange way to put it, but anyway, they say have a basically a strong effect of the head, a little bit activated and uplifting, and also minimal, exhilarating, and meditative. Okay, this must have been like a German person writing this. Uh, but anyway, it's mostly head high. Uh, uh, they're saying that uh, originally, I guess, from greenhouse, that's plausible to me. Uh, the haze, let's see here, it's uh, kind of a complex cross here. Coot is again probably almost certainly rolling his eyes. I, w- I would be uh, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he is. Haze by Haze by Skunk Number One, and then also Haze by Haze by NL Five. 
It's basically got a little skunk and NL5 in there. And this is the original haze. Will not mature like outdoors in Holland or Northern California. That's funny. But at the same Nothing time. Long flowering. That's crazy. I don't know. I like I like seed finder. Oh, don't take that shit to the bank. But yeah. It's an estimate. Yeah, like Kuda's been saying this for, for ages now. Uh all of this stuff is an estimate. Even the even the most well-intentioned breeders, I think, a lot of times get stuff wrong. It's very easy to get stuff wrong. It's very easy to misannotate stuff. Like I've already had to go back and figure out, oh fuck, which male was that? Which male was that? And it would be very easy if I waited a couple generations and someone asked me for a million dollars, Fumidor, which male was that? And it doesn't really matter. You know, a lot of times it doesn't really matter, but they just want to they want to know because they want to put it on a seed pack or whatever else. And then the breeder would just be like, uh, that was the, that was, that, that was Brian. That was Brian, not Fred, you know? And they're just, they're making it up. It could have been Fred if they thought about it a little bit longer, but they're like, you know what? It was Brian. And then basically the entire lineage gets fucked up essentially. Like, um, you know, I'm using personal names, but you know, it could have been, uh, uh, what was the one that everyone was using the other day? Uh, uh, SFEOG years ago, SFEOG. And I've run a few strains and I'm like, dude, there's not a single lick of fucking OG in this. <laughs> But they're saying, oh, it's SFEOG was the mother. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, all right, good for you. Uh, or the grandmother or something like that. And they just put something on the, on the label. You know, they had to fill it in. Or again, it was a bag seed like you guys were talking about. Here was me looking up assiduously. Oh, is the freaking cookies, is that F1 dirt by blah, blah, blah. And you're, no, nah, it's just a fucking bad seed, bag seed. From, what'd you say it was from uh, a Mexican brickweed? You are saying this the other day. It was, uh, 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 fuck, I'm forgetting the entire story. Was it... Um, Pardon me, I don't follow the Instagram peeps enough. I could have sworn it was you and maybe Charlie's farm that were talking about this. We were talking about uh, cookies, uh, basically the 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 the, the Girl Scout cookies, uh, forum cut oh, cookies. Okay. Uh, and you said, "Oh, you had just seen Jigga or somebody on uh, Instagram." Yeah, it was talking about Jigga that. and Bernard talking, and they were like, "We had some bud, and it was seeded." <laughs> Got it. So, and did they say what kind of bud it was? Yeah, Duber has the video. He could probably pull so it. So it was up. you and Duber. That's right. Oh man, it's been like a month now because Duber hasn't been on for a bit. Uh, I buy that. I buy that for a dollar. Yeah, yeah. All uh, that stuff I think was just a bag scene. I'm gonna. <laughs> Who's gonna join the Weed Maps Burner uh, social media site? Weed Maps and Cookies <laughs> are making a social media site for cannabis guys. I mean, good for them. I don't know. I don't it's know, gonna I can, be all the people. I can like a great place to meet dudes. <laughs> <laughs> well said. <laughs> uh, great place to meet dudes uh, uh, on the internet. You heard it here first. Um, you know, every time I yawn or or, or roll my eyes or whatever, or just kind of laugh at that kind of stuff, I'm like, you know what? I should shut the fuck up because uh, I'm always saying this about other stuff. The more competition, the better, almost always. And when you only have a few options, the options end up basically being stupid and garbage and whatever. So, like, honestly, if there is, like, Burner's entire crew uh, doing, like, internet, social media, well, at least that's not Facebook doing it or somebody. That's At least that's not Monsanto or Bear or somebody doing it. Yeah, you know, like, exactly. at least that's some other version of it. And uh, I mean, there, there is a little bit of the balkanization then of the entire community, right? Like we see this on YouTube where each individual channel kind of 
balkanizes it into its own uh, little community, which is really pretty unfortunate because the entire community doesn't really grow as a result of that. But at the same time, it does, you know, like the, the whole weed scene on YouTube gets bigger because people have their channel that they like. They have their little community that they kind of stick to. And then more people come to that group and more people come to another group and everybody has their little, their little place or whatever, you know? So there's going to be people who are just super into that whole cookies vibe and they, they go hang out there and, you know, they probably wouldn't hang out with us. You know what I mean? Cause they're super into the high dollar polish, whatever the cookie stuff is, you know, super polished uh, logo stuff and everything branded head to toe. Got you, homie. Dude, if you want the cookie socks, underwear, toothbrush, they got you. They got everything, you know? So if you want to have one brand head to toe, if you want to have cookies brand toilet paper and and dish soap and mints. It sucks because I kind of like the logo. I mean, you can't blame me. It's a great logo, uh, great colors most of the time. They they pick uh, simple, easy to remember names. Straight up, like Lemoncello and freaking Gelato. It has nothing to do with Italian ice cream, but it's a great name. It's just, it's London memorable. Seems like exotic. Oh my God. London pound cake from London. Wow. Anyway. You want to smoke the Gary Payton? I have actually. It's not bad. And that's the thing. Again, yeah. some of their weed is, is really not bad. You know, oh, some yeah, of their like, weed isn't very good. Like but everyone. Some of their weed is not bad. Like everybody. That's it. There's and then gonna, some of it is grown not very well, right? Uh, I've heard that's a lot of people's complaints is that they'll Ow. come into a community uh, really strong. And then for whatever reason, I don't know what that is, uh, the quality uh, uh, diminishes over time. So, for example, the first five or six months, I've heard this a few times, and I guess they're, they're coming to, to Portland. So now I guess people will find out. But uh, the first few months, apparently the production is fire and wherever they're getting their weed is, is, is fire. And then little by little by little, I've heard that it uh, lowers its quality relative to the rest of the market. And then even though they're usually charging higher prices, their weed is basically comparable to pretty much uh, everybody else. And if that's true, you know, like that's a little bit disappointing. You know, like I'm always saying like a premium brand, it should actually count for something. You should be getting something for that premium. But, you know, maybe it's just the, the, the logo. I don't know. I'm stretching my fucking arms. Premium logos. Premium logos. That's it. Pretty sweet. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of brands out there. You pay for the marketing. You pay for the 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 hype. You know. Every day I get offered 300 fucking logos on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. I had a thought. It was a good one, but I can't remember it for the life. It will come to me. It'll come to us. Just like hopefully more more uh, people on the show. Shit, ladies and gentlemen, come join us. We're having a special edition show, and everyone's like, "Man, we're gonna go and uh, I don't know." Are they watching? Uh, there Ryan is a good Seacrest amount of people. Somebody? Cheers, everyone that is watching. Are you guys? Is there a good? I haven't, I haven't even checked. Is there like five people watching. No, when I looked, there was at least seventy. Holy cow! I hope Coop comes on gentlemen. to talk shit. So right, uh, Coop's always talking shit. We should bait him. We should bait him with a fake question. We could say, uh, West Indian, you got him one time. Do you think anybody has crossed Skittles to the one? Right? I wonder. I wonder. Do you think, West Indian, do you think that that would improve the harvest window of T.O.? Uh, the flavor and terp profile. Maybe I bet bring you the high down. possibly I, I by do. mixing it, in that I, delightful bag so seed cookies. Yes, yeah, yes. I think so. Yeah. Uh, it would bring in a, a rich, vibrant though, right? color. It has to be in Jack. 
Yeah. I mean, that's how they say that you get the terpiest weed. I've heard. Yeah. I've heard that. Uh, I've heard that you shouldn't even use barley because it gives you <laughs> microbial prolapse or something. Yes. Uh, Sounds yeah. really bad. I've really, heard really that bad. Several Seems places. like you need a doctor from for that. himself. Yeah. I heard it from right. Coot himself right. one time. Like, I feel like he was being sarcastic, but you never know. Oh, but, in, but yeah, just to be on the safe side. Lot, right. Uh, just yeah. be on the safe side. I switched to Jack's. Yeah. And yeah. To stop using barley. That's it. Except for I, uh, I, in fact, uh, well, I am, I guess I am drinking barley. So I, I was going to make a joke. Like, ah, I've stopped drinking. <laughs> I was about to take a drink. Uh, no, I've started feeding barley only to, uh, uh, outdoor, uh, uh, like squirrels. Basically I had a sack of barley and I was like, this is not, this is not going to be good for, for my plants. Ridiculous. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, Can I uh, let's it? see what else. Um, that's apparently not enough. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna cross, um, we're gonna do nah, a BX. First of all, wife, we're gonna do yeah, that's probably what's happening, honestly. We're probably gonna do a BX of the Skittles to the TO, but we're gonna BX the Skittles uh, manifestation. One so Skittles really distill the ball. That's right, exactly. So. <laughs> Thank you, Grace. I, I took that and one. And in the darkness, Grayson. blind them thanks to the high sugar content. <laughs> that's a little complex. Because the diabetes. Uh, so it's always better when you have to explain the joke. Yeah. And that has, that has to go me real good. Like, That's the way. I have this freaking pen, and I keep not making a video about it. This company from California sent me this pen. It's actually all right. Um, I'm not really a fan of pens, but the, the nice thing that this... Or, sorry. Wait, what kind? The cool thing about these pens, uh, this is actually, believe it or not, these are these are like Delta 8 and hemp-derived oh, terpenes. Okay. Hold on, I think I actually have the package. So this is the other package. And this is... My table is messy here. I've got coots weed. I got some seeds here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, this one is actually these are both strawberry cough. Uh, the one I'm smoking is or have been smoking is THCV Delta Eight THC. It's also got CBD, CBG, CBN. So that was actually kind of cool. <clears throat> and you do um, oh doesn't see, show the label. Fuck that part's on my shoulder. Uh, this other one that I actually tried the other day that I could try in a second but i'll have to tell you what happened uh was also strawberry cough but this was a cbn uh delta eight so that was kind of interesting too because this one doesn't get you uh high at all whereas this one does get you high in a very weird way and um, this was in my pen the only thing is i came home the other day and i think i must have had the pen on and like depressed because like a bunch of oil i think came through here it's all sticky and it's not quite working so i don't know i may have fucked up this goddamn pen but uh dude i actually <clears throat> I don't, I don't want to say like the company's name. Well, Terpen. I'll say that. There's mm -hmm. this thing called the Terpen. It's like a portable mm, honey badger. Not honey badger. Portable uh, nectar collector. Um, that's electric. And I've been like running into like if you get like sauce or like a a, a batter or something. There's a lot left on the bottom of the jars. You know what I mean? That like it's mm -hmm. it's hard to get out with a dab tool and scraping and stuff. So I've been looking for like a cheap one, and this one called Turpin's thirty bucks. Looks pretty good. I don't know if anyone. You know, some people one. do is um, they put those on. Uh, they wait until they get like five or ten of those jars, and they put them on like the stove top after the stove top's off. 
So basically, if you just cook dinner or something, uh, you turn it off, wait a couple minutes until it's basically like uh, warm enough that you can almost uh, uh, touch it. Essentially, if you have like an electric stovetop, that's easy because it only takes maybe I don't know a couple minutes to cool down. Mm-hmm. But if you have a glass one, that could take maybe five minutes. But whatever, you wait a few minutes. And you just put those on there. You, you basically just don't want them to be too hot so that they crack the glass because the yeah, glass is just, it's just whatever glass. Uh, and then you put them on there. The glass will or the, the, the oil will get all soft. You could potentially put it on. Uh, when I put this, if you leave them there like for five minutes, you can just put them up on something and all the oil will collect them. on the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can just pour it out or whatever. You see me trying. I did it. I used to do it with a torch until one blew up on me. <laughs> that was a bad day. Yeah, that's not that's not good. And you got like hot oil covered glass everywhere. And <laughs> yeah, that's great. And then you're like, oh, I think I got it all. Oh, fuck. Right. No, you never do. You some Somehow whenever you break glass, there becomes more glass. That's, that's how it works. So, okay. Now I had a, a little hit of this uh, uh, THCV. Oh, and by the way, the, the most interesting thing about these is that uh, honestly, I rarely get like actually high from these. Uh, I used to like, I, Honestly, I probably still have some huckleberry, blackberry kush uh, in a pen of these. Um, they are really handy if you're just out and about and you just kind of want to, like, how do I say this? You're not going to smoke a joint, you know, necessarily, uh, but you do just not want to stop being high on some level. <laughs> so you might like kind of top up if you're shopping and something's excruciatingly boring. You know, everyone knows what I'm fucking talking about. These are goddamn handy. I have to oh, realize they're yeah. goddamn handy. Uh, every time I puff it, I'm like, oh, how many freaking cancer causing whatever the fucks are in these butt? It's still, you got to admit, it's, it's handy. But one thing that I've noticed, too, is that some folks have extremely low tolerances. And this is kind of funny for us. It's honestly a little bit hilarious when we see somebody like, you know, my friends and I will eat like a thousand milligram brownie and then still be talking to each other and like goofing off. And then someone else gets fucking riggedy wrecked on five milligrams. And you think they're joking. Because I've, I've laughed before. I'm like, oh, I, I doubt there's even any weed in these five milligram uh, edibles. But then you'll see people who actually get wrecked on them. And you're like, oh, turns out there's actually some weed in that. Uh, how do I say this? For people yeah. like that, oh, these pens shit. are fucking amazing because uh, they don't get them too ripped. Like even a bowl hit sometimes for some people is too much and will just get them like uh, messed up. These pens are so light that folks like that, they, they can moderate their, their high. It's been really interesting to, to, to discover that. Anyway, I'm, this one, I, they die on me all the time. These things suck. The what brand ones are cheap. Hmm. The 20 bucks. It doesn't like have that. to be cheap. The expensive one that I have dies all the fucking time, too. Like, I basically never use it because the battery's always dead. The Firefly yeah. 2 just literally just always fucking dies. I don't Here understand. Here comes Potent Ponics. Right on. In fact, fuck it. Maybe I'll turn on some of my vaporizers. Let's do it, ladies and gentlemen. Gentlemen, let's do some vaporization. Let's go on, Did you add some, some vaporization. So, I was on another show earlier tonight, and they had some guy that had a, a ICP a clown with the axe, <laughs> the butcher knife behind him. And then the the guy's like, "That's the logo from my this guy I know's tattoo shop." And he showed like the guy's tattoo shop, and it was the same logo except they replaced the butcher thing with a beard. Uh, beer mug <laughs> like oh man don't tell the jugglos <laughs> uh but do you yeah, think yeah, a juggalo, is he a juggalo you? barber that would be kind of funny if it was like a juggalo barber the tattoo artist so i don't know so, so does he just like tattoo juggalo tattoos 
Probably. Although I've seen juggalos have normal tattoos. That's puzzling. If you ever want to know what the juggalos is, watch the Workaholics episode. Oh, I haven't seen it, but I bet that was fucking oh, hilarious. Workaholics oh is what I was thinking about the other day. Fuck, that was the show I was thinking about with the loose butthole and tight butthole. We were goofing off in the chat. That's the show that it comes from. So in that show, uh, loose butthole is bad. And tight butthole is good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was from Workaholics on, uh, I think, Comedy Central. This episode, back in 2011, they went to the Gathering of the Juggalos. <laughs> I have to be honest, as for like, could you call Juggalos a cult? You could almost call them like, that's probably not Pretty fair. well. Yeah, yeah like, they're a gang. Officially, yeah. Are they, they recognized as a gang? They're, they're one of the gang. friendlier gangs, though. If we're going to call them a gang, they're, I would say they're one of the friendliest. Like, like they're can pretty really call goofy. Them a gang, if they push an energy drink, like I feel like that's disqualified. <laughs> Ego's not an energy drink; it's a soda. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had it. I just it's heard gross. about it. It's actually I can't, I've never I had, had a. I can't say I've ever had a bagel myself. Right, it seems it's an unusual name for a drink. You're just like, what? What could pause if someone were to tell you what a fago yeah. is? You're like, I don't know. Is it fermented goat milk? I don't know what it is. <laughs> so <laughs> it was funny because <laughs> it's a, a camel stomach full of strawberry like juice. Sounds like you took a bunch of fairies <laughs> and squeezed them in a rosin press, like fago. <laughs> 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 the scene I was in, it was always tension, like the hardcore it's kids. The milk the from that tauntaun in Star Wars. They cut it open. If they had, if they had just not killed it, they could have drank the milk. It was called Fago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why, but like the the hardcore kids and the juggalos never got along. It was just funny. Right? Like never got along. I don't know why. That's just, weird. You'd think they would be the best of friends. Like if they see each other's juggalo makeup, they'd be like, oh my God, come to be my friend. But no, they don't like each other. Well, the hardcore punk kids are like, I don't know, I, I think half of the scene's probably depressed, like. Uh, I mean, yeah. the punks fight with the Nazis. The punks don't really fight. Well, I guess they kind of fight with each other, but. They fight with everyone. With other, yeah, I suppose so. It's kind there's, of interesting uh, after all. Back when I was like in the scene and stuff, there's rumors of straight edge, like, like uh, Arizona, I think maybe, or. No, Reno, Reno, straight edge punk, hardcore punks. If you were caught like selling drugs at their shows and stuff, they would beat you up and like cut you and, and stuff like bad. So, yeah. Friend of mine was here because yeah. Charlie's from again. Oh, that's annoying. Yeah, a bunch of oil like spilled out. That must have been what happened. Like, it must have been in my jacket. And then uh, I had the button on or something. And it must have like spilled all the shit everywhere. It's kind of annoying. The the vape carts, unless you spend money to get like a nicer ceramic one, really are kind right. of a pain in the ass. Yeah, we we had that problem when I was working on some different developments of different extraction oils and stuff like that, which we've talked. In fact, I think Fumi had a chance to try some of them out in Oregon. Um, we had a really big problem because the the viscosity of that type of extraction did not want to play nice with the different carts. It was flowing out of them like that. And we had mm. to find, it took us quite, We went, I think we went through like 38 different carts wow. um, until we found the one that had a design that actually worked for it with that thinner oil. So that can be a huge fucking pain in the ass. And most of them are, well, like this one is basically glued together sideways. So I have the 
highest possible optimism about that thing's long-term safety for inhalation purposes and stuff. Well, this is, this is the, and I think this is going to end up being like, did you, you're going to see commercials. Did you smoke right. a vape cart between the years of 2005 and 2020? You might be, you know, you might be uh, owed money by some asshole lawyer. Um, you know, and like we did with asbestos, because you have all kinds of it, mainly zinc and, and heavy and chromium are in those coils yeah. uh, and you're vaporizing them with what? A solvent, the terpenes, right? Terpenes are a fucking solvent, right? They, they literally are just, I mean, D-lemonine is used for extraction. But, so like you, you have a, a highly caustic terpenes that are easy, easily able to dissolve this shit. And it's sitting in there for what? one month, two months, six months, a year in the carts, you know, however long it is dissolving that metal into it. And then you're heating it up and creating an oxidative environment. Like, you know, if you just go down and list the amount of chemistry reasons why there should be something wrong with it, you could find a whole, a whole lot of them. That's why finding the ones that are fully sealed in the ceramic casings where it has that coil that's in the ceramic housing. That's really important if you're going to like really do a lot of vape oils and vape carts because that protects the oil from actually touching the coil. And you don't have that. If it's touching the ceramic, then you have no big deal, right? There's there's no metal interaction. And I think that's something you're going to see, especially you already see it in the design of the newer carts, but you're going to see that a lot more in all the cart designs going forward, having that level of separation between those two, those two things. When I was still vaping, uh, uh, like nicotine juice, uh, the ceramic cartridges or ceramic uh, coils were just making their appearance, and a lot of the folks that I was talking to were were unhappy about it because they liked doing their. Uh, that was the whole vape mod era. They liked doing their own coils and whatever. But I thought it was such an interesting idea because it seemed like, uh, fuck, what were the materials they were using? There's uh, stainless steel. Um, uh, 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 oh, I don't even remember all the different materials they used. Um, Shit, I can't remember. Anyway, many of them were theorized to be safe. I think titanium was one of them as well. Uh, but uh, how do I say this? A lot of times, with the way that they would use their their vaporization or their their um, uh, vapes, they would get the fuck. I'm fucking babbling like an idiot. I'm trying to remember the conversations I used to have like five years ago about vape oil. Um, all right, I'll stop bullshitting. I always tell people don't bullshit on this show. Uh, I was talking about like freaking vape coil. I don't know. Did you, did you guys ever like uh, smash? Did you ever vape like uh, nicotine vapes and stuff and have like the the dripper mods and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, the sick mods, Right? Yeah, I did. Um, <clears throat> there was like, you never wanted to use cheap wire. It was always titanium. Um, good cotton. What was the other? Kangol? No. I can't think of the other the metal. Doesn't matter. Um, nitro. There we go. Thank you. Uh, said that was one of them. Uh, Shen says, "Glad I don't vape still." I am kind of too, honestly. Like I, I know a bunch nah, of people who still like do. I would way rather they vape than smoke. I mean, all day, every day. I think probably even if we do 50 years from now here, like, oh, did you vape such and such, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's still honestly better than cigarettes. I think it's probably still better because the cigarettes have so many bad things in them, especially most of the commercial cigarettes have uh, uh, just any number of horrible chemicals that they actually add to them to make them more potent, to actually scarify your lungs so that the, the freaking smoke goes in deeper. It's all this crazy shit. The old menthol cigarettes used to have fiberglass in them and stuff. It's fucking horrible. It's kind of like, funny. Horrifying. In Massachusetts, you can't get flavored tobacco. Really? Interesting. 
uh, menthols. I'm pretty sure menthols, uh, vape juices, dip. Like, <clears throat> sorry, uh, you can still get dip, but it's like tobacco flavored. No more like apple gotcha. or cherry gotcha. or whatever. Yeah. Um, the Dutches barely. Uh, there's some. I guess they have some weird thing where they can sell wraps or something. Still, I don't fucking know. You know what I mean? Because some places still have wraps and stuff. But I don't know. My city like outlawed Dutches and shit too. Like my when I was growing up, they were charging like two fifty for one. I'm fun with that kind of stuff. You know, I remember how people were given the uh, Bloomberg shit for trying to ban soda and all this kind of stuff. And I felt mixed feelings about it too, because, you know, I mean, fuck like uh, what some dickhead mayor is going to tell me what I should eat and shouldn't eat. I mean, that sounds uh, a little bit absurd, even if he is right. Right. It just sounds absurd to have somebody uh, tell you just because he's, you know, mayor uh, that you should and shouldn't do something. But at the same time, the message was correct. You know, like, uh, how do I say this? People should not be drinking so much soda. People should not be smoking so much freaking tobacco and whatever else. It's like, man, I don't know. Where do you, where do you, draw the line over the freaking nanny state stuff you know like uh, do you uh do you allow flavored chew because i remember like uh, uh people that i went to school with actually started getting like mouth problems in high school like chew is so bad for you like some people uh, like a couple guys teeth like got loose i want to say like nobody got cancer but i've heard of people getting cancer like in college age from having you know chewed tobacco for five years that's enough to actually mess up their fucking mouth because the 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 best brands what was it i guess i don't remember the best brands but the ones that my friends like they would actually like they would they had the fiberglass they would chew yeah it's cool they would scarify their mouth so that the nicotine would actually go in faster and they'd say yeah the first thing you put it in the morning oh it fucking hurts because it's basically cutting up your lips but then it feels great man and it's great the rest of the day and it just sounded so ridiculous when someone like when your friend tells you that you're like what you're basically chewing like broken glass in the morning, like little tiny broken glass just to get high. It's fucking stupid. Um, I knew this cowboy that is that real? I never spit. Never never spit. Like never spit. Just chewed and never spit all day. Army people all day long. I was just like, holy fuck, the stomach on this guy. My my buddy's getting caught uh, dipping in boot camp. And they they took it from the drill sergeant. Cause he always did and they caught him doing it. And he, they were like, yo, if you're gonna, if you're gonna take my shit and, and dip, you're going to dip like a man. And you're going to stand here and swallow every ounce of spit. <laughs> they threw up. They, let's just say they threw up all night. <laughs> right. Yeah, you hear all these stories about somebody accidentally drinking a spittoon in a saloon. Right? <laughs> or that, that, like, uh, what was that? It was, uh, that was in a fuck. That was in a John Wayne movie. I want to say, like the dude turns away and someone replaces his uh, drink with a spittoon or something. And he takes a freaking uh, swig of cha. Holy shit, that would that would ruin your day. Oh, God. Yeah, well, around around here you go to you know when they start uh, when they uh, oh lord smoking in the in the jails and prison. The COs that chewed, they'd uh, the runner, whoever the runner was, or even if or if you knew the CEO in the trash. Yeah, and they used to, you know, do the spit sticks. You know, they take it. People do it out. in the yard too. They'll walk out. Yeah. You'll see people in the yard. Yeah, like, it's been a while for me, but I just remember that. And I, it, 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 they, they still do like, it. Hey, man. hey, you walk? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good, man. They're sitting at the toilet, blowing it down the fucking. I'm like, like they literally face in the bowl, 
with a spit stick in their mouth. I'm like, no, I think I'm good. I think I'm all right, man. Right there. Yeah, they dry it out and yeah. they roll it up and feel like. Normally, what they use is the toilet paper. Uh, what the toilet paper comes in, like the wrapper. Yeah. So yeah, that's how yeah. shit gets rolled up. Yeah, a couple of my cellies, they're the ones that did it. They knew the couple of CEOs. So. It's yeah. funny, just like it's a hustle. So like people, literally, the whole time they're out in yard or like outside, though, their heads at the ground looking in the grass, because anytime they get it, it's a dollar for the smallest little thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I was uh, out of Concord. I was on a, I was on the farm. We used to get them. We'd have, we won't back me on the wall. And get, you know, I've tucked before, bro. Not fun. Especially if it's a dry tuck. You got to do it real quick. I can't put any spit on it. See, it was knocking on the door. But, yeah, it was, uh, I think they were 10 bucks a piece back then or something like that. When you brought them in. And you got to keep half. If it wasn't yours, you get to keep half up. or whatever you brought in. Yeah, I got there's been times like I've seen K2 is really big in like state prisons right now because it gets you fucked up and it's easy to get in most of the time. But anyways, what's up, Coop? Okay, hey, here's your age story. Oh, I'll, give you the, I'll give you the facts and then I'll give you the uh, rumors, but I won't give you my opinion. It's the only seat I ever bought. Okay, so the first mention of it was in a... a there were two big catalogs. Neville had one called the Seed Bank. Okay. And he had hooked up with uh, Sam the Skunk Man. And that's how they got the Northern Lights. There was five, seven, nine, and 11. I don't remember. Two of them were clone only and two were, I don't care. But that's, you can get the, cat. you can download the catalog. It's called the Seed Bank. In that catalog was an entry for a Hayes Northern Lights cross. And in there were listed seven or five, whatever, I don't care, some amount of sativas, you know, Thai, Jamaican, whatever it was. That has changed over the years. We're going back 34 years now, okay? When Neville got popped coming out of Australia visiting his parents after Operation Green Merchant in the United States, his breeder was a, some guy named George something out of North or South Carolina, and he went by the name of uh, Baba. Uh, let's see, the Hindu. Uh, it Hindu doesn't Baba? matter, huh? Hindu Baba, Baba. Yeah, that's him. Okay. So anyway, he ends up with that uh, asswipe in uh, Spain by the name of Arjun, greenhouse seed. Now there's a guy in uh, Seattle. Mark Emery, one of the dickheads was the king of cannabis, and the other one was the prince of pot. I have no idea which is which, and really, I I don't fucking care. Hold on, I just, I want to, Mark Emery was Canadian, and and he's the prince of pot person. Okay, right. I said Seattle, I apologize. In Vancouver, BC. uh, Over Lionsgate Bridge and that whole, you know, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so now, Arjun has the haze. Okay, and he creates a whole bunch of hybrids. Fair enough. Then let's fast forward like 20 years and Neville's back on the scene and he hooks up with a guy and they form a company called Mr. Nice Seeds. And guess what? One of their strains was the haze. 
and the Northern Lights. That somehow, Baba had kept this alive for 25 years and hadn't been adulterated. You believe that? Shit, I want to sell you a bridge in uh, Arizona, you know, over the Gila, the Gila River or something. They have uh, gargoyles on it? Or, uh, yeah, right. So anyway, there's your story. So now the problem is, is that around 2008, 2009, David Watson, excuse me, Sam the Skunk Man, hooks up with Gypsy Nirvana, and he's like the co-moderator, uh, grand moderator over at IC Mag. And now is when it gets really goofy because the exact ones that were listed in Neville's catalog as far as the ingredients, you know, the Thai, the Colombian, blah, blah, blah. Now it starts changing because those aren't so popular. So now we got different sativas in there. See what I mean? So if you can figure it out, good luck. But you got to go back and look at Arjun at uh, Greenhouse Seeds and his guy, Baba. Then you got to look at Mr. Nice Seeds. And if you can figure it out with those that cast of characters, you're smarter than me. I wasn't that impressed. It's the only seeds I ever bought, and I never bought another goddamn seed in my life. I learned my lesson. So, and we got spanked hard. You can do your own arithmetic, but 1988 seeds were twenty dollars a pop. Ten seeds were two hundred dollars. We bought two thousand dollars. Excuse me, we bought them, but I paid for them. Two thousand dollars worth of seeds from, huh? Allegedly. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. So anyway, there you go. So now anything that's sativa and as strong as haze, right? And then when anything that looked like indica was kush, right? Blah, 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 blah. But you got to go back and look at the catalog and the picture. And you'll see what I'm talking about. You can't make any sense out of this story of the haze itself, the haze northern lights. According to Neville, you were going to lose control of your bowels and your uh, bladder. It was so going to be so strong, you're going to shit and piss all over yourself. So there you go. You believe any of that story? Not yeah. not all that much of it. I was trying to find a cartridge, so I was half, well, I thought I was paying attention, but now I don't remember what the name of the catalog was. Uh, you said this before, and I keep forgetting what it was. Neville? Uh, uh, was it Neville's catalog, the Steve Bank? Fuck, yeah, uh, that was his. Then the other one was Today's Sensi Seeds. Uh-huh. Uh, was called Super Sativa Seed Club. And in there, their number one, I, I'm. You tell me if I'm wrong. I understand that they have a strain called Afghani, hashtag numeral one. It's like the base of many of their strains. Is that correct? In the same way that Northern Lights was at the core of most of Neville's strains. Is that accurate? Anyway, in the catalog, you can download that one too. It'll tell you that they bought that from a group in Oregon. So there you go. Did they? I don't know. That's what they said. I didn't. But that's what's in their catalog. The Hay story doesn't make any sense. You know, that was 34 years, 35, 34, 35 years you wanna, ago. You want to see a trip? The website's still up. Or, you know, it's still in existence. Uh, yeah. 
Actually, they're, I think they're, they're, they're out again. I want to say that they've come out again with uh, new stuff. Here's what I think has happened is that the name, the name has been revived, but the right. company, the company called SSSC, when the whole thing got turned over in the Dutch government and they were going to have medical marijuana, they needed an official seed company. And what had been SSSC became Sensi Seeds today, still existing 20, what, 30 years later. The reason that Neville couldn't participate is that he got busted by Interpol. And that whole thing went to Arjun over in Spain. Yeah, look up Greenhouse Seeds. You'll see what I mean. He's the one that came out with, that's all the stuff you guys are seeing on those, uh, like, you know, the the strain finder, whatever they're called, those kind of things. You're seeing all Fair these, answers, yeah. yeah, you're seeing all these hazes because of all the crosses that Arjun did. Being, you know, the king of pot or king of cannabis. The other guy was the prince of pot. <clears throat> what was the relationship between the prince and the king? <laughs> <laughs> well, I understand that there are some videos in the uh, more seedy side of Amsterdam, but I, I, I can't say any more than that. $20 is $20. Yeah. No way, Gilder. A gilder, yeah, 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 gilder. Four gilders to a dollar when I got there. By the time I left, it was two and a half, thanks to Nixon taking uh, the U.S. economy off the gold standard. That was fun. All of a sudden, you had a 60% drop in uh, pay. So, or your money wasn't worth, you know. Print that money, nothing to back it up with. There you go. Now, those are the facts. Okay, those are the facts of the Hayes story. I won't give you my opinion, but let's just put it this way. There you go, Coot, since we're talking about him. (laughs) There he is. There's our leader. There's Mark. Well, that's Mark Emery. (laughs) (laughs) I I first met him in 2004 in Montreal the first time. Before he got, before he, uh, DEA picked his ass up and put before him into the DEA uh, and yeah. all the other nefarious oh, yeah. things he's gotten oh, himself yeah. into, that yeah. will leave off the show. Yeah. <laughs> there he is. Oh, there's Neville. Oh, there's the seat. Yeah, go to if go to Afghani number one in that uh, SSSC right there, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Let me make this a little bigger if I can. There we go. There you go. You got it. We used to study that. I mean, you get those catalogs in your hands. You're going, God, man, if we could just get this. Well, we got it. And you're not the only one. I remember Subcool talking about that, how they would like literally like dissect these catalogs like they were holy red or something. Yes, exactly. There we go. Afghan number one. 
Okay, and read what also it developed is. by the Sacred Seed Co. The Afghan number one or Afghani number one is a pure indica strain inbred for five generations to produce a squat, round plant with thick, heavy buds. A very consistent variety with less than 5% devi- uh, deviations, I think it says. The smoke has an extremely strong narcotic type high. Uh, it's dark blue-green leaves, or it has dark blue-green uh, leaves, and a percentage will turn purple uh, if cold is induced. The plant's finished in the middle of October, uh, yields between 200 to 700 grams, with a modus plus or minus of 400 grams. Indoors, experienced plants, something, plantlet method growers, harvest 400 grams per square meter. Mm-hmm. There you go. There's your story. It doesn't actually sound like all that much. 400 grams. I think uh, so. For a thousand, for three by three. What is it? A square meter is like, it's basically a square yard, but a little bit more. Yeah, right. right. It doesn't sound like all that much, right? No. We <laughs> were a simple, plus minus. We were between four and 700 grams, by plus or minus 400 grams. Right. We were a simple people. You could have negative 200 grams. Yeah. <laughs> you grow it, you have negative what? Now go to Neville's, get get a copy of Neville's The Seed Bank, and then go to Hayes Northern Lights. It's right in the center of the, uh, that's where the staple was on the center of the uh, pamphlet. And that's where you're going to find all the Northern Lights. And there's an, uh, I can't tell you that one. Um, there's another rumor where those actually came from, but we'll leave that one to history. You guys can decide for yourself. If there was ever a strain, though, that got overused in every fucking breeding for 20 years or more, it was Northern Lights. And everything. We'll be saying that about cookies and, well, now. It's in everything. I mean, you have no idea. You go look up any strain that came out of the 80s and 90s, Northern Lights, Northern Lights. It's like heavy metals, heavy metals, heavy metals, you know. Anyway, there you go. There's your uh, there's your myth, your urban myth. I've only found Neville'sHaze.com. Kind of funny that there's actually a page, page about oh, it. Oh yeah. All right, there you go. There you go. Here you go. Just for Coot, because I know Coot's gonna love the shit out of this picture. There you go. Oh, oh Shoddy Baba. That's yeah. That's and the here's good. the thing. In, in, there you go, Coot. <laughs> there you go, Coot. <laughs> so we cover both sides of the the coin. Yeah. There you go, brother. That's our Jean. For people that don't know. Friend of mine got like seven seeds once. Greenhouse. They were came in the disc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seed. Oh, yeah. the colored one. Like, like, yeah, he paid like, <laughs> I, I don't even know. And and he was such going, a punk. What the hell? I mean, are you putting a coating on just because this was the next picture in the thing. Can I just say how amazing this picture is? This is, this is Guru <laughs> and Scotty smoking my weed and getting like wrecked. I just fucking love this picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Scotty's about to freaking fall over. <laughs> Guru's right. just like, what did I just do? <laughs> yeah. What was that song? Oh, this, is, uh, this is what real weed tastes like. It feels like. <laughs> what was that punk rock song? WPOD, White Punks on Dope, something like that. Uh-huh. You know, there that's you what go. that picture reminds me of. How about how about this one there, Coot? I know he's another one of your favorite people. Oh, Jesus. Hey, George. <laughs> Jorge. Hey. Excuse me, Hold George. On. I got I got George a batch of soil in the oven, exiled in Spain yeah. right now, right? Yeah, George Van Patten. All right, how about how about somebody I think we all really really like? Because this guy's the man. 
Wayne Justman, that dude's fucking awesome. Nothing but good things to say about Wayne. Yeah. I need to get out more. You know, I should go to one of these you conventions. And, dude, man, you and Wayne would get along really well. Mm. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> Run around San Francisco and tell everyone why the, the mandates need to stop. <laughs> yeah. All I can say is that if the seat that I bought from Neville, if that's his idea of losing bowel control, <laughs> fuck you you know uh i've had mexican brick so what, they basically this. thought you he said that you're gonna shit yourself with this weed yeah. or what did he say yeah right yeah you're gonna lose you would lose control of your bowel movements and your uh bladder i've never bowel heard of that as a desirable char- characteristic to weed uh, i've never well, yeah, i can't see, imagine so never lived in bro, amsterdam this is gonna make you poop yourself right where you're sitting <laughs> Is that desirable? I'll take a quarter, please. Yeah. Only <laughs> is that something you like give that. your enemies? I don't understand it. Yeah, I don't Reminds either. of that, like, uh, uh, what's his name? The the comedian, the, the shorter black guy. He's like, this strain's called death. I don't, I don't want to smoke that. Cat Williams. Cat Williams huh. is the whole thing about the strain called death and how right. he's not interested. <laughs> no. Yeah, I just, yeah. Okay, when the catalog from the SSSC group, okay, everything was listed by M, M hyphen and then a number. So there was one in there called M39. And when the uh, Asian groups in Vancouver, BC started growing, that was their one of choice because it was a cash proper strain. It didn't matter that it wasn't any good, you just got a lot of buds. And that really is the goal, right? So M39 became this uh, beware, don't buy it. Because they would move stuff down into Seattle and Portland. And like, who grew this shit? This, you know, long before there was even medical marijuana, you know, in these states. You get some of the shit down from BC. And they had, a, I mean, they were running like, uh, a lot of homes, you know, set up with doing bypass surgery on the meter. That's always a good idea. Um, don't pay for your electricity. That shouldn't be problematic, should it? Okay. And uh, anyway, you get the idea. So, yeah, that was one of the, like, first uh, dog shit strains that came out of the so-called Dutch. And as I've said before, you can see right in the catalogs, they tell you, we got this from the people in the States, they didn't breed it. So when people say with Dutch strains, I'm like, what are you talking about? Look at their catalogs. Go look at their original catalogs. It tells you. Now, the rumor is, is that, you know, the book Marijuana Botany by Clark, Robert Clark? Yep. Supposedly, he was one of the Hayes brothers. Now, the question becomes, who claims to be the other one? And that's where the story gets sticky. And Wouldn't he be the guy uh, that asked? The creator of Skunk, uh, that many people know, he claims to be one of the Hayes brothers, I believe. That's correct. That's correct. <clears throat> of course, he kicked me off his uh, IC mag when I asked him, how is it that in Neville's catalog, it's these 
you know, whatever it was, five or six strains or uh, origins, right? But now you're claiming that it's this. Boom. I was out. I was out. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye, dickhead. That's a good indication of nothing to hide. Yeah. And then Arjun, when he got a hold of it, I mean, yeah, some really like, you did what? Yeah, I crossed it with, uh, you know, Elephantitis out of uh, Egypt. Oh, good. That, that should be a good one. Yeah, sure. Maybe you can get a camel to breed with it, too. So. That's one of the annoying features of the, the modern uh, seed scene that just kind of endlessly annoys me. Because I think I feel like it's so pointless. Well, that 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 definitely is right up there. But I guess what I was going to say is uh, that's probably part of it, frankly. And that probably that's probably the biggest reason for the thing that I'm just about to say. Honestly, the 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 history of dishonesty in the cannabis scene has made people want to look for stuff that they can kind of see and touch on some level. And I guess what I'm going to with that is uh, finding something nice and then crossing it to every fucking possible thing. So finding either a male or a female, whatever, however the, the 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 dude breeds, oftentimes it's male, and then crossing that male to literally every possible hype female that they could possibly find, and then selling each one of those strains as an individual strain. And that to me is the Dutch model, where they found like maybe one or two nice males, and they crossed that male to literally every fucking thing they could find across the universe and sold each one of those as a different strain. And I think that's fine if you're just doing like an exploration of what you have available but then you're basically sending a variety of phenotypic expressions to your customers and some of those are going to be fucking hot garbage some of them are going to be super bad hybrids some of them are going to be super good hybrids that could you know deserve a lot of work on and on and on but then of course they never had any incentive to do any more work because uh i don't know maybe there's no because there maybe customers weren't interested or maybe they didn't do it i don't know but they would just endlessly sell those one-off crazy hybrids and i see that the one-off crazy hybrids in the rest of the cannabis scene now where like lots and lots of breeders basically just crossing any hype clone they can find to a hot male they have which is fine i suppose on one level but on another level that's the overwhelming majority of the entire breeding and it's just annoying because i feel like the bulk of the seeds that come out of that are going to be just a mishmash you know, some of it's going to be good, some of it's going to be bad, but most of it's just going to be mediocrities because a lot of those hybridizations are pointless. Like, what are you trying to hybridize? What characteristics from this one plant and this other plant are you actually trying to hybridize other than the hot names? I don't know, but I think yeah. it is just the hot names. Yeah, no comment. Um, yeah, it's so fun. New Year fun time. Time. Central time zone, by the way. For myself and Here's me. everybody. Uh, Happy New Year's. Uh, what, Happy Chicago Year. and Michigan and Oklahoma. a few other places? Oklahoma. Happy birthday. Happy New Year's. Not happy birthday. Happy New Year's. Uh, Happy, New Year. uh, Happy New Year's to the freaking uh, all the crazy weed people. Who would have figured that Oklahoma would be the place where everybody gets to grow like, pretty much whatever they want? Yeah, however I was many plants that, they want. I was just thinking that with the contrast between Cowboy Cup and Emerald Cup being within a week or two of each other and how. Yeah. Emerald Cup was harassed right. by police and not the Oklahoma Cup. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> what happened to our timeline? I'm holding out for Arkansas. That's what I want to do. I want to go to Arkansas and go to uh, what's some shithole city in Arkansas? Well, they're all shitholes. Um, Little Rock, Little Rock Weed Convention. Mm. Yes, sir. 
And it's going to be in conjunction with the NRA. Just real good, man. Go, <laughs> go, go shoot a pot. Super one special. Christ. Yeah. So yeah. what you should do is there's that huge gun uh, shoot uh, event in uh, West Virginia in like September or October. Ooh. You should do something like a, you know, I don't know, bullets and rosin event or something. I don't know. Like, yeah. bullets, bullets and buds. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Guns for Jesus. Yeah. The, the, yeah. Guns yeah. for ganja. I don't know. Yeah. Guns for ganja. <laughs> um the chronic pew pew session. Yeah. Chronic pew pew. <laughs> bring your guns, bring your buds. Yeah. Bring your brides. Uh what else? Pancake cook off. Yeah, we shouldn't be such assholes. Uh, it is kind of a funny thought, though, though, uh, Coop. Johnny Cakes. Right. That's a good Southern, you know, Johnny Cakes at your next ganja convention. All you, you can eat okra and OG. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Just don't serve instinct uh, grits, that's all. What turps, what turps are you working on? Oh, I'm trying to get uh, okra. boiled turnips. These tears and, and nice. strains in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> this is a good question old-fashioned coffee pot is saying how come kansas is pronounced different from arkansas there is no logical answer in fact the states just wanted to differentiate themselves i think it was is what it was actually because it comes from the same word they're like but we're not the same we're gonna call it different i always thought it was an indian name is that wrong i don't think so let's take a look here kansas I will say Arkansas has bomb ass food and it's a very pretty state, having gone into it to a minor amount. Wait a second, wait a second. Steve, have you ever been to Little Rock? I have not been to Little Rock. Okay, okay. So just I've only been to weed farms. You're right. Okay, okay, okay. Alleged weed farms. Do a weekend and do a weekend like Friday night to Sunday night in our at Little Rock. Um yeah. Best wishes. The last time I spent overnight in a completely less than legal state was Kentucky for the Occupying Association Conference. And it was really funny to like be back in Prohibition land for the first yep. time, like aside from when my mom passed. But even in Pennsylvania, it has more liberal laws than Kentucky. But it was really strange to go back to that, like, like how we still have that in parts of the United States is still mind boggling when some of mm -hmm. us have been living on the other end of the spectrum for over 20 years. It's really strange. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty unfair. Not unfair. It's, it, I don't understand how it can be upheld by the courts where one state you can go to prison for the rest of your life and in another prison you get an award for how much weed you grew. I mean, it's to say that it's uh, there's no equity, it'd be an understatement. Yeah. And the other thing too, I, I spent most, so I got arrested uh, leaving a cannabis protest event and, and um, well, it was Occupy, but there was also a cannabis event that afternoon in Denver. And um, I got to do my um, uh, community service, uh, basically acting as a bartender at a, a, a charity event Shop. thing. So I just thought that was really strange how you can like serve drugs and be in trouble for drugs at the same time. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. 
Mm-hmm. And then they all state sponsored, which is even more bizarre. It's the height of the, uh, is it George Bush or Reagan? Anyway, the, uh, what really took down the, the federal prosecutions in Oregon was jury nullification. Because the feds were going after really horrible targets, like some veteran that was in a wheelchair and you're going to confiscate his wheelchair and his plants. You know, he's got four or five plants. And so get in front of a jury and good old, uh, you know, left or center Oregon. Let the guy, you know, give him a, a not guilty. So it became kind of a moot point. Well, you bring up jury, jury nullification quite a bit. It's something that a lot of uh, Americans, honestly, are unaware of. Yeah. Uh, even people that get on juries and stuff, they'll sometimes uh, 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 depanel a jury and, and find a new jury if they find out the jury is in any way talking about nullification. Right. I was going right. to mention that it's the best way to get out of jury duty is to mention mm-hmm. that you are absolutely for jury nullification. I have to be honest. I've never tried to get out of jury duty. I know that it's a really popular thing, and I have sat on some stupid fucking juries. I have to be honest. But uh, I feel I've like uh, if you don't, my whole you, life, you got it. Because if you don't, your jury, <laughs> if you're ever in fucking trouble, your jury is just going to be whatever dickheads couldn't get out of jury duty. That's and right. that's something that always occurs to me. Like, I don't yeah. want some poor person, even if they are guilty, to have only a jury of people that were too stupid to get out of jury duty. That just sounds yeah. gross to me. Like, it should be a jury of your peers, which is everybody. I'm with you. Like if I can get in there and disrupt the system from the inside and do yeah. it in a lawful way, like I've served on two separate juries so far in my life. And one of them was a bunch of bullshit ass drug charges where very clearly the police had done an illegal search. And I was like, this dude doesn't get, you know, there was a whole bunch of problems with the police and how they behaved in the whole thing. And that was it. Anyways, they, the rest of the jury ended up putting that guy. But um, the other case was just some some stupid traffic bullshit that was just kind of like, yeah, that guy's guilty as shit. And what Kudi's describing is, for example, the, the jury was sitting there and they were like, all right, this is technically against the law, but yeah. fuck that. The guy's like a fucking, you know, whatever, you know, Medal of Honor, just pick something, right? Um, right that's how you break the system. That's how you stop yep. them from prosecuting bullshit ass shit is... is yep. Not saying anything and then waiting until everyone's in the room, be like, "Yeah, no, we should just dismiss this because this isn't right morally," you know. And that's how you beat it. That's how you yes. break it. And so they stop prosecuting. That's right. Once they lose two or three of those, they won't. They won't push that's it. Right. Because they look like fools. Like, what's the prosecutor supposed to tell his boss or you right. know, the governor, or whoever? Like, oh yeah, we tried to prosecute this guy. For well, this remember twice, and it didn't stick. Like, they just look like idiots. Okay, so when after Reagan, we had uh, the first Bush, the Poppy or whatever you call him. So, you know, the president and vice presidents cannot travel together. If they're going to appear, say, like in this case, they both came to Portland. They didn't fly on the same plane. They didn't stay in the same hotel. I mean, that's just, you know, Secret Service and their deal. So. I don't maybe a few. I don't think you were living here, but downtown Portland turned into a riot zone. They had the mounted police. Yeah, it was going crazy, 
And so for years after that, the Bush family referred to uh, Portland as, you ready for this one? Little Beirut. <laughs> and uh, when his son became whatever it was, president or whatever, he came out to Portland and he got to watch from his hotel room overlooking the downtown area of Portland, mounted police, tear gas. These guys were uh, getting shot with tear gas canisters and they were picking them up and throwing them back at the police. I mean, they closed all the bridges in and out of downtown. That's why they teach the cross in high school, in case you were not aware, so that you could sling yeah. those canisters back. That's right, man. So that, so that was the second time that the term Little Beirut got applied to. Uh, so the last summer, summer before last, when, you know, the Black Lives Matter riots or whatever you want to call them were going on, demonstrations. I mean, this is, goes back into Portland's history since, you know, 1970, for Christ's sake. Get I think a lot of... A lot of people don't realize that, like, east of the mountains there in Oklahoma, or I'm sorry, Oregon, it very much might as well be Texas in terms yes, of... Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. East or Eastern Oregon is as redneck and as conservative as it gets. And even in on the west side, it's like up and down the I-5 corridor from Portland down to basically Salem, the capital. Other than that, yeah, this could be Arkansas with a lot of water called the Pacific Ocean. You know, I mean, it's like, but that doesn't matter. All the population is in Portland. We haven't elected a Republican at a, at a statewide office in over 30 years. It's really cool. Like I said, I want sure. Yeah, we got assholes here. We just don't elect them. You know, at least at the state level. Uh, what I always loved about Oregon is Oregon's the only state. And I went, I forget, I think it was in Seaside or somewhere not too far from Seaside. Uh, where they had a combination weed dispensary, liquor store, uh, restaurant, like drive in restaurant, gas station, gun yeah. store, and yeah. movie rental. Yeah. Right? Like one stop yeah. shop. You got everything you need. They massage it, uh, some uh, French fries. Oh, they have so. massage parlors. <laughs> Literally everything. I was going to say some donut kebab and fries, man. Fuck, I got it. I'll never Music. forget that. I was driving through. Yeah, and they, they Wait, so I can more. buy guns, weed, and alcohol, and food, and gas at the same place? This is awesome. <laughs> Even up, leading up to World War II and after, Portland's never had a military base here. We don't have any military, you know, there's no presence. You know, National Guard, but no well, uh, yeah, uh, regular National bases. Guard. But I mean, like, Seattle, you get Seattle... Uh, you got uh, Fort Lewis and then McCord Air Force Base. You don't have any of that in Oregon. And so because we were never hanging on the federal tent looking for money, um, we were kind of isolated. I mean, there's just isn't much going on. And so the weed thing, when they slipped in decriminalization in, in what, 71, 72, that was a big deal for Oregon. But the rest of the country going, what do you mean you're decriminalizing weed? Yeah, you get caught, you pay a $100 fine. Fuck, I'm going to school in Oregon. In Vietnam War, you get out, of, you get a student deferment, you go out and smoke weed in Oregon and uh, not have to worry about going to jail. 
pretty good deal. Well, that's an interesting thought. I hadn't really thought about that before, but I find it extremely plausible because Oregon is this outlier for very strange laws like the weed legalization, the assisted suicide, the right to die uh, yeah. movement. Uh, yeah. We're perpetually on the, the forefront of the whole protest movement. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why the, the right wing always talks about uh, uh, Antifa this and Antifa that as if it's oh, some yeah. fucking organized gangs walking down the streets. Farcical. It's fucking ridiculous. You don't anyway, say it right. You got to say Antifa. And that's right. That's China. right. Antifa. Antifa. Yeah. Uh, no, it's Gina, right? It's Gina. Gina. Anyway, um, you know, what was I going to say? People last summer or last week that wanted to uh, secede from the, you know, I know it's a small pocket, but I remember that headline last spring or summer or whatever the hell it was. Maybe it was right after. You know, oh, the party of, of the state of Jefferson or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, listen, here's a part of the. Can you imagine? And this isn't anything new. It goes back to the 20s and 30s. These are really rural towns where the timber was cut. I mean, let's face it. You don't have trees in downtown Portland. You know, you're out in the, the, the wilderness. Kind oh, of there's thing. tons of trees. We just don't cut them down. Well, yeah, right. They're, so it's always been this anti-education thing because you didn't need, man, once you were 16, you got a job with the timber company, you married your 14-year-old cousin, and you started breeding. Logging was good money. Yeah, really good, good money, money actually. Really, really good, good, money. good money. Even as a regular logger, even as a as a truck driver, uh, yeah. uh, as the logging company. My next door neighbor yeah. was a logging uh, company yeah. owner. Yeah, uh, they I uh, had that logging company since. Uh, well, okay, great grandfather, I want to say. One of the great leaders of the so-called uh, uh, the hippie thing, if whatever that was, Ken Kesey. His first mm. book was about logging. Paul uh, Stamets was a logger. A, sometimes a great notion. Uh, made a movie with Paul Newman and all that, but that mm. had nothing to do with riding in the magic bus. Uh, you know, uh, Newman. A lot yeah. of people got their start. Uh, I can't think of who the guy's uh, name is right now, but anyway, whatever. There was a lot of people that fucking shoulders bothered. See when you're in pain. Uh, this one dude uh, got to start as sharpening uh, a saw, uh, um, uh, uh, sharpening saw blades, basically for loggers. So pretty much, he would just hand yeah. sharpen saw blades for loggers, and you know, you want sharp uh, a blade so you can actually you know get your uh, work done. And that's how he got to start it. Like I can't remember aerospace engineering or something. Like that. Newman. Yeah, in 85, that was my original destination. My father actually hooked me up with a guy that I was supposed to see when I got to Portland. Actually, I think it was maybe Medford or Eugene. I think it was Medford or Eugene. can't remember which, but anyway, a long time ago. And when uh, Labor Day of 85, <laughs> we, we left out on a flatbed that we uh, or an F-150 that we had taken the sides off of and uh, quit, this quit like eight feet. Hair. I'm just kidding. Eight <laughs> feet. Yeah, yeah right. If we put eight feet wooden walls on either side, you know, and uh, it was like a half ton, three quarter ton, and we must have overloaded it at least, you know, a half ton, ton or three quarters ton, whatever. And uh, we we drove out, and our original destination was Oregon because my father had set me up at the interview. And then uh, the, the girl that I was going out there with was a, uh, um, she was in her fifth year of remission from uh, throat cancer. And, you know, it was her, her boyfriend from up the state of New York that came down. Um, the house watching dude, Greg Stevenson, that went, came out, came down from uh, Amsterdam, New York, I believe it was, right up by Fonda, and um, moved down just to chase her. You know, he had house watched, but he's one who 
taught me my first indoor grow in 85 at Brockton, that house on North Spring Street. And, uh, but anyway, we got all the way out to, you know, we camped it all the way out. We had the three dogs. We had a couple of boxes, his, uh, Greg's dog, Satan, uh, two birds that Michelle had. She had two long-haired Himalayan Persian cats and, uh, and a turtle. And then we all just, all three of us, you know, blew the engine into going through the Poconos and that three and 150 and, uh, had a camp over. We camped the whole way out, you know, um, and then we hit Arizona, we got the flagstaff, and we had to go down south in order to catch 10, you know, take 17 down and then cut over 10 to the uh, Pacific Coast Highway. We're going to take that all the way up, camp it all the way up, just, you know, same way we figured we save money, you know. And uh, shit, I was only like, uh, I don't know, 27, 28, 29, whatever the hell it was. Yeah, I know, 29. And um, so anyway, we get to Arizona, so we figured, hey, we're in flagstaff, gorgeous, gorgeous flagstaff. All I can remember is driving. Uh, coming into Flagstaff and, you know, literally for hundreds of miles, you see those two mountain peaks yep. and, and you think you're going to be there in 10 minutes yep. <laughs> and it takes fucking a day. So anyway, we get there, you know, we're going through that, that New Mexican desert and, and the panhandle, obviously too, of Texas can be dry sometimes. It was dry at that time, that time we were driving through, but anyway, her throat felt so good. You know, the New England humidity was just killing her when it came to her throat. She had had such bad throat cancer that after about six to eight hours, depending on what she was doing that day, her head would slump because her neck had no muscles left. She was a really skinny woman. Her parents were actually the head of the culinary department at Newbury College, um, right off the boat. I don't want to go to Cleveland with the story, but my whole point is, when we got to when we got to Flagstaff, we're like we had saved so much money. We're like, hey, let's go up. It's only a few hours. Let's go up and see the Grand Canyon. So we went up there, camped out of Mathers Point for the weekend. So it hadn't been a Friday when we got to Flagstaff. And Sunday morning, they say, hey, we want to have a little meeting. So, and you know, we had everything. The the the, the, the funny thing is the crop that, that Greg had started with me with all uh, you know a few hundred plants in that master bedroom with the thousand watt metal halide with the, the old tin can. You know, you had to go to the electrical supply company to get no home depots back then or anything like that. But thing ran pretty well, but hard as hell, you know, taking black trash bags, like open windows and all that crap. And then uh, Michelle's brother was coming up from South Carolina and he was a troublemaker. So what we had to do is we had to actually take all the plants because we were afraid he was just going to ruin everything or steal it anyway. He was kind of up with his family, you know, got trouble down in South Carolina. And his wife and three kids were coming up and had to stay with us. And Michelle, obviously, a brother, not going to say no, but we had to move. So we got a U-Haul trailer. We move all the plants up to uh, New York, up to the sheep dam on his friend Vern's farm, <clears throat> 400 acres. So desolate that you had to wear a piece. It's actually where I got my, uh, that weekend, I got the only tattoo I have with this four leaf clover on my left shoulder, in memory of my mother. And uh, up at the Fonda Raceway, there was a little carnival. Um, AIDS was big back then, so I actually made sure that the guy he won like 80 bucks for a tiny little poly flower. I said, I'll give you 40, make sure it's a clean needle. I want to see it in the package. So he opened a clean needle right in front of me and I put it right on and, and did it. But anyway, um, so we had to bring the plants up there. Well, Vern stole most of them by the end of the season. You know, you know, it's upstate New York, right? You know, we had to get up there early, obviously, because of the, 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 the season. And, um, by the time we get up there, because we ended up leaving like a week after Labor Day weekend of 85, I believe it was, and uh, to go out to Arizona or to go to Oregon. And uh, and uh, so anyway, 
we just harvested whatever we we could harvest, and uh, we made a bunch of brownies. That was the first time I ate edibles, and I I couldn't stand it. Oh my god, it made me sleep. I had like two brownies and slept for three days that whole weekend that I ate them. And then um, so anyway, my whole point is we end up not going to Oregon because her neck felt so good in that desert weather because of no humidity. And this woman, she didn't smoke cigarettes, but she literally was nonstop smoking grass. It's it was literally her medicine, man. She said if it wasn't for this shit. It would, and she was a very high strong woman to begin with. So we ended up down in Phoenix. I lasted about 30 days. Had a little rhyme with a, a girl, a, a husband down there and uh, on a job site, actually, <laughs> the foreman of my job site. And, uh, but anyway, um, that's my whole story about I should have gone to Oregon and I've never made it to the West Coast. They've made it as far as Phoenix. I know I just rambled. Sorry, I just got stoned. But oh, it was interesting. Right, right on, man. Uh, you know life is what happens when you're making plans yeah 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 so yeah that was awesome it was actually a cool i i I was with them for a while greg was a very interesting guy his father i think i told you the story but his father was a a smuggler had a single incestor he used to jump over the border to canada and um greg's guy i mean greg was a hick he had he was about six foot five and he was like a brick shithouse and i mean it he lived on 400 acres in a a dirt shack he house sat for the finger lake folks up there for the rich people in the winter, in the off season, um, and lived on the corner of his friend Vern's farm of the four acres, and it was where the sheep pan was. And we camped out actually at the sheep pan when we went up to do the harvest. And an amazing place, crystal clear water, um, a little maybe 15, 20 foot drop uh, after the dam into this view. It was like a little waterfall into this beautiful little lagoon. And you can see right down on the bottom and see the crayfish about 10 feet down. It was awesome. And um, you had to wear a gun. You were in the middle of nowhere. And uh, Vern, Vern was like, uh, I don't know if you remember the old uh, 7-Eleven commercials. You know what I mean, Vern? You know, with that dude, uh, Ern- yeah. Ernest. Yeah. And uh, that was his friend. His friend was like four foot eight. And he used to wear, he used to wear this, uh, carry this old 38, but a long barrel 38. And literally, he was so short that the barrel came down to his freaking knee. <laughs> and uh what a character he was but greg's got pictures his father was a ruthless ruthless man lost his mother really young i guess but 12 years old he's under the the plane wing he's got pictures of this and uh his father's there with a, a little 22 rifle and just shooting at his feet making him dance <laughs> exactly father knows best huh? right right <laughs> you know just a real ruthless smuggler man and uh I don't, even, I don't even know what happened to his dad, but, but uh, you know, I spent uh, two years with the guy and he was, he goes, I came down to Bostonville to get my, either three things I like, I, the only three things in life I love, it's my guns, my dogs, and my woman. And I came down here to Boston to get my woman. And you see, Bill, I'm going to get her. And he brought one dog with him. He lived in that shack with no running water, no electricity. Um, Imagine he, what uh, the he, drug scene was like, the, the yeah, weed scene. Lived before, off the land, yeah. Before cocaine arrived. Right, right. Okay, right. It, it was manageable. But then when you got the smugglers, the pilots, the brokers all whacked out on massive amounts of cocaine all day long, and you're trying to make sense with them, you know, come to some kind of an agreement on terms or, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, crazy. He grew weed. That's all he did was grow weed. Yeah. And uh, he, he used to have an old chase. 
Chase Lounge here, and he'd have a bottle of wild turkey with him with an old British 303 rifle. Yeah. And he'd just shoot the buck as they walked by. He had 20 dogs he had in a ditch, a huge, like, maybe 40 by 20 by 15 feet deep that they had dug out with the backhoe. And he literally, he, he, would, he would hang the carcass the, and strip it off, you know, let it cure, strip it off, feed them everything that he wasn't going to eat off the carcass. And, uh, and then um, he had one dog that he came to Boston with. He, and he, he, he burned, you know, about the rest. Him and Vern used to rent these, these shitbox $50 cars. I mean, uh, buy these shitbox $50, $100 car on a Friday night, drive around the 400 acres on all the, all, all the dirt road. And literally friggin' just beat the car until it just wouldn't drive by Sunday night. And they used to take six-inch bolts and bolt the exhaust system through the floor of the car just so it wouldn't get ripped off and they wouldn't be at least loud because Vern's parents used to get pissed off or something like that. And um, Satan got run over six times. Three times he ripped the friggin' and he lived. That's why he named him Satan, because I asked him, why'd you name him Satan? And this is the story he told him. And he goes, uh, he loved to chase that those damn cars, and he'd go for that bumper. And every time, Bill, I mean, we're in we're, we're in the, we're in the middle of nowhere, man. You know, he's like, you know, uh, I don't even know where the hell the dog where the hell the dog is. And he goes, uh, like two or three times, he said he, he ripped the six inch bolts. You know, I'm sure the floorboards were a little rotten, so it wasn't as though he freaking ripped out fresh floorboards. But but he goes, <clears throat> I and he's my favorite dog. He's the only dog I've ever seen, and I mean this, I witnessed it. The only dog I've ever seen that could. Literally eat a, a cow bone, destroy it and eat it. A cow bone. Because we know cow bones are the, the hardest bone on earth, if I'm not mistaken, still. I mean, that's what I was, I had always read. And uh, yeah, he would, and you know how a dog always leaves a little nub at the end, or, you know, there's always a piece that he, this dog would crunch it. They would go to the store, get, you know, because they, uh, Michelle bred dogs. She had boxers, English boxers and uh, Boston Terriers that she used to, uh, Carby and Phoebe. Phoebe was a mother and Carby was named after a carburetor for a bong, you know, a pipe. And, um, but uh, yeah, only dog I ever saw that could friggin. And then, uh, and then listen to this. So we live in, I, I, we were initially living in Jamaica Plain. Her parents used to, Michelle's parents would buy houses in Prospect. You know, they buy a house, um, you know, they were at Newby College, they ran the culinary and they, you know, um, only, you know, what, 10 months out of the year, they'd be around here and then, they, but they would buy a piece of property. Michelle would, would live in it for six months and then they'd try and flip it, you know? So we went from Jamaica Plain, but Jamaica Plain, Satan was so despised in the neighborhood by all the Spanish people that uh, one night Greg let him out to, you know, it was a fenced in area in the backyard. And, uh, you know, this is right down the street from the old Heffenrepper Brewery, which is now the Sam Adams Brewery on Germania Road. And, uh, <clears throat> Uh, somebody poisoned Satan because they were so afraid of because he would, you know, it was a fenced in, you know, tiny, you know, triple decker. If you know anything about, you know, it's like any downtown, you got maybe a, you know, a, a seven, to 10 foot strip in the front. It's just, you know, concrete, no lawn or anything. And, uh, and then it just, uh, you know, four foot chain link fence. So, uh, you know, I guess, you know, Satan would scare some people. He'd be out taking a leak and, you know, somebody would walk by and he'd run out and bark the shit out of him. So anyway, Somebody poisoned him. One night he came in from going to the bathroom and all of a sudden he went into having seizures and tremens. I mean, it's like insane. Just flopped on the floor and just started convulsing. So we ran him down to uh, the MSPCA and uh, they had done a, you know, they, they ran blood work and they said, well, you know, don't expect him to live or make it. You know, they said, you know, maybe overnight, maybe a day or two. But, uh, you know, 
the talk to something really bad. We don't know what he was given, but he must have drank something or ate something. And uh, so, uh, believe it or not, he lived. And I'm not kidding. He lived. He uh, he was when we when we when Greg brought him home. Michelle and Greg Greg brought him home. <clears throat> he could he had, he was blind. He couldn't hear. He was deaf. He couldn't use his hind legs. He was paralyzed. So he used to drag his legs behind him. And uh, he made it all the way out to Arizona with us. And by the time we made it to Arizona, um, he could hear real loud sounds if we clapped. Um, we believe he could start seeing shadows because, you know, Greg, this was, you know, Greg's pet. And he was insane at training dogs. He was like, you know, he was one of those guys that used to use them for hunting. And they would, he would, he, he, he could train him where he, all he'd have to do was make the slightest sound. And he would do anything, you know, whatever he was trained to do. He was an awesome dog. But yeah, and uh, he was able to just start using his hind legs again. It was, you know, obviously it was really awkward. But, uh, and then after, you know, I lasted 30 days in Arizona. They're like, well, we're going to go around to Phoenix. And I'm like, Phoenix, what the hell's in Phoenix? I got I got an interview yeah, waiting for me up in friggin' Oregon, for Christ's sake. What no, the hell are we going to Phoenix for? Sorry, no I'll shut up. Milk thistle or holy thistle is really good if your dog gets rat poisoned or, you know, otherwise poisoned. Or a holy this um, holy basil is the other one that also has that liver protective agent that and neurological protective agent that kind of stops a lot of the shittier symptoms. The neurotoxins taking hold. Yeah, right, but right. nothing works better than a holy thistle. That's that's the right. thing. If if you have the ability to keep that in your garden, it, it'll stop. You know, and it's good to have not only for your dogs, but also if you you accidentally pick the wrong mushroom when you're out foraging, um, you know, it'll keep you alive. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. 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 This is an 85. So, you know, that was a hell of a year. And I got a crazy story I can tell you about. Yeah, the, uh, house there's a guy uh, <laughs> I used to forage with up in Colorado, and he used to teach that different antidotes for it too. But the most common one is just your Canadian milk thistle or your your holy thistle. And the, the, while it might make you vomit, it's not particularly easy on your stomach. It's uh, got a lot of liver protective agents in it and neurological protective agents. Low to poison the dog, I have to be honest. We had that happen. Whatever you think about the dog, it's just oh man. We had that happen in Jamaica. They killed five of our dogs uh, trying to break into a facility because they had to get through them to get to that. And by the time that that, you know, uh, we noticed the dogs going off, that um, you know, it was too late, they'd already been poisoned. But um, you know, humans noticed there's more to that story that I can't tell. Let's just say that uh, justice was done. How about that? There was the, um, uh, the holy basil plant. One of the key components which makes it um, not too desirable for cooking is the uh, uber levels of camphor. So unless you enjoy eating mothballs, um, but that's the one. I'm sure that has a lot to do with the. Uh, Arresting the uh, the poisons is the camphor and the other uh, terpenoids and terpenes. Remember, that's the forerunner of all of all, it's like the wolf is to the domesticated dog. The holy, uh, excuse me, the Tulsi uh, basil is that to the entire world of basils. So, um, if you know anything about Thai cooking. You know how that basil is purple and it's really, really strong? Okay, that's a 
diluted version of the Indian Tulsi. So if you don't like that flavor, which is the one that you're not liking, I'm positive is camper, then you really don't want to eat <laughs> the, 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 the head of the tribe, if you will. But it sure makes a really good, what do you call it? Uh, pesticide tea. You grow some Tulsi uh, and then you uh, puree it, mix it with water and then uh, apply it to your plants. Really, really good uh, pesticide. And there's like three varieties, four varieties. There's uh, Krishna, Vishnu, uh, Rama, and uh, I can't remember the other one. Just straight coop or mixed with any other, you know, any, you know, garlic or uh, No, I mean, I would mix it with or, a saponin and make um, it stick. Coriander you know, or. You can, right, yeah. Right, right. Those yeah, are just all mixed. Agent. Yeah, yeah, just I a mean, wedding agent. Yeah. Yeah. Got you. I know it sounds weird and I don't understand how these things happen, but uh, rosemary and lavender are part of the mint family. Yeah, yeah but they, they grow some of that. Rosemary in, puzzles me. Greenway in downtown Boston, that they actually grow that. They grow yeah. uh, four varieties of basil, but it's right at the north end, the very end where they do this. Right. Some raised beds. And they've been, uh, yeah, they've uh, blooming out some beautiful You basil, can get the seeds. Oregano. Uh, but, um, uh, yeah. You can get all the, the four uh, cultivars of uh, holy basil uh, from uh, strictly medicinal seeds in Williams, Oregon. And they're, they're one of the biggest uh, distributors of uh, uh, medicinal seeds. He's collected them all around. He went met with shamans and holy men. And all that. I have quite What's a that? few seeds in my collection, my, my general non-cannabis seed collection from Strictly Medicinal. They're, they're yeah, they're, they're, they are. They're really good people. And they're, they're the ones that are the biggest distributors of uh, the Bocking 14 uh, Comfrey. The, uh, the one that's sterile. And I didn't bring that up last night in your show, but think about this. So the Bocking series, the name came from a gentleman. You can get the, his, his book is still published. It's called uh, Comfrey, Past, Present, and Future. And he's the one that figured out how to create this series of sterile because Bocking, I mean, uh, uh, Comfrey is so goddamn invasive. For decades, it was illegal in many countries to import them. Uh, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. So he was on Bocking Road, his nursery. And so he numbered them, Bocking 1, Bocking 2, Bocking 3. And he shipped them all around the world to people who had agreed to test it. In fact, one of the testing stations was right here about four miles from where I live. in. Uh, in uh, Canby, Oregon. And the one that was settled on was the number 14, Bocking 14. But that's where the name comes from, is the road that it was the nursery was on. And that particular cultivar, 14, was the one that produced the largest amount of biomass, the strongest root system, you know, going on and on and on. But anyway, that's the Bible. If you want to grow comfrey, you want to know everything there is to know about it, that's the book. And you can find it for free, open source, if you look around hard enough. Now, if you knew this or not, but comfrey can move roots into the soil system 
three times the depth of a fruit tree. So you're talking like 18, 20 feet. And so once you plant a comfrey cutting, it owns it. You're oh, never going to get it yeah. out of it. So, so really choose carefully <laughs> where you want to put it. That's all I'm saying. And don't attack it. You can do all kinds of stuff. You can put a cardboard box over the comfrey and it'll just pop up in another place. Yes. You know, like you can literally try to kill it like you do other plants, but it's got such a deep taproot that it's just like, okay, we'll just find another place. Or the dumbest thing you do is hit it with a uh, roto rooter. All right. And then you got 15 different comfreys instead of one. Yeah. Yeah. It's like mowing a, 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 where the, uh, Red ants down Florida, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd mow over a freaking anthill and then the next day you'd have like 20 of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, that's like the little fucking boric acid. Fire, fire ants. The little yeah, plantains that I have when you. Oh, good, Steve. The boric acid will wipe them out. Yeah. Boric acid. We, we use that in the house. You mix it with sugar. Yep. And then water and then uh, cotton balls. You put them on a piece of. Uh, Wax paper and put them all on the counter. The corners and shit. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Because the uh, insects have an incredible sensitivity to boron, and humans do not. Um, you know what else has a real sensitivity to boron? Yet, I believe it was calcium. If you don't have the right amount of boron in the soil, your plant can't take up calcium. I learned that stuff. Well, boron does affect the calcium. I know. I know. I know. So is strontium, but that's I all. Know. We can really jump down a bunch of rabbit holes if you want to. I know. <laughs> I just, yeah, I got it. I, and magnesium, you know, the ratio of calcium to magnesium is important. See, I well. know about that because my side job is I'm Captain, Captain Calmag. Damn cool. I wish I could, like, give you, I want, I have a strain that yeah, literally smells like blueberries. No. If I never smoke another goddamn strain that tastes like DJ Short's blueberry. I don't think it's like his blueberry. It's a it's a blueberry cross to a bubba. It's interesting. Like a repubba bubba? Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> Sorry. <Like> a... <laughs> yeah, one of those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, blueberry okay. is one of I the most say... popular terpenes, honestly, uh, anywhere in cannabis. I want to say that basically it's probably... Uh. Arguably, it is the most popular because blueberry. people always talk about OG this, OG that, but people will cross the room, they'll cross the street, they'll cross town for a really tasty sounding blueberry. Uh, a lot of times folks are a little bit disappointed for one reason or another, but really? I want to say it's one of the very most really? popular. Well, oh. it's an unstable. It's the people are disappointed for a variety of reasons. Yeah. One, growers are often terrible or they're yeah. just lying because the name blueberry post sounds good. I mean, everybody oh. likes blueberries. Uh, they're, they're cute. See, they're adorable. You know what I mean? Everyone likes them. Steve, Steve me. Hold on. Hold on. So they're the best blueberry line that I'm currently aware of. And this is how I realized when I was work, talking to Dragonfly how long I've known them. So every fall in Philadelphia, oh man, I should be careful what What's I say. Philadelphia, Anyways, we happen to know the same person that was growing the blueberry in yeah. northern Philadelphia um, through an interview. It wasn't them, but there's a, this group of three women that have been growing, it's probably the, the most I can say on this without getting myself into trouble. There's a group of three women somewhere in some place 
that have incredible skill in growing this blueberry line. And I know for a fact has been around for at least 15 or 20 years because I've smoked it that long. Mm. Uh, and friends of mine have smoked it that long on the East Coast uh, uh, in Pennsylvania. Goes back more than, goes that, back more than that. Right. Normally. But, but that particular <laughs> line is very stable. And I don't think the blueberry line is as unstable as it's traditionally been taught in mm. uh, word of mouth. Well, culture. yeah, but you got to look at there were two releases by Mr. Short himself. So you can't lay it on. I mean, I granted, this is a horse business. Let's just be honest here. Uh, there's no integrity about keeping somebody's work intact. Fuck, that went away 50 years ago. But DJ himself, he released a uh, blueberry like in the late 80s because I have a side branch of it called Velvet Rush. His name, not mine. His Velvet name. Velvet Rush. Okay. Wow. And it was all from the Highland Ties varieties, which is a geographical designation, not a uh, not a, a discussion about quality through the lowlands or the highlands, but just a, it's a geographical designation in, in Thai. But then there was another release. So to say things got confused would be an understatement, not to mention the fact that anybody that got a sativa that had any kind of fruit flavor to it here in Oregon, it was a blueberry. Because Fumador is right. If you had said it had blueberry in it, you were guaranteed sales. Very, very much so. I mean, again, we go back to the silliness about brand names, and it doesn't mean a fucking thing. If you want that kind of flavor, get a Thai strain. They'll give you all the, the, the fruit flavors you want, and then some. Yeah, I don't know. This is... I haven't had a real like berry smelling plant. Oh, they loaded. I mean, they loaded it up around here in in uh, the Willamette Valley because that's where. Here's the story. And this is his <laughs> book, not me. This is his book, short, his biography. He came out to Oregon to visit friends. He was living in Detroit. He got here and he wanted to smoke some weed. And his buddies that lived here said, "Do you want the green or the brown?" He goes, "What do you mean the green?" So anyway, that was his introduction to, you know, uh, not shit Colombian import stuff and stuff that was grown here in Oregon. And then so he stayed here and then the rest is history. That's his story. Or I mean, that's his uh, book, autobiography. So, I mean, everything here for for years was blueberry this, blueberry. No, yeah. this is a special blueberry. No, really. Then you had really good seeds, like from uh, Steve's friend, uh, Breeder, Breeder Steve. He had this sweet pink grapefruit, sweet tooth. Um, I want to get some sweet tooth. I don't remember. I, I don't remember. All I know is that they were he always held in high regard. You know, people, oh, well, I, I've got the sweet pink grapefruit. Oh, okay. So there you go. Hmm. Yeah, I would like to get sweet, uh, sweet tooth. Well, bit, yeah, that would be a wonderful strain. I mean, the guy knows what he's doing. I don't want to go out of here. But... 
lot of that sweet pink grapefruit style uh, in the the Ruby Jack. I haven't had a chance to share it with Coot yet, uh, but the the uh, um, I guess parent stock to the Black Prince Ruby Thousand One Nights that I bred uh, was uh, uh, heavily grapefruit. Uh, I want to say maybe between yeah. like. 20 to 25 percent strawberry came out maybe literally up to five percent lemon and the rest was basically some version of mostly sweet grapefruit and for the longest time i thought it had a sweet pink or a ruby red i think it was i thought it was basically a cross or a hybrid of one of uh, breeder steve's uh, grapefruit strains Uh, but then i was looking it up a little bit and talked to the original breeder my friend uh uh, Stevie, who bred the the ruby jacket I'm talking about, and it wasn't the sweet pink grapefruit, but it was another breeder, Steve Strain. It was Shishkaberry, basically that he oh, bred yeah, into yeah, the, yeah. the ruby jacket. So it just kind of cracks yeah. me up how no matter what yeah. we're talking about, we're talking about somebody that we know or one of the yeah. strains. Like every one of these touches each other, and it's, it's kind of a funny thing. It is a little bit like the Habsburgs. I was joking about. Do uh, you know about the Habsburgs that ran the the Holy Roman Empire? And had right, the Habsburg right. lip. They yeah. were like inbred to a freaking. Yeah. Basically, they were all brothers and sisters, pretty much. They were more inbred than some of the pharaohs were, uh, even yeah, though the wow. pharaohs, in some cases, yeah, married yeah. brothers and sisters. These people, even though and they married brothers and sisters, they basically were more inbred than those guys named pharaohs. And, and mothers. Uh, I mean, yeah. Thankfully, they didn't. Well, the Egypt, the Egyptians, yeah. Yeah, Jesus. yeah. That's what I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah, I mean, it was like. Took incest to a whole new level. It's a game the whole family can play. Yeah, Jesus Christ, man. And did. Yeah, right. Um, what was I freaking talking about? Uh, I don't know. It is kind of funny, though. We talk about this all the time, that the, the, the weed is so um, uh, uh, inbred, basically. Inbred, it's for yeah. lack of a better term. Honestly, it's just inbred. And it there's is. very little variety, honestly. So it makes you wonder, what will that variety look like once we un- uh, unfuck the cluster. You okay, know? you had to leave early last night, but uh, Steve's guest on last night, Mids, is that how he goes by? Sungrown Mids, we, yeah. We okay, we got to, I I, 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 I brought up intentionally because I knew that uh, I could just tell this guy's very educated and experienced. Right. So I said, hey, what about that, uh, the original Kush, the OG Kush, Larry's Cut, and 818? And he kind of rolled his eyes. I said, yeah, talk about a genetic train wreck. I mean, 18 bamboo sticks to hold up one goddamn plant. That doesn't tell you much. And he was just laughing because he knew exactly what I was talking about. A genetic train wreck. Completely. Um, Speaking of train wreck. (laughs) I have a couple. Yeah, I have a couple of the gorilla cookies. Uh, which is gorilla like has a little bit of train wreck in it, which is just saying that we leaning a little bit more towards that train wreck side look was. I know oh, your absolute favorite highs. I've said that before on the show. Uh, I think Have it cuts ever- through everything. I think it uh, uh, rings like a bell. I think it's honest to God stronger than OG. How old everyone is it? always think is uh, OG train wreck. Uh, Thirty years, uh, I want to say. At least, I think, I think that's least. kind of a, some of the problems that come along with the overly manicured strains. It's one of the reasons why I like the blue hash line that I've been working for so long, is because that it can stand up on its own in a field, take thirty-five mile an hour winds, and still support the nugs on it. Right, like it's not mm-hmm. going to snap on you. Right, like people don't breed stuff for having that thicker stock and that that better water flow. Right, people kind of underestimate like. Yeah, there's a, um, a stock diameter and stock size is very much important to 
how much that plant can pump nutrients into it. If you right. want fat nugs yeah. and you want really good terpenes and, and cannabinoids and all the rest, yeah. the plant has to be able to, you know, have large enough xylem and phloem to fully facilitate that. And how do you do that? Well, yeah. you have good genetics that, that facilitate that, but you also have good airflow. And mm -hmm. people underestimate if that plant's not wiggling the same way you have like a nice, you know, gender of your choice wiggling in front of you. You want the same thing with your plant, right? Like right. you want to have it wiggling and, and changing because if it's wiggling, it's trying to strengthen itself. So it stops wiggling and that will create a larger diameter xylem and phloem on that plant. Not yeah. violently, but gentle. Yeah. I think that's the, the key is adjusting yeah. your airflow so that it's gently wiggling and not violently wiggling so that you get that steady growth on those and if you have that dialed in right you will get that full um you know proper diameter of those xylem and phloem and really get that proper growth and, and you know vigor that you're looking for in your plants yeah hides off that always fast has been. yeah it'll hide not twice as fast you know the scene Duber pulled out his stuff from his scrog and he was like, oh, this is what it would do if it didn't have the scrog nets. And it was like, <laughs> just fold it on itself. I have one down there. Shit, what day are we? We're the first now. So I'm 31 days into flower and it's already like <laughs> wanting to start falling on itself. Well, the idea that sativa somehow are. Let me rephrase this. Working with seeds right straight from Thailand in the summer of 77, uh, there was no staking necessary. And they were well over 13, 14, 15 feet tall. But they hadn't been fucked with. They hadn't been fixed by Bob. Yeah, the, Bob uh, did they top them or would they just let them go, right? Yeah, we didn't know what we were doing. There wasn't any newts. There wasn't a grocery store. Yeah, like, I, I, you have to mean, remember, like, did you like, train at all? A lot of the stuff that you like. So, so, when, when did you start growing cannabis really as a, a major scale? Like the last five years, ten years, right? Like major no. scale. Oh, you. I'm sorry. Excuse me. I mean, I've done gorilla growing my whole life. No, but what I'm saying is, a lot of the methods and techniques that we all kind of almost take for granted today weren't even around three to five years ago as far as the general understanding of most growers. So yeah. I, we're, we're almost spoiled in our current state of understanding because we have a very good and much more quantified understanding of what's going on with the plant versus even two years ago, right? Sure. So okay. we, we got to remember that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just beginning. I mean, I'm not even sure. Well, first of all, there wasn't any Home Depots. It wasn't any Lowe's. <laughs> there was uh, your neighbor uh, nursery, you know, where they sold, where your parents went and bought stuff, you know. Yeah. But there was no understanding. There wasn't any maxi crop. There wasn't any, you know, fish bone meal. I mean, nothing. Yeah. I mean, we you were out we there. It was you and the sun. Yeah. And we water. If we, would, we were lucky. If we How would. do you think I used to go to the ocean? Yeah. The, our question in chat is, is um, how long should I ferment rice hulls for in a lactobacillus fermentation? Um, I would do anywhere from eight to 14 days, depending on the temperature mm -hmm. that you're doing your fermentation to fully break that down. I think longer than that, you're not going to get much. There's better. a lot of lignin in that. So, yeah. 
Yeah. That's a good thing. I'm not, you know, I'm just saying that that would seem to be the most difficult of all the uh, compounds in, in the material would be the lignin, polysaccharides, and what have you. Um, I would treat it more like a, a blue labs or something that's more more plant centric that, that I can is trying to unlock that lignin content um, mm -hmm. or uh, or otherwise a uh, cellulose bound content. I'm trying to think of. I can't wait to start using lacto. I'm gonna hopefully, Steve. I can build a bed and I'm gonna inoculate it before like doing anything with lactose and stuff. That's like the goal for this. Like, keep a single culture, like a half gallon, a quarter gallon, going in your fridge that you can like okay. just have an infinite as like a backup supply once yeah. you get your main culture mixed, and then just do like four or five gallon batches or two gallon batches or whatever makes sense for your scale at a time or one gallon batches, but you know, I, I don't know how much you're producing, but whatever makes sense for you to utilize within, you know, a week or two. Yeah. I think this little, the next run with the apple fritter is going to be like uh <laughs> one gallon pots. Like <laughs> I'm going to fill the whole five, like as soon as I'm done with this garden right now, the 12 plants that are down there, I'm going to harvest them dry, get them drying. And then, with the apple fritter, I'm, I'm just going to get a bunch of clones, uh, put them all in one gallon, maybe veg them for a week or two after they rooted and flip them all just like 12, 12 inches, maybe tall, just so I have like a whole garden full of apple fritter um, and, and just to harvest, to have that coming while things are drying and stuff. You know what I mean? So it's a quick flip on that because I'm going to keep it around, too. That's going to be I'm trying to keep a mother for the first time I'll, like i mean i've kept yeah, that's the first thing you've kept. It's gonna be fun. you're gonna see how, yeah. how interesting you're gonna get to know it and stuff it's gonna grow a little bit different over time every single run is gonna be a little tiny bit different and you'll get to know like oh i did this i mean obviously if you take notes you like have a better chance of knowing what you did and so you'll be like oh this is really good this time what did i do or you'll be like oh man this is this is not good enough this time like what did i do is like something is wrong what the fuck did i do and you look it up you're like oh i watered one day extra or I watered it could be something simple you know and that's that's when the real growing knowledge I want to say uh, starts to happen when you realize like just little tiny who knows what it is little tiny things that you could have done differently at a different grow and it wouldn't have made a difference but you learn to know okay I just I slightly overwatered and that's what happened basically the last grow I killed it this grow I watered a little too much you know what wouldn't you know what I slightly overwatered or whatever the case may be I don't even know but you know, it's, yeah. it's fun to have plants for a long time. You get to know a lot more about it. Yeah, this is going to be like, that. I've always been a seed right? popper. Try that, cool. <laughs> well, cool. I've always <laughs> like, I don't know. I, even my uncle didn't really keep shit, like, unless he was making seeds. And what he would keep was little sticks, like 12 inches tall, make the seeds pollinated and get it done and cut it down. Um, we. I don't know. It was it was illegal over here, and we were kind of scared. I was scared, at least. We did a lot of things in the woods. You know what I mean? Like we take a hike out into like, let's say a mountain side. We had a spots, and we do fifty, maybe a hundred plants in a couple plots. Something like that. Uh, it was up. a smash. That's basically why so many people lie about so many of these strains. I mean, I guess they lie about it for 
money more than anything else really but uh it was challenging to to be a seed breeder you know all these people that were seed breeders 20 30 years ago like breeder steve and all these folks that have had cultivars for all these years and didn't get popped didn't get arrested and didn't get their or did get their gardens ripped apart and then had to rebuild mm-hmm. it from then like it was a big deal you know a lot of those people were risking their whole family life and their their, their house and you know like everything you freaking name it right um so it was how do i say this very very challenging to have one of those libraries and very easy to lose them for a variety of reasons i mean fuck you could just leave town one day and forget and come back and your plants are all dead because you forgot to fucking water them or something maybe you're synthetic (laughs) grower or whatever and then what are you gonna do um so how do i put this a lot of people just basically fabricated whole stories or fabricated parts of stories or whatever else you know so it's, it's interesting to look back on it, you know, and interesting to hear Coot talk about stuff like that. And then you, you kind of visualize and it removes some of the sheen of these bullshit stories that, that some of us have been, I don't know, all of us have been told, uh, honestly. Uh, I just want to say, uh, rest in peace, Betty White. Right. Fucking yeah. original she almost made it to 100, but not quite. Like, oh. just fucking missed it by three weeks. Mm-hmm. Really sucks. What a great human being. Mm-hmm. In so many ways. Yeah. I didn't finish saying this earlier in the show. So she had this. uh, Cheers. Happy New Year's, folks. Uh, But in honor of the freaking New Year's, we'll talk about Betty White for a second. Uh, So she had that show that I was talking about in the 60s. It was like a a variety show. I want to say it was. uh, I've only seen like a couple episodes because that was before my time, frankly. But uh, I've seen a couple of uh, reruns. And uh, she was a good host. She was really congenial and really amusing and and interesting and stuff. People liked her. But here's the thing that I was going to say. Uh, she was one of the first people to actually allow black uh, musicians yes. and actors on the show. Yes. So she famously had a black musician on the show. Wouldn't you know it? The fucking Arkansans were fucking pissed off. Bumblefuck yeah. freaking uh, uh, yeah. Joe Bob and Jethro were pissed off and they were threatening to boycott her show. So she was like, well, you go ahead and do that. And she had the guy on twice as much. So she so you basically yeah. have a standing invitation to come on here. He's a personal friend of mine. Y'all can go fuck yourselves. And that's better. Yeah, yeah she was. Uh, she. She did her action and she spoke her beliefs through her actions. Mm-hmm. You know, talks cheap. And when she got criticized, she had the gentleman back on more. And uh yeah, a lot of people don't understand how radical it was in the 60s. Big deal. That was before uh, MLK. Yeah, it was, stuff. I mean, I you know, I had friends whose parents they'd get up and turn the channel if an African American came on. Say Sammy Davis okay. Jr. or Nat King Cole or something. My mom used to do that if a gay person came on TV. And oh, that was in the 90s. Like, this is not even long yeah, ago. Yeah, but Alan. Yeah. Yeah, but Alan. I said that earlier on the show. My mom used to rail against Ellen and for mm-hmm. no fucking reason. Why? Well, she was a bitch. I, we find out. Well, well we find out now that she was, but that's for different <laughs> reasons. You could hate, you could hate people for different reasons. Like she's just terrible to her employees. Her but back then, asshole, she was supposed to be nice, and she came out. Yeah, she came she out. She was supposed to be like the nicest person, and like she was like the poster child, right? You know, yeah. well, it was an act. You know. When you think of all the characters, uh, that I think of Martha Betty Stewart. White. She went to jail too. Apparently, Martha Stewart's actually all right. She's just stuck up, but she's Sorry, evidently not too bad. Oh, Martha Stewart, all she has is first world problems. Right. Yeah, so let's get on it. Betty- Which caviar shall I use? Yeah, but Betty White, I mean, look at some of the characters. Uh, uh, Nylon. Uh, what was it? Rose, Rose not Rose. Uh, where she worked for the uh, TV station. 
Lou Grant and that whole thing. Mary Tyler yeah. Moore show. I can't remember oh, okay. her first name. And then she had uh, Rose Nyland, uh, the wackadoodle, you know, from Minnesota and that whole. Yeah. Uh, and then she went on to play like uh, Hot in Baltimore, Hot in Cleveland. That was a great series, man. I mean, yeah. she had it all. She What a, what a life. I mean, oh, and really a big, strong yeah. animal atmos- uh, activist. You know, oh, yeah, a huge animal activist, but she did an interview on the 28th just saying how happy and healthy she was for her age and how she was internally grateful that she could you know, enjoy her, her late years. And, yeah, you know, honest to God, if you can go out that way and go out in your sleep, I think that's about as good as all of us could hope for. That's yeah. right. Yeah. She said her, her mother was an eternal optimist and it's, she instilled it. She goes, I never thought that my whole life and I just can never see the negative in anything. I got to see that the good in everything. And she goes, uh, that's part of, uh, you know, what she, she attributed to her long life is her longevity. So, so on a separate note, has anyone checked on Ozzy and Keith Richards? <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne? Yeah. Do you, uh, do you realize he has a genetic mutation that makes him more immune to drug abuse than most humans, right? He has right. A, there's a whole syndrome named after, a genetic syndrome named after him for that reason. You know, I'm not even making that up. I'm dead serious. It's 100% true. It is actually, it's true. Um, Can you imagine being the guys like partying with Ozzy and you're like, Ozzy, why aren't you fucking high yet? Yeah, yeah. They've got like a table filled with everything. They're rock star. Like the only people in the world that could discover this are basically like Pablo Escobar and Ozzy Osbourne, pretty much. The only people that have that much access to drugs. They're like, fuck, he cannot get high. That's when he went off the deep end. He said they, they really went off the deep end after, you know, Rhodes died in that, that bus accident mm-hmm. on the tour. What was it, back in 82 or something, or 84? Mm-hmm. You know, they were best friends and, and ended up dying, and they were goofing around, you know, probably high as a kite. And uh, I can't remember what kind of plane it was, but they were, like, following the bus or something, and then something happened, and they had smashed the back of the bus. Mm-hmm. Well, my generation had David Crosby. We suffer, oh, we God, suffered yeah. enough. Hey, listen, <laughs> it's funny you say that, Coop, because, you know, he used to play BU when he was really in the down and outs, man. I know. He used to play, he used to play you know, BU, this, this uh, you know, uh, fraternity used to hire him literally for, for, for dog shit, dog shit money. And he and his wife were living in the van in the back of their freaking, the yeah. back of their van. And after the show, no joke, he'd be asking, where can we go get the crack? Yeah. That's all he cared about. Like, where can we go get the crack? In fact, Stephen Stills, I think it was Stephen Stills or Graham Nash saying, back in the studio, back in the, in the seventies, that they knew it was over when he had put his crack pipe up on one of the, uh, one of the cabinets and it, it fell over or, he, you know, he knocked it and he dropped, uh, his instrument and in, to save the pipe. And he said that that was the, the moment I knew, uh, he had gone over the edge and it wasn't about the music anymore. Right. God love him. I mean, he got a liver transplant. I mean, they I've I've seen them so many times. They used to play the common. I've seen him with Neil Young. I've seen him without Neil Young. Uh, you know, just CSNN. And uh yeah, like they were one of time, my favorite groups growing up. This was at the LA Forum, a really big venue. It's where the Lakers uh, used to play and whatever. Uh Joe Cocker walks out on stage. The the opening band had already finished, right? And so now we're we're going to transition over, and here comes Joe Cocker. He walks out on the stage and he vomits, and uh, a couple of his roadies come out and get him and walk him off the stage, and that was the end of the concert. Hey, that was fun. 
get to watch uh, some Brit who yep. drank too much, throw up on stage. Yeah, good stuff, man. Show's over. There was somebody else I saw back in the late seventies, early early eighties. They they did something. They pulled something like that. Yeah, I can't just, remember yeah. who the hell it was. Yeah, like you know, they they couldn't even so, play. Hey, listen, I'll tell you a little story about. Tyler, real quick about Aerosmith. You guys want to hear it? It'll, it'll take a, a minute. I promise I won't go to Cleveland. But uh, my first uh, wife that I was with for ten years, you know, she was one that passed away. She worked for Rolling Stone magazine, freelance photographer for over thirty years, and all that shit. But anyway, she told me the story that when you know, because she's the the way she she ended up meeting Tyler was when they were playing playing Brandeis and in Bentley and all the local colleges around Boston because they didn't make it in Boston. They actually couldn't sell out a friggin' two hundred and fifty seat dive club but they could go out to again midwest and sell out a fifteen thousand seat arena you know what i mean and uh so anyway um she said that uh so she she was living in walpole at the time they were playing the cape cod coliseum which is no longer there i used to see a lot of shit there great place but um al smith was playing cape cod coliseum and she got a phone call this is about six o'clock at night um and she was with this guy that um this biker that they used to run uh, guns over the border to Canada and get the synthetic quaalude, you know, this is the uh, mid seventies, you know, mid to late seventies, I think it was. And uh, so anyway, um, and sell coke. So all of a sudden they get a call at about six o'clock and um, it's the manager, it's the manager, Alice's manager going, you got to get down here. Uh, Stephen can't get off the couch. He's in the green room. You can't get him on stage. He just, he's just out of his tits, you know, um, whether he's drunk or on dope, I'm sure it was dope or a combination of both. He loved his jacket. Oh, that, that was his drink. But um, so she rushes down there and they get down there from Walpole <clears throat> to Cape Cod, you know, at least an hour and a half, two hour ride, depending on traffic. And um, even back then. So they get there and this Stephen, he can't even freaking move. He's just laid out on the couch. Uh, there's a, a little puddle of puke on the floor next to him. He's on his stomach. They, they, uh, they, they roll him over. They put a couple of lines on a freaking mirror and they literally had to lift his head up and stick the, the, the nose up his nostril and say, all right, Stephen, now. And then, they, you know, I guess it took a couple of times and he kind of woke up, and realized, stiff now. And after, you know, about a half an hour, they finally got him on the stage. But in, in between, not, not just in between the songs, but during the songs, he would run side stage to do lines off the cabinet. They had to keep him going the whole show. He was that fucked up. I mean, they couldn't believe that he actually made it through the show. A couple times vomiting too on the side of the stage, you know, come off side stage and puke, mm-hmm. but you know, yeah, yeah, just freaking those. Not exactly the summer you know love, is it? Well, you know what's Toxic super weird about it? So, so another name for quaaludes sure. is methaquilone. And metha- first off, the synthesis for methaquilone is not that complicated. Like anyone that has like a even extremely basic level of chemistry, it's like DMT, right? Like it's really basic bullshit if you have the right ingredients. Um, but what's also interesting is, is that methaquilone was weaponized in South Africa. The South African government for a while under a project called um, uh, Project Coast was manufacturing methaquilone in ludicrous quantities, like industrial scale quantities, and, and distributing it to the general population of Southern Africa or South Africa. Um, in order to intoxicate the masses to fight the um, the uprising during the apartheid uh, uh, stuff, so it, that drug has a really fucked up history, much much beyond crazy. Um, yeah, and there's a really interesting interview on um, uh, Hamilton's pharmacopoeia. He actually has a Patreon now, 
Um, but he has an interview with one of the original Mathakwalo cooks for the government of South Africa. And it was really fucking creepy to hear oh, about, man. you know, what that they were interesting for. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. But, I mean, look but what they, they used to literally are, get trash bag bulls. Well, and it, it was guns. It, it hasn't really bags. talked about much in the United States about, you know, how they were manufacturing LSD, methaquilone, DMT, and a couple of other drugs in industrial scales to basically drug everybody so that they wouldn't fight them. You know, if they're too fucked up, they're not going to go to protests. You know, and that was their whole idea. Make it cheap and free. You know, make it ultra yeah, cheap and flood the streets. Never yeah, get into it. And people Thank don't God. talk about that because it's kind of an ugly side of the history of yeah. of things we all enjoy. But it's something that happened, and it very much is. You know, I went the other direction. Aren't back always in the 70s. used for black the side beauties of and yellow jackets. Yeah, they can be used for the side of evil, and and we need to make sure that the people that are doing this stuff are actually people that have good ethics and not people that don't have good ethics. It's kind of my point. Well, especially in the age of legalizing a lot of these types of, uh, of, um, you know, psychedelic drugs and and treatments and therapies, we need to make sure that we we actually have some control over who the hell is getting licenses for this because people can abuse this and do serious damage. Oh, they're abusing it right now, even with simple shit like Delta Eight. That's a wholly uh, different. That's a whole different. You know, no, it what goes Steve's talking all. about is like for Oregon uh, voting. This was not done by the legislature. This was a uh, ballot initiative to allow uh, psilocybin research. Now, who's going to get those licenses? Where's the quality control come in? Those are the you know, like what? Uh, yeah, that's what I'm. I'm just saying that that their same problems are in. Well, like, admit uh, Steve's guest last night, Miz was talking about um, he may what Guardian was the uh, was it a pesticide or fungicide? The product called the Guardian. Guardian is a pesticide and had avermectin in it. Yeah. Okay, right, all right, but that being just an example. I can't even begin to imagine what somebody might try to pull as far as growing uh, uh, psilocybin mushrooms. Because you go on a lot of these uh, websites that are supposedly, you know, mycology based. There were the cannabis boards were 15 years ago. No, but I think it's different, though, because you don't have insects and other things. You have molds that can infect it. Well, yeah. It's yeah. it's blatantly obvious once you have an infection because the my you know the mycelium like it's right the mycelium kind of highlight that something's wrong yeah right? no shit yeah uh, or they'll throw the other the dreaded sign. green dragon well not <laughs> yeah. only that so 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 say you're a complete noob right it's your first right. or second grow you have no idea if you're suddenly getting much larger uh, mushrooms off your flush than you you normally have been historically. Right. Yeah. That's a good sign there's some other um, yeah. uh, contaminant infecting that bed. See, here's the mistake yeah. I made initially. I tried to bring over whatever skill set I have from soil into this substrate. And can you imagine the amount of problems you bring, you invite in when you're bringing in, well, you know, a, a, soil, a soil mix. I mean, to say it was challenging would be an understatement. So, 
Well, and it's not entirely that. So you kind of have two takes on that. So you, on the one hand, you have like, I'm trying to grow XYZ mushroom for the cult, you know, commercial right. production of XYZ biomass of XYZ mushroom. And we'll leave that to one's interpretation. The other one is, hey, I have plants or hugel beds or some other form of gardening, and I'm trying to supplementarily um, grow mushrooms on right. these existing things right. that I'm trying to do in another, in another right. form. Those are kind of almost two different types. No, of you're right. Targets. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. The farm you worked at that had the mushrooms for CO2 was really interesting. Yeah, turtle. That, so that was Turtle Island Farms in Longmont. And it's a good friend of mine, Nick Arnold. He actually lives out in uh, the western slope of Colorado. Last last time I talked to him. What, what's interesting about that term, Turtle Island, I think I sent you a link on it. It has to do with native uh, tribal, because there's a Turtle Island Foods here in Portland, well, not in Portland, but on the Columbia River, where they're, they're the ones responsible for the what has to be the worst slap in the face to any meat eater, tofurkey. Uh, I mean, are you kidding me? Tofurkey. I heard that was good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so they make this okay, stuff Anyone that tofurkey. told you that was like, a liar. I'm just messing with you. Really, really fucked up on drugs. Yes. We're talking meth. Tur right. Tofurkey tastes horrible. horrible. I, I've had multiple vegan girlfriends try to. Oh, yeah. Them. I don't even know that I really like tofu. Nobody does. Yeah, I'm not like, a fan. Never yeah, have been. Tofu can be cooked right and oh, right. properly, but yes. it, it takes someone that knows regular knows what they're doing. Season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that <laughs> wouldn't be me. I mean, when I go have it in you fry anything in butter or Chinese restaurants. The trick. Okay, so this yeah. is the secret to, to, to tofu. If you want to cook tofu, you got to cook it. Look up whatever recipe you would normally cook, like a giant portobello cap. Yeah. And use that for your temperature and your time. Gotcha. And, and, and copy that and you won't fuck it up. Like that is a, a trick that a, a vegan friend of mine taught me. And it's it's almost identical in terms of temperature. And like also, if you put it in a tofu press and get rid of the excess water, you can get a more meat-like texture, like chicken, yep. chicken nuggets, that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, I did. A, I bought a, a goddamn soy milk maker, and then oh, the wood, the wood frames with the uh, uh, gypsum to coagulate so, it. I made my own tofu, and it was really horrible. I mean, so the uh, one thing. The one thing I will say that is a good thing for the cannabis market down the vegan recipe space, and this is something that I advise anyone that's trying to get into the space to, to take this and, and modify it to your own local um, flavoring uh, preferences. Yeah. Uh, uh, vegan cheese can be infused with cannabis. You cannot do dairy that's cow-based, but you can do bean-based or lentil-based uh, lactobacillus yeah. cheese production um, that you can then infuse that is completely legal under U.S. standards uh, for infused and, cheese. For, and for they add yeast, uh, brewer's yeast, because that'll give you a Parmesan-like flavor you know, to enhance that the cheese uh, experience. That's one of the things that I learned uh, 
group what's called brewer's yeast, selling health foods. It's not the type you make bread with. And, and vegan cheese, if you make it right, you cannot, you know, I can put a blindfold on anybody, you won't tell the difference. Right. As long as I season it the same way, you right. will not tell the difference. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's lactobacillus just concentrating the fat. doesn't matter if it's plant-based or, or animal-based fat. Welcome, Christoph. What the fuck? My whole chat just, like, my whole screen just went down. Including, like, uh, Christoph. Bonjour. How you doing? Bonsoir. Bonsoir, la team. Good evening, the team. Good evening, buddy. <coughs> big force. Yeah, nickel, big force. Merci. Yeah, man. Thank you. Comment vas-tu, mon ami? Uh, yeah, va bien. I don't know. It's going. We're drinking. I was just about to say, I'm about to uh, pop open the um, last nice beer of the year and first nice beer of next year. Uh, this is going to be Freem, a barrel-aged bourbon barrel imperial stout. So, you know, finish the year on a high note, uh, start the new year on a high note, maybe. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I don't know. Otherwise, yeah, I think it's going to be, man, these guys haven't let me down once. Everything has been stunning. These guys are actually from uh, Hood River. Where they yeah. Oh, here's the, the story of, I was just talking about this to somebody the other day. Uh, Imperial Stout was invented for, uh, sorry, Peter the Great. Uh, Freem's barrel-aged version uh, soaks the entire year for roasted malt and cherry notes. Kuda's freaking rolling his eyes, probably. Cherries and beer to make yourself feel like a monarch yourself funny uh but i was telling a friend like uh the whole uh, imperial stout was actually uh created by the english but for the the uh, russian aristocracy they like this little famous english biff and english beer uh but the beer wouldn't really uh survive the like two-month voyage or it wasn't two months it was like three weeks or whatever across the baltic sea in the winter so they put more alcohol in it just like with ipas they hopped it and put more uh, alcohol in it so it survived on the trip to, to india so it wasn't developed in india a lot of uh, people think oh it right. must be like an indian pale ale no it's yeah. for india pale ale i'll tell you something about hops because when i first figured out the uh malted barley deal and that to our souls and whatever so i did a lot of hanging around with brewers and brewmasters and what have you they were fascinated that something that they use to make these wonderful beverages that everybody enjoys that you could put in your soil and grow better weed or stronger weed, whatever. And um, hops, even the dried ones, the ones that you would buy, you know, if you're going to make a batch of uh, beer, you can use that as a uh, pesticide and fungicide and use it like a you know, Steve could like do the ferment thing. Or if you want to you grow your own, it's not, you know. And no, because it has the word sativa on it. And it's not related to cannabis. Jesus Christ. We're but uh, our, our beer endorsements of the year. This would be my this is my all-time favorite. Before I was a glutard, this is what I was my favorite. Good beer. It was Maldites from Unibrew in Canada. It's good shit. Oh, we yeah. We don't want to support the Canadian beer people. We want to. We want a Budweiser, man. Yeah. Budweiser. Ninety-three. Yeah, Foster's 3, Canadian for course. Not not sure the ranking. Ninety-third out of three thousand. Yeah, my taste isn't too. No kidding. <laughs> Fuck ninety-third. I want number one. 
Well, hey, you Honestly, guys missed it. I had a domestic pit. There was a beer Good. that was up in uh, Tumwater, uh, south of uh, Seattle. It's called Olympia. And their tagline was, it's the water. And I remember that. What talk about a horrible beer. Whoa. Yeah, that made it to the East Coast. Oh, yeah. And then finally, one day I went by by about the old, 16 the years USA. ago. They closed it. You know, that was it. It's over. Yeah. USA. USA. People. So, Christoph, what is the best beer there? Il y a le meilleur. Je suis le meilleur. Ok. Non, non, non. Oui, bien sûr. How do you say what is the best beer? Saint Pauli girl. I'm just joking. By the way, this beer is fucking great. I don't like food notes in my beer, but I bet that's good. It just sounds crazy. Fruit notes. These people out here put raspberries. Raspberries oh, while they're making the <laughs> no, no. beer, and you'll like it. No, you won't. Quelle est la meilleure bière make, de France? Make your lip, make your ah, okay. Uh, <laughs> I have to do that. Uh, <laughs> I have to yeah. do that accent. Quelle est la meilleure bière Heineken. de France? Yeah, Heineken. Heineken. Oh, fucking Dutch beer. <laughs> Sacré. Sacré. Although, in all honesty, the French are kind of notorious no, for like no, no, one. No, no, no. Uh, is saying, uh, dude, this beer is wonderful, honestly. All you, all you motherfuckers who are like, oh, it has to have four ingredients and then blah blah blah. Okay, you guys can go pound rocks. Uh, this taste, I mean, this tastes fucking wonderful. This is bourbon barrel aged, they had a rye barrel aged, uh, and then I almost got their saison. Uh, but they're, I mean, they're kind of spendy beers. So I'm not going to buy like five of them or whatever. So, but this one, oh my fucking God, it just jumps out in your mouth, like chocolate and cherries, uh, bourbon flavor, right, like right in front. It's not hiding. It's wonderful. Honestly. Okay. We got to make, we got to make uh, a honest, honest man, real beer, real beer only has three ingredients, beer. water, right here, I'm gonna hops, water, hops, and, uh, where they get the yeast? Oh, it comes from their magic goddamn spoon. They didn't even know what yeast was until hundreds right. of years later. Right. Yeast no, but they still you, use they use yeast. Yeah, I know. But yeast, as you and I understand well, it, is only hundred and fifty well, years old. A powder that you add to, to your beer. It's the same, by the way. It's the same uh, species. Beer, bread. I mean, no. Anyway, oh, this is gonna be this is gonna be the end of it. Coonward uh, says, "Wait until Coot hears that they're using Skittles to brew beer." Yeah, I want, <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's what I want to use in my bread. Skittles. Or, yeah, I can see it, like we need to get like Mountain Dew's like, coming out with a salsa, bacon grease sealed ones for America. So you have like a bacon flavored, bacon flavored bacon. Huh. I'm well, I was, I'm was curious. Uh, bacon flavored, uh, what? Bacon flavored paper? What? Bacon flavored. No, no, no. Uh, so you have the whiskey barrels or whatever that they're Oh, aging. right. Oh, a bacon right. flavored barrel. Bacon <laughs> fat and seal the wood. It was American. Bacon barrel aged. No, just make a barrel out of bacon. Just make a just make an entire bacon barrel. Bacon fat. So it's bacon barrel aged 
whiskey. You would even if no. it tasted like crap, you'd sell a million because they were that whole bacon phase people like a couple years ago. Shit. Seriously, they wouldn't even give a shit. They would, people would buy it. Oh yeah. So you like scotch, right? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Okay, so you know what's made from, right? Uh, pretty much uh, uh, barley. Yeah. yeah. Right, barley, mm-hmm. and that's fermented. Do you are you concerned about collapsing your microbes when you drink? Definitely it? not. Definitely oh, not. Okay. No. I just it's one of the what's one of my last concerns when I yeah. when I drink okay. uh, scotch I or bourbon. microbial collapse is why I have gray hairs on my beard now. Yeah, right. Isn't that how that works? Isn't that why your beard hairs are all white, Coot? Because your yeah. microbial collapse is complete. Mm. No, because I didn't. No, he's he's own. like Gandalf. He's Coot the White. He yeah. used to be Coot the Gray, and now after learning about barley, now he's Coot the White. No, he fought the Balrog. He used to be Coot <laughs> he the fought Gray, the yeah. bar- barley rog. <laughs> I got the wisdom, and <laughs> now he's Coot the White. <laughs> to say I had a challenging life would be an understatement. Yeah, so, I bet. You know. You went yeah, I've heard some of it. To say that is it is an understatement a bit. What's that? that? He went down to Sacramento and fought the bell rock. Yeah. <laughs> or what does he say? Grant's ass. That's where the yeah, bell rock is from. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and the other city down there really like it. It's Medford, but I always change the D to TH, so it's Methford. And uh, <laughs> Queakers, Bikers, Scooter Trash. I mean, you know. Uh, this is a place that voted out the libraries because we don't need no book learning. Dan. Not people we, don't read down can here. We, can we mention it's that? A bit, well, I know so what much, you mean, yeah. Not so much Medford, but like the whole um, like privatization. There's a group going around trying to privatize all the libraries right now and, and basically like Where? converting them from public entities. It's really fucked up. Where? In not the United Oregon. States, they have like 500 uh, libraries they've taken over. It's fucking crazy. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, I was reading a story about this not too long ago. Uh, NPR, uh, I think, had an article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really it scary. blows my mind that there is nothing that won't be perverted in the well, name of fucking shitty politics. What's fucking crazy is so you have that that kind of shit going on, and then you have places like Boulder County where they have like three hacker spaces, public metal shops and wood shops, and 3D printer classrooms, and like. All kinds of like the other end of the spectrum as far as yeah. libraries go, where they have skills like, training places where hey, I need to do some shit for my house, but I need access to XYZ tool. They have tool rentals that are similar to like a library book rental where you can go and rent the tools you need to go work on your house. Like you like can rent tools at home, you actually need. No, 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 you don't understand that. Right, but this is for no money, like a library. Yeah, you have a library card, you rent, you, yeah, this, you check yeah. out a saw, you don't rent it, you check That's out. That's dope. Yeah, yeah. Portland is part of Multnomah County, which is a tribal name. And Multnomah County Library System has, I think, 18 branches spread over a fairly good-sized geographical area with trucks and drivers that move books around. So when you go online and put a hold on a book, you designate what library you want to pick it up at. Or it can have it mailed to your home if you, you know, whatever reasons. but when a library bond comes up, the people of Multnomah County approve it and they fund it. But down in Southern Oregon, no, we just close the library because we don't read down here. Really? Well, golly. 
that might be kind of challenging if your kid wants to get past the 10th grade, you know, become maybe the first one in your family to get a GED or something, you know, Christ. This, you know, worshiping at the, you know, this, you're setting yourself up for a, a lifetime of problems when you're, when you're not ready to do anything other than, you know, basic uh, labor stuff. I think, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Because you not want your children to read. Yeah. I, I, I mean, used to go there and rent movies that, yeah. and shit too. I think that's one thing that maybe is one of the blessings of the fucking never endless, never endless screens in our culture is that um, it kind of almost forces children to teach themselves to read. Like, I, yeah. I don't know any child anymore that that is even struggling to read because every single thing that they want to do has a screen on it and to operate the screen. They need to learn that's to read. Right. So that, it's kind of really changed. And not only that, but even in Africa, like, Cell phones are getting dirt cheap, and and even in parts of places that you might not think have technology yet, and, and or maybe access to technology yeah. the same way that people do, yeah. it really is changing the literacy rate around the world. You know, because of the culture of, of screens. Oh, people are getting there. Thank Kids God for like Amazon and Apple leapfrog things. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's like positive or negative it people the literacy rate is is improving because of oh it. yeah of course that's good that's i think that's good well, that's what it is. people people were saying for for decades they were like oh you know uh, africa needs to take these enormously expensive uh, world bank loans and whatever the fuck so they can build up their conventional uh, uh internet infrastructure you know they have to allow our wonderful corporations that basically should burn in a fucking hot grease fire like uh, comcast and time warner to go and build their internet infrastructure and they even like met with some of these people and like talked to these multi-billion dollar contracts to wire up like I don't even fucking know Zanzibar and fucking Nigeria and whatever else. They've leapfrogged it basically by using cell phones and stuff to basically connect to towers. They have balloons and shit that are broadcasting internet to people. It's way cheaper, way easier. And wouldn't you know it, like America still struggles with internet connectivity, but people in Africa, in remote fucking jungle Africa can check their email every day. It's fascinating. Crazier than that. So most of Africa now, like two thirds of Africa the governments recognize at least one of the official forms of currency is digital currency. So like in Zimbabwe, it's all EcoCash, right? So they have a digital mm-hmm. app that you download from the government that's all a digital currency. Any transaction is just a flat 2% uh, tax on whatever you're, you know, by chance for money between me and someone else, the government gets 2% of it no matter what. So that kind of, they don't even give a shit if it's a legal transaction as long as they get their cut, right? Like they don't give a fuck. Like business happened, they get their cut. So, you know, See, that's the kind of corruption that I can support. Right. See, it's it's yeah. it's, it's more logical. Right. Like, yeah. It, it, yeah. So, I mean, so, that makes but, all but that's a large sense. portion yeah. of Africa. Mozambique has that. Zambia yeah. has that. Like a large part of Africa has some form. Now, Zimbabwe also has paper cash, um, which, you, you know, you can also pay for stuff in that or they recognize the U.S. dollar, which I think they don't officially now recognize the u.s dollar uh, as of a couple of weeks ago but whatever that changes by the data out there because right, right anyways so zimbabwe is not your typical african country um in terms of economic policy um, but um a lot of these different places um are running on you know at least one or of the main two or three currencies in the country 
is a digital currency that is recognized by the government as usable as you know legal sure. payment across the country and sure. something that i think is is you know the western world certainly is not doing right now uh to the extent that they are which is you know kind of strange to think about africa being ahead of them on, on that space hmm. you know if i were going to investigate genetics I think the African continent would be, and money weren't an issue. I think Africa would be my uh, location of choice, just based on the seeds that I was blessed with in the early '80s from different parts of Africa, and they were pretty. That shit I've ever smoked has always been African. It's fucking knock your socks off shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not just talking Durban poison, which is, don't get me wrong. It's which I love. That's probably my favorite yeah. strain. Yeah. Right. But th- just, there were many others from, uh, you know, Nigeria has been growing yeah. cannabis in huge amounts since at least 1500 years before the common era. So, you know, we're talking 3,500 years minimum. And it, remember, India was coming out of southern India and Kerala and trading over in the Mediterranean. So obviously they were hitting the ports of uh, in South Africa, Nigeria, on their way up the coast to get make a right-hand turn into the Mediterranean. Indian, Indian uh, ships have been traveling all along the, the Indian Ocean, basically all along. Uh, weirdly enough, not Madagascar, but basically everywhere else in Africa and the coast yes. of Africa, in Indonesia for like 1,500, 2,000 years, maybe more than that, I want to say. Yep. And just mm-hmm. like then, as now it was like that then, India today controls over 95% of the world's black pepper trade. Hmm. And so when you find recipe books from the Roman era, in the middle of the Mediterranean with black pepper in the recipe. Does that, I mean. Well, for sure. The first thing is microbial collapse. We know that that's involved in some way, but after that, you know, we're going to talk about. Anything's wide open. Yeah. But yeah, so there's some interesting, you can really do some interesting uh, studies of the human race and their movements by what, uh, because when you don't have a, uh, what, Refrigerators are what 130 years, maybe been on the scene. Uh, maybe ice boxes, or you know, a few years before that. But for most of the history of the human race, eating rotten, rotten food was kind of like that was part of it, you know, rotten meat. So spices could cover all those uh horrible flavors, make it you know somewhat palatable. That was the whole reason for the. It wasn't discover America. It was to find a faster route to India to get the goddamn spices, right? Theorized one of the reasons why uh, most tropical uh, uh, or warm um, climates have spicier food. They integrate more and they're very happy to integrate yep. peppers. So, for example, all the Asia basically said, what, red peppers? Yes, more, please. Uh, yes. They have some antimicrobial uh, properties. So they basically help yeah. you preserve your food a bit. And it was the Portuguese that moved plants all around. They were the ones that moved the peppers out of the Yucatan in Mexico to mm-hmm. Asia. Can you imagine the change in diet and culture and cuisines when all of a sudden the hot pepper arrives mm-hmm. in Southeast Asia, India, China? My God. I mean, we talk about a shift. Yep, they have everything. 
they they breed them so much they call them Chinese peppers now, Thai peppers, what else? Indian peppers. They they yeah. all got their own, right? Yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, peppers are funny. Like I, I'm a not really a pepperhead, I guess, but I, I really love spicy food. Like just extremely, yeah. extremely spicy. I I actually grate like ghost peppers and and uh, uh, mm-hmm. reapers on my food yeah. and stuff. Uh, do you? Right on. There's a, a yeah. weird uh, a hybridization in our group. I'm, I'm always finding you know some of our friends are basically like almost the same person by different you know, different strokes or something. But uh, what was I going to say? Uh, humans are one of the only animals, or the only animal really that I know of, that willingly eat peppers other than birds. Birds right. eat them because they are immune completely to capsaicin they don't even right. perceive the capsaicin right. anyway yeah. so for them it's just you know like a habanero or something it's just, oh a fruity little freaking fruit yeah. and they basically eat them pretty much whole and poop out the seeds and the the plants are happy with that because that's a great arrangement you know they get to distribute their seeds far and wide uh we like to because we're weirdos we like to eat the capsaicin because it's spicy <laughs> you know what i mean we're like oh that adds an extra vigor to our food or something we're just well, guess, apparently you. all food masochists or something so the portuguese the uh, the pineapple was discovered in the Yucatan also, and it was the Portuguese, the traders, that moved it to Asia. So you can imagine the impact. Here is this wonderful fruit mm-hmm. that grew really large and was kind of like a desert plant. So it was in, so India grabbed that one, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, just watching the, if you look at this like 200 period in the Middle Ages, I guess you'd say, uh, of the movement of foods that got relocated, like from Peru, the tomato ends up in Italy. And, you know, that whole wouldn't even have pizza without the, the people in the, in the Andes, right? I mean, pretty cool. I mean, I guess they would yeah, have had, watch. what, lentil pizza or something? Yeah. Yeah. Basil pizza. Yeah, right? Like a white pizza. What's yeah. this cauliflower pizza? Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. I like And here's the thing. I like cauliflower. I do, People too. overdo the goddamn cauliflower. It's just yes. enough already. Yeah. And it's uh, another one of these fat. Now, I see, you see these cauliflower french fries and cauliflower, what is it? Uh imitation chicken wings made of cauliflower. I almost bought a stir fry cauliflower thing at Costco. And then I looked carefully. Oh, it's fucking cauliflower. And I put it back. Yeah. <laughs> fucking cauliflower. It's good for you though. But well, again, like, I- processed food isn't nearly as good for you. Like that's one of the annoying things. Like, Oh, here's this fucking fatty ass crap, but it's got cauliflower in it. So people buy it, you know, like it's, it's still bad for you, but why well, it's got cauliflower. So it must be less, slightly less bad. No, they just put more sugar in it to cover up the fact that it's fucking cauliflower. Yeah. Mind you, I like cauliflower. Yeah, it's nice for us blue tarts to have some kind of option for pizza, though. Just saying. Is that what it is? Hmm. There's always the... How do I say it? Uh, yeah, I can't what am I trying to say? What's that, good? I can't say that, but I was... <laughs> <laughs> I'll take your cauliflower yeah. if you fucking... <laughs> Bring it to me over my cold, dead corpse or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so down in Southern California in the San Bernardino type area is a city called Loma Linda. And uh, this goes back to the 20s, you know, 100 years. Uh, it was always uh, like a, a subculture 
dominated by Seventh-day Adventists, which are, as you know, are vegetarians. And so there's even a Loma Linda brand of vegetarian food, but it's like, if you're a vegetarian, I think that's cool, you know, and, and you should, you know, blah, blah, blah. But why would you want to eat something that looked like a hot dog? Right. Or a patty. I mean, you know, a hamburger. Or a vegan patty lunch meat. A friend of mine. Yeah, right. Seventh-day right. 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 Avid, Adventists are Christian vegetarians. So they still right, eat right, right. fish, right. which is yeah. weird. But they also have, as a group, some of the lowest blood pressure issues, heart disease. Yep. Uh, because it's, I mean, from the time you're born, you're eating uh, some whatever they're, I don't know their um, tenets of their faith, but um, I, uh, the only other than that, uh, that the they are vegetarians. Dominant religion in Jamaica, too. It's like 80 plus percent of the country. Really? Wow. Yep. That's interesting. 82. I used to, I hired a couple of uh, Asians once. They were huh. eighty. They went after uh, uh, Metacron. Was overpowered. Uh, they were just thinking the one you have one on one, but in a group. Oh, one time it was just like they were nonstop on me when they. And sometimes the church group would show up to pick them up after work. Great workers and great people, and they were so bearing with their. How I was going to die, all this shit, be tortured, and all this other bullshit if I didn't do this and that, this and that. After I die, I want to come back and work on a, a pot ranch in uh, Utah with the Mormon. That should be fun. Right. Does the plant have to wear special underpants too? I hope so. <laughs> the holy britches. Yeah. Never mind. Like, that can be our started. second product, Coot. First yeah. we have Malcag, and now we have Holy Britches yeah. for your plants, many itches. Um, <laughs> Somebody right yeah, wrote me an email, or not email, but a text message thing through uh, YouTube that uh, I should do a, a podcast with Jeremy Silva once a week. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Try to... Uh, Muscle your way through a podcast and advertising, and mm -hmm. I, I'd rather just be on the inside throwing rocks or something. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Right. What's that expression? Better uh, be on the inside pissing out than on the outside pissing in. You know, mm -hmm. something like that. You don't know the uh, yeah. The Latter Day Saints has uh, official. It is a real thing. Church yeah. approved underwear. We are not just making fun of them unnecessarily. Right. They actually earned their. <laughs> it's necessary yeah. making fun. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the required daily quotient of Mormon bashing. <laughs> All right, we got five we minutes. Clock out, jokes. It was bash a different one each week. <laughs> <laughs> what was their leader's name? Uh, Brigham Young, uh, right? And then yeah. Joseph Smith. Yep. Yeah. No, uh, Brigham. So Bring him young. That's what he used to it. say. Bring him young. Yeah. <laughs> you were talking about it. I'm going to get now. That's <laughs> <laughs> fucked up because it's funny and true. Um, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> hey, that's all right. I was raised in like the Southern Baptist faith. Oh, so was I. That's what oh, I was. Oh, fuck. Talk yeah, about a special LSD set of problems. Deprogram me. It was yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I was raised Catholic when I got better. My, my, <laughs> my, my wife did that. She said, I was raised Catholic when I got better. 
<laughs> That's right. I showed him. I married a Jewish girl, so uh, I showed those fuckers. The bad, the you bad right. I choose you. <laughs> That's right. We, you know, little baby Jesus cried that day. <laughs> You're like we're chosen people now. That's right. I, if you guys have never heard the Sarah Silverman, uh, mommy, um, uh. Daddy believes that Jesus is magic and mommy is one of the chosen people joke is one of the funniest jokes that she ever did. Oh man, it's just been like 15, 20 years, honestly. Uh, when you guys have computer access, you got to look up Mom's Mabley. Mom's Mabley? Yeah, she was a comedian, uh, African American in like the 30s and 40s. You're not going to believe this woman. Wait till you see her face. Mom's, yeah, I am with an S. Mom's <laughs> Mabley. And she was even on in the 60s, like Ed Sullivan or. <laughs> Retta Mae Aiken, known by her stage name, Jackie Mom's Mabley, was an American stand up comedian actress. Beginning her career on the theater stage in the 20s, Mabley became a veteran entertainer of the Chitlin Circuit of American uh, yeah. African American vaudeville. <laughs> Mabley later recorded comedy albums and appeared in uh, films and television, including the Ed Sullivan Show, The Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour, and others. You would sixteen freaking children, yeah. Jesus H Christ! Man, everybody had like sixteen children the other day. I was telling you guys, uh, my grandfather. You know how old he was? Show, man. You know? Yeah, right. No, seriously, my grandfather literally did not know how old he was, and on his death certificate, he had passed away a long time ago. They just right. they guessed his age range approximately mm -hmm. from something to something. Right. Because uh, back then, you literally, until you got to the age of five, they expected you were probably going to die. And so they just didn't bother really even naming you or taking a note of when you were like, they, I mean, they didn't, it's not like they didn't love you, but they were just like kind of disposable kids, you know. And once you get to be five, they're like, all right, you'll probably make it. Right. Yeah. I mean, the uh, mortality rate of children for most of the no. human race history is that seems, but you know. A large part of that too was those bottles that had straws on them. Oh shit! The, the the I was just reading about that the death other day. Bottles. The uh, the death bottles, yeah. the baby bottles. Yeah, right. they no, clean no, them. I'm right. sorry. What's that about? Yeah, uh, See, milk bottles. Catalog. All that up. That's really interesting too. Yes, through their catalog, used to sell them, and babies would die left. Right. Oh, Fume sent me an article today. I think that we should give a moment of silence. The passing of oh, Blackberry. Blackberry is officially dead January the 4th, Tuesday. Over. End of discussion. The operating system for the Android will exist, obviously. But the Blackberry system of yesteryear with the uh, QWERTY uh, mechanical keyboards, it just seems so out of place, you know, and today, I mean, does any, are there any phones that have physical keyboards in the Android world? I mean, I don't think so. Um, yeah. It's all on maybe, screen, right? Maybe LG had one. Yeah. They kept saying that there was going to be keyboards or whatever, but no, like, uh, what was it? The foldout ones. I want to say Smash had that one. The Motorola ones, they had keyboards for the longest time, but even those, uh, Mm. Went by the wayside. Eh? Yeah. We were going to Google it. Do any smartphones have keyboards? If there is one. I don't think. I have don't a think keyboard. Best keyboard. 
best phone. All right, there is one at least. From October 2021, there's at least one here. It's okay. a slide out. Again, what is that? Like a motor? No, that's a, what is that? Oh, that looks real convenient. No, it's a BlackBerry. There's a BlackBerry Key 2. Yeah, BlackBerry Key 2 LE and the yeah. FezTech Pro 1. But as we know, BlackBerry is apparently fucked. So. Yeah. No legacy make, uh, uh, devices are going to be supported after January the 4th. Right. In fact, they're going to get bricked, actually. Yeah. So in other words, like they're just going to sit there as a dead device. <laughs> cool. What a cool looking paperweight for your desk. Bro. Right. <laughs> they have a BlackBerry Storm 2. That thing was awesome at the time. Maybe they'll bring back the Apple Newton. Right. Yeah. That Black. thing bombed. Never. Apple, you know, Apple has not always succeeded at stuff like back then. Well, wait a minute. Newton was the predecessor of these smartphones and it bombed. When Jobs came... Oh, that's what we're talking about. When Steve Jobs came back uh, after he sold Next uh, Computer, and basically you had a license freedom from the government because that was most of his computers were sold to like DI Defense Intelligence Agency and CIA and other stuff. You didn't go out and buy a, a next computer because you wanted to surf the internet kind of thing. So when that contract ended, he now had this operating system that was based on Unix and Apple was in search of the next you know, thing. So he came back to Apple and that had been a Scully project. The guy that fired him or, you know, from Pepsi, he killed the iPad instantly. I mean, it was like over and Palm Pilot had created uh, an app, but a little bit more than an app for the Palm Pilot made it functional. So when Steve Jobs killed the iPad, not the iPad, the uh, Newton. Palm Pilot then contracted with somebody to make a device that would run their software. And man, they sold the shit out of them. And they were small, like a cigarette, a pack of cigarettes, but thinner. And it had a pen, a stylus, or whatever. Yeah, I got, I, I was, I even got a Newton too. That's how bad i was i had a newton one i knew a couple I, people the newtons they were nice devices they, they were really were yeah yeah, yeah. they but, were expensive though i want to say uh, they were like uh 700 bucks or something that was like 20 years ago hey and, and trying to find something uh else you'd asked me about i went and looked at uh photoshop the original where it was a mac only uh app and in today's money it was 1100 dollars. Yeah, i believe it yeah it was like 699 or something right yeah 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 uh, 20 something years ago yeah and it only ran on max so it's a weird one you know i complain about this kind of stuff and it is you know cool, like uh, you've been around long enough that you actually have the, the 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 context for this stuff and it does pay to kind of pay attention to this stuff maybe we have gotten um uh, jaded by a lot of like apps uh well companies like google basically offering stuff for free that was kind right. of a revolutionary thing honestly when they did it you know i've been a google what customer or product, I guess you could use it in an alternating freaking fashion uh, for honestly, like pretty much as long as they've been around, like right. Or just, course, you didn't just know after. what they were doing with your data. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. But yeah, anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. it was weird and it's still weird to this day. Honestly, like for example, Google maps has become kind of the de facto uh, mapping service that most people use, right? Like all the other ones that people can kind of access without paying aren't that good. Apple maps isn't all that good. Uh, Microsoft maps isn't really that good at all. Uh, uh, what 
So a lot of the old ones, the map quests and stuff, don't really, I don't even know if they exist anymore. So Google Maps is kind of the default and it's fucking free. And a lot of these companies started giving out this free stuff. Apple, of course, too, started giving out for their systems uh, free stuff to incentivize people to buy the Macs. So one by one, they had the iMovie, the freaking uh, 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 the Garage Band, on and on the Pages. Well, Pages and numbers and stuff you actually used to have to pay for, but now they give that out, and it's you know it's office quality stuff, but they give it out for free to sort of incentivize you. That was a big change from the past, where you used to have to pay for every single piece of fucking software, and it was always like. Specialty, including the you know, operating so, system, including the operating system updates, yeah. individual All updates right. you'd have to pay for. Yeah, yeah. And Apple uh, changed that a long time ago, and Microsoft followed suit because Microsoft for the longest time was charging for uh, even. Actually, I can't swear to this anymore, but I want to say that they were charging for in. Uh, uh, I might be wrong on this. Actually, they weren't charging for the internal updates, but they were charging for like System Seven, Eight, Nine, Ten. But, oh, right, uh, right. Oh yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah. Th- it couldn't possibly be charging for security updates. My God. I mean, well, they could, but they didn't. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, Apple, yeah. though, I remember maybe 20 years ago, was charging for uh, uh, internal updates, like between 15 or, well, I guess it was like, what, put from 10.1 to 10.2 or whatever. They would cost, it would cost like 50 bucks or something, didn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Times have changed. Yeah. So like when you say that, it's it's kind of a weird thing. You know, here's me complaining. I've complained any time, number of times on the show. I have this app, you know, instead of using Photoshop, I use or, or Lightroom. I use Capture One. I, I keep talking about how wonderful I think it is. Uh, but it's like 20 bucks a month, which is a little bit hard to justify. You know, like wow. fuck, 20 bucks a month. And I'm always thinking about buying it outright, blah, 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 so that I won't have to uh, replace right. it. But then, you know, every every few months, there's some new features like the Capture One 22 now. And it has uh, panorama features and all this kind of stuff, which actually would be a cool addition to buy. But uh, anyway, uh, long story short, it's only on one level, fuck, it's 20 bucks a month. On the other hand, oh shit, it's only 20 bucks a month to use literally the industry industry standard photo app that the dudes that use the the freaking, it's the same company that makes the phase one cameras that cost like $100,000, right? So those dudes that make the McDonald's freaking photography, the same app that they're using, you can get for 20 bucks. The same app you can get for 20 bucks a month. When you look at it that way, it's not that much. On the other hand, fuck you, it's 20 bucks a month. The shit, you know, like blah, blah, blah. I can get, you know, Google such and such for free. But, you know, like our entire thinking has kind of been uh, changed, flipped around, whatever. There's all this open source software now where a lot of the features are just as good. Like GIMP basically is just as good as Photoshop. It's just not nearly as, poly- well, okay, that, that changes over time. Photoshop has some crazy uh, selection features and stuff. But basically for most people, GIMP is just as right. good. It's just not nearly as polished. It doesn't right. have as much uh, documentation. And there's certainly no, uh, right. they're not nearly as many uh, help and to-do well, videos. When you mentioned, I used it too. Uh, I think it's really polished, and the price is ridiculously low. Is Affinity Photo? Got it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a wonderful. On a tablet, where you have mm-hmm. the pencil, you know that has uh, what twenty two hundred levels of pressure that it can read. Um, so it makes it a real tool uh, with the iPad and the Apple Pencil. It's more than just a stylus, in other words. Think of a Sumi brush, but electronic. How's that? That's cool. That's why my daughter, uh, you know, she was only nine, but she got her the, uh, the iPad ears last year. Yeah. She wanted, she wanted it just for her art and for her picture. Right. That was the main reason anyway, especially that procreate. Now this, okay, on, a, on the tablet, this app is only 
$20. And on the Mac, it's $50. And they're automatically synced through iCloud. So anything you work on on the computer, if you open that file on the tablet, it's right there in its instant and sure. vice versa. Yeah. So uh, anyway. That pencil, though, that pencil is what you wanted. The, the most that was like the thing that she wanted was the you know iPad pencil. Right, right. She knew how much you know. She's only she knows way more than me. She's only she was only nine at the time. But shit, man. She she was like. So when she told you it was one hundred and thirty bucks, you didn't fall over in a dead faint. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then of course the first one we got her, she dropped it and broke the tip on the uh, on a ceramic uh, tile kitchen floor. You know. Ouch. So, yeah, yeah. Like the first week. Yeah, yeah. So. So we went out and got a four pack. That's a nice program. And this uh, photo. It looks is- stunning, honestly. Yeah. I, th- I think they've added features since the last time. I feel like I recommended it to you, maybe, Coop. But uh, regardless of who recommended it to you or if I said something, I think it's gotten better over time. Someone's shooting fireworks yeah. off outside. Uh, it's showing some of the features. I was just talking about how Capture One finally added uh, uh, panorama stitching. And uh, uh, wow. actually, they now have HDR merge as well. What's the other one that they had uh, that they just added? I can't remember. But for the longest time, I actually had to use Lightroom if I wanted to do uh, panorama stitching. And for the longest time, I was thinking about buying this other uh, panorama program that's super excellent at doing panoramas. It's so good that you just literally throw some photos sure. at the, the app, even they're sure. out of order and whatever, and the app just figures it out itself. But that's like another two, three hundred bucks, right? Each one of these fucking pieces of software costs something, right? But then, for example, the one that I use has just now finally added some software. But this one already has uh, editing in RAW. I always shoot in RAW because, uh, well, there's right. a few reasons. But one of the reasons why <clears throat> is you have the most color correcting uh, options yep. later on. If yep. you shoot in JPEG only, then you can only degrade the image when you edit it. As opposed to in RAW, uh, you can certainly degrade it if you do dumb stuff. But you won't physically degrade it by uh, changing sliders, changing color balance. You can change right. the white balance afterwards. Uh, you can change. You can uh, fuck with the, the the curves. You can fuck with all kinds of stuff. If you guys don't know what that is, that, that, that that's fine. But long story short, RAW editing is uh, I think superior. Um, not all apps uh, do that. The HDR merge is a nice feature. That's not necessary, but it, it, you can do cool, vibrant, uh, colorful photos, which of course a lot of people love. Panorama is super cool, man. If you if you uh, go out and you literally, I mean, everyone knows what a fucking panorama is, but how do you create one? A lot of folks maybe don't know. Uh, if you have a tripod and a camera, you can, uh, on a rudimentary basis at least, make pretty good panoramas. You know, some people go crazy and get like whole rigs and whatever, but you know, whatever people. Do, do all kinds of things for hobbies. If you go outside on a tripod and just move your camera a few times and take those pictures, if you have panorama stitching on your freaking program, you can create these programs that wow people. Like I send a, a coot and a couple of my friends, some of these panoramas I, I take when I go out and they're always like, Oh my God, how pretty is that? Well, here you go. Affinity photo for 50 fucking dollars. You can do all the shit that I've been talking about. Here's another one. I've paid for a specific photo stacking program. Now, granted, the one that I got is really, really good at it, but I bet you anything, this is probably nine tenths as good and it's included in this goddamn app and it's yeah. certainly for less money than I paid for it. On and on and on, it says unlimited layers. That's more of the, the retouching stuff. So basically, this is more of a Lightroom and Photoshop hybrid and it's more leaning towards the Photoshop. Uh, Lightroom has always been a Photoshop for noobs kind of basically because it's it's right. it does way less uh, but it also is for people who it's do more for physically people less are, it's more for people that want to correct photographs whereas photoshop does that but then so much more 
the, even the best of, way to describe it, I think, and this is a very old school way to describe it, but if you are a little bit old school, like like uh, uh, freaking Charlie's Farm or Coot or something, I think that Lightroom is a negative editor. So basically that's where you, you stand with the enlarger. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, Photoshop is the photo editor where you're actually developing yeah. photo paper because yeah. that's when you're doing the light, you know, the merging and the this yeah. and the that, the fucking such and such. Yeah. And so Good Lightroom analogy. is quite a bit, yeah. quite a bit, it's still involved. You can still do quite a bit of stuff, but your, your, your hands are much more off on it. You're not really amalgamating new photos on there or anything else. So this company has three programs. So this is the photo uh, app, obviously. They also have one called Designer, which is a vector-based, like uh, Illustrator, Adobe Illustrator. Mm -hmm. And then they have uh, a layout publisher, uh, similar to Quark Express or uh, Adobe InDesign. So you can actually do pre-press with these three apps. It's going to set you back a whole lot less. Fifty bucks out the door. Yeah, I mean, yeah yep. exactly. So, and no monthly anything, no subscription, no, no right. anything. Like yeah. Adobe is. They're very good programs. I'm, I'm. I'm always telling people, like honestly, Adobe stuff is very good, but it is. Horse shit, the way they treat you as a customer. Pretty much every single time that I open up the Adobe apps, it takes 30 seconds to verify that I have an active subscription. Uh, Because, of course, so many people over these years have uh, pirated and everything else because they charge an arm and a goddamn leg. And especially they used to charge even more. Uh, Pretty much everyone and their uncle used to pirate these things. And now they've gone way overboard. Hey, what's up, Paya and uh, uh, Nico? We've got all these new people coming on. Uh, Cheers, folks. Fuck, it's Happy New Year all of a sudden. We missed it completely. We're talking about happy new year everybody what's going on guys happy uh, new year god bless cheers dude uh do i want to finish my thought or is it even that important it's probably not that important honestly we're talking about fucking photo editing shit i don't know what was i gonna say something what's going on man what's uh welcome freaking dankarinos in the house what's going on buddies what's going on Payon? welcome Keep, keeping it real new year's eve smoking some fresh hash super nice, lit Super lit. lit. It's going to be 420 lit. in 13 minutes. So, uh, yeah. yeah. It, is what it is. Welcome. Uh, whatever the fuck I was trying to get to, I guess I'll just finish with, oh, look at that. It's $54.99. So they raised the price by five bucks. But even still, like compared to all the shit, Dude, you can do like industry standard shit with this. It's crazy. Yes, right, the affinity right. standard, the publisher, the photo, the designer is wonderful. Oh, I guess I was talking about, I was bitching about Adobe. I was saying that, I guess I should start, uh, finish my thoughts so people don't think I'm just bitching about Adobe. The programs are wonderful, but even today when I was making the flyer for this show, I had to spend like three minutes authenticating the freaking fact that I actually pay money for that program. <laughs> like they have a whole app. It's called yeah. Adobe Account Access. It's a whole app that's on my phone that all I do is when they want me to log in, which I shouldn't have to do because fuck you, I already logged in on all my other apps. They know that I'm already logged in. But on Adobe, every time I open the fucking app, just every time I use the software, I have to go to a different app called Adobe Account Access and authenticate myself before I can go back to the other one. Just because I'm on a page. It sounds customer. like a fucking ridiculous. Uber DRM. Uber <laughs> right? DRM. That's it. Pretty much. That's it, dude. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. Let me ask you guys this question. So we're all basically middle-aged men here on one end of the spectrum or another. I wish. Um, where do you guys, uh, <laughs> what do you guys like to do as far You're as being generous. linens? Like, Bed sheets, from linens, and pillow covers, and yes, 
<laughs> what do what do men wear? I can't say uh, I shop for linen that frequently. Where's <laughs> your linen for bear? OG quilt <laughs> from the grandmothers, man. Well, my wife takes care of that department, and yeah. whatever she puts on is what we're sleeping in. <laughs> I was just gonna say, like, I think I have yes. bought linen at IKEA before, so I guess I could say that. <laughs> I don't know. I get into bed and there's a sheet on it. <laughs> it's just there. I don't know how exactly. it got there, but it's there. You know. thread count. Uh, yes, we like to up. call that writ white privilege. Yeah. <laughs> Egyptian cotton. Just Egyptian. Uh, just I'm kidding. still trying to. We bought an organic bed. privilege. Organic. No till bed. My bed's no till uh, organic. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 look it up. It's called Avocado. Avocado Tech. Oh, Avocado yeah. Tech. We yeah, knew we were yeah. going to get you at some point, Coop. There we go. He's got the Avocado Tech. Yeah. I think that's Avocado Toast Tech. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the Avocado Tech I have been practicing for a number of years. A little pat of butter, some avocado smeared on the butter, and then garlic and pepper salt, garlic powder and pepper salt. That is avocado tech. You can take the bank right there. I mean, you're supposed to eat it, and not put it in your soil. That's what I, that's what I've been telling people. Yeah, that's what I've been telling Insanity. people. Insanity, right? Seems it seems crazy, but you should try it at some point. Avocado vegan. Not only is it organic, it's also vegan. Could you should have said that's that? Right. That's it's right. vegan mattress. Yes. That means that that mattress did not eat any animals against their will. That's right. I get so much <laughs> negative karma on Reddit talking shit like, on the avocado posts. If you, if, if they're gonna put we people on a list, they need to put these fucking vegan mattress people on a list. Like, <laughs> it's like a sociopath that has to have a vegan goddamn bed. Don't ask. They need Don't to be ask. on a list. I actually saw a promo video of this, but in the factory, but <laughs> avocado, you know, and how it's. Like now here's the thing. Company. So. I went to Consumer Reports magazine. I have a subscription, so you log in, and they had uh, they do an annual thing on mattresses every year. So they had them all rated, and so irrespective of uh, you know, this was number one, and less money than others that weren't organic. And I figured, why do I want to sleep in a, a chemical cesspool? Right. So anyway, there you go. Well, you're not wrong. I mean, if you ever has, has anyone bought a new mattress recently, like exactly fucking reek. Yes, surface of the mattress match your tap water in accordance with organic certification. No, but I do put kelp meal in it with some neem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sleeping sorry, I, 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 or an organic mattress just sounds like the biggest bunch. I'm of wondering if the bugs of mattress are beneficial. Life. A it's literal right. worm bed, you know, you like you got worms right. inside your mattress yeah. and you just, you know, throw your so food what scraps about, in like there. A, what does the Korean national farming bed look like? <laughs> I am just, for just fermented yeah. bed. Mushrooms growing up. <laughs> well, you got to ferment the bed for four months before you can use it. You see? <laughs> you bought the kimchi and get the good luck. <laughs> Equal parts fish hydrolysate and fish bones <laughs> and sugar. <laughs> What's going on, Nico? Welcome, buddy. Hey, hey. happy new year, guys. Happy new year, buddy. Hey, thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. Cheers, dude. Happy new year. Uh, happy new year to the dog, too. Cheers, dude. Yes, yeah, he's, he's relaxing. 
Right He's been rocking all night after I don't know what. Uh, oh, the fireworks, probably. Yeah. Fireworks, yeah. Yeah. They can hear them from fucking 20 miles away. Right. And smell it. Right. The, it's smoking the That's air a good shit. point. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, Phosphorus and yeah, stuff. Someone let off some bigger shells earlier and kind of caught me and the dogs off guard, too. Right. Oh, man. Yeah. If there were some dogs around here, they're probably freaking out. People are shooting fireworks like right around here, I think. Uh, Dankarino, what you got there, man? You're drinking the shoju and the, the sake. sake. Uh, I've I've talked poo-poo about the sake before, uh, how I basically think that it's uh, uh, essentially all the same. I don't know. There's a lot of people who are really into sake, but I think the shoju is really good. I always say it. Shoju is fire. It's yeah. fucking good, isn't you, you it? Do yeah. know that it? You do know that it's beer, right? It tastes like beer. It does have a very beery. Because uh, it's made it's made from grain. Hmm. And wine is made from fruit. So Americans are the one that named it a beer. Hmm. I mean, in the Jeff it's, it's long, but we do a lot of wine here in Oregon because we grow really good uh rice and the sake thing here is huge. I mean, really like artisan stuff, not unlike the microbrew uh what is your thought on sake? Are you well? You don't really drink a lot of alcohol, do you? No, but I mean, I I didn't I didn't. Uh, it was fine. I just uh, I like other. I like barley beer is better. You know, traditional uh, beer. But I mean, you know, you know what Portland's like. There's a lot of like really high end. Mm-hmm. I mean, expensive sake. Mm-hmm. You know, you can easily you know drop a C note. Yeah, um, what, I mean, maybe I have to be honest. I have never dropped that much money on sake, partly because uh, all the sake, the most expensive bottle of sake, I think, were bought at a store. So I don't know what it cost in the restaurant, but the most gotcha. expensive bought in the store was probably like twenty eight, twenty nine dollars. Yeah, and I was like, you know what? Fuck it, let's try this shit one time. Sure. And it just it tasted like sake to me. It just tasted like rice water, <laughs> well, yeah, like rice yeah. wine. And it's like, eh, it, it's not it, beer. A little bit sweet. Yeah, and it's it, even the texture kind now, of bothers me. It's not me a question everything. of talent because Japanese beer. The two or three uh, brands oh, yeah. that I've had, like Sapporo. Oh, the, the Japanese Scotch is fucking top notch yeah, right now. Absolutely, you all your words. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, sure. what do you prefer, uh, sake or absinthe? What do you absinthe all day? Hand me two bottles. If one of them is sake, I'll pick the other bottle. Oh, it depends. Like if the absinthe is prepared properly, and you know what yeah. the fuck you're doing, and mm. It's Are we talking wormwood? It doesn't taste too bad. Hardly anyone makes wormwood absinthe. Oh, it's all just yeah. like anise. You have to get something from I don't want to be European. bothered. You have to get something from like Ukraine <laughs> or Russia or Belarus or yeah. someplace in the Northern Balkans. That's when you're going to get good uh, absinthe. But I used to grow up in, mm. in Northeast Philly, which is predominantly uh, Eastern European and Russian. Right. Uh, and a lot of my good buddies just have that. And they used to get a, a bunch of bottles every time they go back, come, you know, go and come back. Uh, they bring one or two back. And um, if you do it and then you put the sugar cube on it and you set it on fire yeah. and you do it through the right glass that pours it down and vaporizes it, and it actually tastes pretty good. There's a if hotel in Paris flavor. where there was a hotel in Paris in the 20s that catered to the writers and the intellectuals that wanted to do an absinthe weekend. And it was like this chamber house of horrors, man, because some of these people got really tweaked uh, drinking copious amounts of absinthe. I, mm. I wouldn't recommend it for everybody, but yeah. <laughs> the green fairy. 
Yeah, no shit, man. Mm-hmm. Dude, that that black licorice and this taste, I can't. I, I, re- I, re- I really like yeah. it, actually. Like, I, I, I literally, yeah. I bought two tastes that was that flavor. I kind of hate black licorice candy, though. The shitty kind. It's terrible. The first time I got really wrecked on absinthe, me and my buddy and his sister killed a bottle between the three of us in the parking lot of Dorney Park right at the beginning of the day. <laughs> And proceeded to like basically just be wrecked through the whole amusement park for the whole rest of the afternoon. And then by the time 11 o'clock came home, you know, came around, we were sober enough to drive back and allegedly in the story I was writing. And uh, it was uh, quite the experience. But that was the first time I remember like really having my my sense of reality altered in a way that was like that was before I ever had acid or mushrooms or anything else. Like that was my first. Right. You know, non-cannabis, mind-altering experience. In my really heavy drinking days, I used to drink a concoction at a bar. I had it. I had it first at a bar, and then I would just buy the bottles. But it was called a TKO, tequila, Kahlua, and Uzo over crushed ice. And uh, I mean, talk about getting fucked up. Tequila, Kahlua, just wrong. <laughs> I mean, you talk about getting. I mean, Sounds like, what was like, the third thing? Uzo, Kahlua, Kahlua, tequila, Kahlua, and Uzo. That's what is that. Uzo? Uh, it's uh, from the Middle East. It tastes like licorice. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. Uh, it's Greek. It's, it's actually Greek, right? Oh, Greek. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, oh, black. Yeah. Black yeah. licorice is very big in Arabic culture. Like, yeah, if you ever get like. Uh, yeah. Like uh, traditional ha- um, shisha, uh, yeah. black licorice is definitely yeah. one of the flavors. Right. That, like you know, real hardcore Arabic can- yeah. uh, tobacco smokers will, will lean towards. I like that's what diamonds taste like. You ever smoke like straight diamonds with like no terps? Like straight THC tastes like black licorice to me. I can do that was- a little bit. Yeah. I always thought it was kind of like new make scotch uh, right out of the still. Just basically tastes like kind of banana bubble gum a little bit. I always it's thought like it was weird strange how, like, when you smell CBD crystallite, it smells like cherries. That's like that cherry taste to it almost. It's really bizarre. One of the drinks we used to make uh, at one of the clubs I worked at, we used to do uh, Flaming Clouds with uh, Zambuca and then, you know, little, little <gasps> chips of ice in it. And then you top it with 151 or moonshine. And you light yeah. it on fire. Yeah. It's, it's super yeah. I suffered through the years of Harvey Wallbangers. Jesus oh my Christ. God. Yeah. yeah. Well, my father going up, I, you know, drinking highballs. Well, he drank yeah. highballs. I mean, I was a vodka guy. I love my vodka. And tequila sour. Yeah, vodka, vodka, man. With cranberry if I, juice. Yeah. If I yeah. never see, <laughs> if I never hear that song again, much less even think about tequila sunrises. Get, <laughs> oh, Christ, man. Yeah. What a <clears throat> shithead drink. Slow gin and orange juice. The gin's terrible. Like I can't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I used to do gin in high school, and then I got away from it. And I had only in the Long Island iced tea. Like I can do. Oh, there it you go. In a yeah. Long Island, because it works. You, it works. Yeah. In that, you get but that's it, up, man. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to get fucked, up, that's your goal. That's what you drink. You drink a yes. TKO or a Long Island iced tea. Long, get it Long over Island with. Guy. Yeah, here's three shots of liquor mixed together over crushed ice. There Isn't that go. the limit? Like, you can't order more than, like, a three ounces 
the like portion of liquor this was california i don't think so shot. i don't think there was a restriction <laughs> so california is weird because there's only three bars left or, or there might be two left now after the fires but there was three bars there was the black gate and then there was the one in pescadero where the only two uh, aside from the one i think may or may not have burned down where you can buy liquor and beer at the bar and take it with you rather than yeah. just Right. Um, I leave with they, it. They used there was only a handful of bars that were grandfathered right. at the beginning. Florida is like slowly that. closed down or burned yeah. down. See, in Texas During they the have pandemic, like BYOB. Oh, I would say in Texas they have like BYOB like clubs and bars yep. and stuff where you can just bring your own bottle. They look at your bottles, like you show it to them, and they're just like, Oh, okay. You just take your bottles in. In Kentucky, this was 50 years ago. They had drive-through liquor stores. And then, it, so you order like a pint of whatever. Did you want a uh, a cup with crushed ice? I mean, it was just blatant. So talk <laughs> yeah. about, you didn't have to get right. out of your car to walk inside and get it. Just drive through the drive through thing. Yeah, that uh, what's her name? Uh, that actress from uh, the original Double Jeopardy with um, with um, that actress that was in Big Valley. I always forget her name. Blonde, you know the mother. Big Valley, what was her name? Uh, Catherine, uh, uh, whatever. And then um, uh, Ed McMurray, they were, he was the uh, private eye, I think, or the, whatever. But they show him in the movie, you know, it was a very popular movie at the time. But that's what he does. He goes through a drive through liquor store and then he just pulls in the yeah. top of the store and pops that friggin' 40 ounces that he got or whiskey, but I forget what the hell it was that he was drinking as he's, you know, narrating to himself the background of what, you know, the thriller was about, you know, the plot. But yeah, he couldn't believe that. Holy shit, man. In Oregon, all liquor sales, not beer and wine, that's not considered liquor, but uh, distilled, uh, you know. Who you remember growing up? They weren't as strict as they are now. They weren't even close to being as strict. The state runs it. You can only buy liquor in a state. Yeah, you'd never get arrested for drinking and driving when I was a kid, ever. No, leave your car, come back and get it when you're sober, go home. Well, they'd even give you a ride home. Well, I just meant they control the prices. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody, I don't care if you're a bar that that runs through twenty bottles of scotch a day. You pay the same price per bottle as I do if I go in and buy one a month. So the prices, like to buy liquor, if you're going to stock your bar, you go over to Washington. You uh, you set up some other deal because you'll go broke. Sure. Yeah, it's, a, it's the same it. thing here in the East Coast, Canada. People just go to Quebec to get cases of beer and stuff. It's like half the price. The taxes are half. Yeah. It's yeah, just a case in like Sweden and Denmark. Back. I don't remember which country it is, but uh, they have a fairly long bridge, but it only takes like 20 minutes to drive across. And on one side of the bridge, a case of beer is like a hundred fucking dollars. It's an excessive, crazy amount. And on the other side, it's somewhat normal. It's either whatever, mm-hmm. 20 bucks or something. So constantly people are you know, crossing the bridge. Yeah, in Boston, they have it so strict. You, got, you know, all right. Boston pay a third more than anybody else pays in the stores. You know, in Quebec doesn't have cheap, Quebec doesn't have cheap liquor prices either. Yeah, but New Brunswick is bad. That's what I'm saying. It's bad if Quebec is cheap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's bad. <laughs> Cigarettes are like twenty bucks a pack now. Like that's how bad it is. Everything is like double. <laughs> I remember going up. Uh, to go back as a kid, oh, kid, 25th, uh, 2004, 2005. And 
it being like 15, 16 bucks for a pack of cigarettes and being like, this is stupid. And the other thing too, in Quebec, they have this stupid fucking pack sizes where like you can get a 20 pack, but they're individually wit. So they're not double wide, they're single wide. So the pack is like, you know, four yeah. packs wide. That's yeah. fucking annoying. Now it's literally completely standardized and every single cigarette looks the same except the name on the box. Does Canada have like the Native American smoke shops that like are yeah yeah more for sure yeah. priced? Oh no doubt yeah because we have those too and that's usually where we go. And and to be honest, that tobacco might be have less bullshit on it than normal, like uh, you know, corporate one. Yeah, I remember when that. Sh- I'm not even that old, and I remember when it was five bucks a pack. Hell's yeah, man! Exactly. I remember when gas was 86 cents a gallon and I'm like only like in my 30s, you know. Exactly. When I was young, a fucking 20 pack of Timbits was it came out and it was a toonie, two dollars. Now it's like a five sheet at least type thing. Hmm. And that's just in my lifetime. So it's gonna be bad in another 15 years. Sometimes we can go nowhere. Uh, everyone was pondering, Look, who's going to talk next? <laughs> no, uh, you, no, you, you go, you go. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I said I don't know if this is public knowledge or whatever, but if anyone, if anyone knows what the uh, rules are in France. Uh, maybe the the I don't know if this is private or not, so I guess I'm not going to repeat what we're talking about. But if anybody knows what's going on with CBD in France, if something has changed, I'd be curious because uh, uh, you rarely hear about it becoming illegal once it's been legal, mm. especially with something like CBD. But I don't, I don't what's Delta Eight like over there? Is that just still fully illegal? It's basically Overseas a way for, for states that haven't legalized medical yet to have fucking wreck, basically. <laughs> But I think it's completely illegal in the rest of the world, right? Like, it's basically just a loophole here, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So I think the rest of the world counts as a, T, a Delta 9 right. analog right. or similar so that they treat it basically as Delta right. 9. Right. Like, it's THC. Country. I don't give a fuck what Delta you're talking about. Yeah. As long as you see that THC. <laughs> fuck your Deltas. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, it would be exactly the same in uh, in my country. And I I have to say... It's been a year uh, that uh, France has been fighting against, uh, trying to be, to be fighting against uh, CBD because uh, they've been charged by the European community for not letting people uh, uh, medicate. And, uh, and so they were forced to, to, to let it uh, legal uh, for uh, two years now. And uh, yesterday I heard in the news that they banned uh, officially CBD flowers and leaves. So I don't know about harsh or oil or concentrates or anything like that or and, and topicals, but I I really I really were I'm really worried because uh, I can now be charged <laughs> for having selling flowers. You know the the, the law is uh, is retroactive, so I can, like- I can I can. Is it like the United States, though? There's a lot of states in the United States that don't allow CBD flour. <laughs> they still allow other CBD products. So there, it's not so much the production and cultivation of the plants that's an issue. It's how you're monetizing the retail sale of it. So 
No, I don't. I don't understand. But the problem is going to be uh, your. You, we won't be able to grow it for our own consumption, for our own personal use, and we will be. We will have to um, supply, get supply from outside the country. I guess. So what? What just happened in Germany? Because France is in the EU, and Germany just legalized weed. So is it like Canada now in Germany? What's up with that? I'm surprised. I'm surprised that I'm surprised that France is freaking out. Yeah, so Germany is finalizing drafting of their team. I don't think it actually passed the legislation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes. But the thing is, though, like I talked to some Swedish people, and weed is like still very taboo there. They're like they're not down with it. They can they drink all they want. They do pills, whatever, whatever. But weed is kind of still like ooh. Just so weird because they're so progressive and like you know as they're society, super progressive. Exactly, you know, it's so strange with the, and the only thing they hate is weed. It's fucked up. <laughs> I Germany switches. Germany's the the biggest economy in Europe. Uh, they're one of the biggest economies in the world. I want to say they're. Uh, they're like the EU leaders. Fourth yeah. or fifth economy in the world, right? Uh, the US yes. is the biggest. Uh, I want to say now uh, uh, China is probably second biggest. You know, Italy is always like third or fourth or fifth, blah, blah, blah. Uh, uh, Freaking Germany is gigantic. Just from an economic standpoint, for the, and the basically rule uh, Europe, which of course to, to many countries, 80 something million people, uh, they're... Uh, uh, whatever they say kind of uh, decides what the, where the European goes, at least between them and France. Uh, especially now that U- UK is gone, they don't get a fucking even a, a they don't get to wiggle their weenie or anything. Uh, it's freaking interesting, super interesting. Well, <laughs> Germany has has not legalized yet, and uh, from what I can hear, about, uh, in 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 green country, green state countries where it's been legalized in the US or anywhere in Europe, uh, it's it's still being a struggle to to grow cannabis or use it anyway. So. I don't. I don't have to make. I don't. I don't. I don't have anything to say more than uh, we are not criminals. We have. We've been proving it for years and years and decades. For most of us, I mean, violent crimes and 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 um, and theft are not caused always by uh, cannabis. It's caused by people <laughs> first. Well, and, first of all, uh, I wouldn't say that it's caused by cannabis in general. I mean, you know, I know what you mean. Like uh, uh, when something's no, illegal are... and profitable, there can be crime around it. But yeah, it's not like weed users are freaking crazy criminals or some shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If you wanted to ban crime or something, if that was your goal, you'd ban alcohol. Like, honestly. And that's something that no one ever discusses, but they'll make fun of weed people. But uh, talk to anybody. Talk to any weed people. Talk to any uh, alcohol people. Honestly, alcohol is the fucking aggressive one. I mean, there's probably more aggressive drugs, but I mean, of of legal drugs, fuck alcohol. Yeah, that's the, the, the one. Man. The pothead killer worldwide combined more deaths than all of the drugs. You want a real war on drugs? Ban nicotine. Right. The the True. pothead yeah. might take mushrooms, and the, the drunk <laughs> might do cocaine. It's yeah. pretty. It's common sense. Yeah. It's very destructive. Right. Yeah, you can't rationalize with drunk. This will be the way you can rationalize. Can't do it. I mean, uh, if having, I had to guess, I would say I was CBD being banned more has to do with the pharmaceutical lobby than anything else. Yep, yep. They want to make more money on it than uh, plants. 
uh, sell it to you in a pill form and so on. That was, uh, I remember reading about the uh, Polish legalization, which was basically just a cash grab. It looked like by some uh, uh, well-connected uh, politicians. They were import only, and they were importing from uh, Switzerland, I want to say, and importing basically at pharmaceutical prices for a country that's still a relatively poor country. In the, I mean, they're in the European Union, but they make salaries that are one-fourth, one-fifth, maybe what they are in Germany. So a lot of people go straight across the border to Germany uh, to make the money there. But the the prescriptions per month were going to be like $100, $150 for, I, I can't remember, a couple of grams of swag from Switzerland. And that was basically the equivalent of what, like $500? Uh, on, that was the cash price. So the, each patient would have to pay like five, 600 bucks in cash for a few grams of shitty, like powdered pre-ground Swiss uh, uh, wheat. It's such a fucked up program. Poland is now an authoritarian country. It's no yeah, longer. it's getting more and more that way. Absolutely. It wasn't that many years ago that Switzerland was one of the biggest producers of seeds that were right. sold here in the States uh, through, uh, well, he was based in London, but uh, I see Meg, uh, Nirvana Seed Boutique and uh, the Seed Bay, plus others. Because in some canons, my understanding was, not every cannon, but certain cannons, it was legal to produce seeds. It wasn't a national law, but a, a regional uh, situation. Accidental bannings. I think we got some accidental bannings. Decoy Bacon, are you butt banning people? Ban them all. <laughs> Ban them all. Oh, God, sort out Ban the them all. <laughs> Who's him dating? Uh, I think it was a butt banning. I hope it's not. Uh, I had these guys in moderate. Fuck it, we haven't had a, a knighting in a little while. I shall knight thee momentarily. Nice. I hope it's, it isn't some no till terrorist. <laughs> Organic terrorist? Yeah. That's it. Got yeah, we haven't talked about that for a while. He's got a microscope. Get him. Yeah. Strong Microbial collapse of the organic terrorists. Yeah. Gary D. Brady Ridley. Ridgely. Uh, arise, fellow knights of the chronic table. Yo, excuse my ignorance, but the whole thing around that was like the malted barley was going to cause too much microbe action. And eventually collapse the situation. Is that right. what he was saying? Well, yes. So, so okay. hold on. Before we get into this, feel me. So, Are we going to mention him or no? <laughs> we, it's almost hard to have this conversation. Without <laughs> All right. Because I've been the microbial collapse guy. All right. Just this one time because of fucking uh, of I didn't know. New Year's okay. Day miracle. Go for it. Okay. okay. I just wanted to cover that before we <laughs> Could get into this. <laughs> it should be a requirement, though. Every time you say his name, you have to make fart noises or something. I'll All do right, that. no, never mind. Never mind. I'll do that. <laughs> I just, the whole thing is that we just don't want to make the episode like this guy spent two hours talking about me instead of his own shit uh, on, on this presentation he was supposed to be doing on actual microbes. So we don't want to like have that same level of distraction. That's the reason why we we don't bring him up. Unless you're going to make right. fun of them and be very but anyway, Dank, that's exactly no. was his postulation that okay. because it he premised it by saying, "I'll agree that it does," you know, blah blah blah. But and then it's too much, so, man. yeah. So uh, what I he want likes to know big is, butts and he cannot lie. Having been involved 
indirectly, very, I want to put that in bold and underline, very indirectly with compost teas. And I understand every premise. I've read every the field guides and everything from Ingham, from Hussey's microbe man until I just couldn't take it anymore. And the whole premise is that we're going to raise the level of these microbes through the stratosphere. Okay, that's a worthy goal. But if you do it with malted barley, they're going to collapse like a bunch of uh, in a sex orgy. People laying around by the pool with a bottle of champagne in one hand and a glass in the other. Oh, and collapse. We, we, that, early arms. So, that, so that term microbial collapse originally came from his attempted takedown of what is called indigenous microorganism tech uh, in Korean natural farming, which has been practiced for three to 5,000 years. So for some Muppet to come out and be like, that shit doesn't work is about as ridiculous as like saying that like the sun doesn't come up in the morning. And I would right? make like, the same argument about Neem. Neem's been around for at least 5,500 years in the pre-Ayurvedic, which is the pre-Hindu. I mean, and because somebody has a brain fart and they heard about some one single guy that died, you know, in Northern India where, you know, come on. You so do hear a lot of anti-neem warriors out there. Oh, well, I know. Okay, okay, so so most of the neem stuff isn't so much around the neem meal. It's around this. So it's, it's like the chemical extract. Yeah, back in the old black market days, people were spraying entirely too much cold-pressed neem oil on the plants all the way until like flower, the end of flower, which regardless of how you feel about neem is not safe, right? And the side effects for azadiractin poisoning, if you're using it like the week of flower um, uh, and versus, um, uh, you know, drinking azadiractin are, are not that much different when it's combusted, right? So um, it, people were politely, not using politely, it as I politely disagree with you that the, what was being used is Azimax, Azitrol, all of which are grouped in the international fertilizer scene is as those ones are. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not talking about as, I'm as talking a pure. About I'm talking yeah. about specifically cold pressed neem oil, which is from who sold, was sold for quite a while. From whom? And this hydro what, stores. A lot of hydro stores. No, hydro it. stores did not carry neem oil. First cold of all, neem oil. Oh yeah, I've, I've they carried uh, Einstein oil. It's like Einstein, yeah, yeah, Einstein that, oil. That is yeah. not. That Einstein oil is adulterated. Stress. I've heard okay. that. Okay. Believe me, yeah. I know this sector. I can I can name every meme supplier in North America. And they were not uh, selling it. For folks, because uh, we like kill shots on this show. I don't know why, but we do. Uh, why is Einstein oil bad? Or why is it not good? Read the label. Basically, it has more than neem oil. Is that the Yes. Idea? It's not pure. Neither is Azatrol, neither is Azimac, neither is Azapure. I mean, I could go on all night long. I know what I'm talking about. the Build-A-Soil, because I saw at my grocery store uh, sell some uh, Build-A-Soil stuff. I guess they share a distribution network or whatever. Uh, That's how I've gotten my uh, Thermax and stuff in the past. Is their uh, neem oil good? Absolutely. The Azimax actually, I think, was hit by the the state of Oregon for having things that that were off-label. And and then the EPA, what five years ago, four years ago, just put a big. Right now, it's over. All of the ASA products were suspended. 
across the board. And I know that because a friend of mine was coming out with a product. They just got it bottled. It was called, uh, now we'll get into that. But again, it started out with as and then another word on the end of it. And he couldn't even get his uh, containers unloaded. In Los Angeles and Portland, the longshoremen wouldn't touch him. But I promise you that grocery stores have never, ever sold good neem. They've always sold extracts. And that's, that's the lie and the myth that is by people like by Scotty Granola and his associates. Actually, you you had a you guys almost glossed over it because your interview with uh, uh, Jeremy was so good. I think he mentioned that azadiractin is not even the most important pesticidal or 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 at least, uh, whatever a, a, a IPM based compound. I don't remember how he said it, but he mentioned this is something I didn't know because I've always thought that azadiractin was the thing in neem that kills the bugs. Uh, but he said that Nothing it's the highest kills. by volume and easiest to extract. Yes. So I was like, right. oh, no fucking wonder everybody sells it. Is there something that's better yes. than neem? Yes, nimbin. First of all, hmm. neem does not kill insects. Neem prevents the insect from reproducing. Anti-feeding. Oh, okay. Anti Reproduction. Okay. There's a whole bunch of others. But as far as you can drink neem, they, they put neem in toothpaste. Mm -hmm. They put neem in, in lotion and shampoos and soap. I know who's behind this whole neem thing. I watched it from the beginning. So no one's going to bullshit me. All right. I know exactly who is involved and who the puppets are. And Scotty Granola isn't smart enough to come up with this on his own. He's just aping the bullshit of somebody else. And I know who that somebody else is. And I'm not going to back off this. I've got a book that was 35 years in the writing. It's 900 pages. Somebody wants to read it and discuss it with me. It's all on the neem tree. 35, 36 years, excuse me. But what does nimbin do, for example? Does it do the same thing? Nimbin is, uh, is uh, reproduction. In fact, they use it mm. in human and livestock birth control. Mm. It prevents the ovulation cycle. I've heard okay. the name, yeah. Uh, yeah. Is it sold in a commercial product? I don't know. Uh, Potent, do you know if nimbin is sold or is it just uh, as a product? No, it's in, no, no, no. It's in products oh, like uh, birth control pills. But I mean, for like the IPM sector, it'd be funny if we were oh, I spraying, don't know. why are you spraying birth control products on your weed? Right. Well, you see. <laughs> Here's the big argument about against Keeps them from getting it's, seen. It's, it's, it. <laughs> why would anybody want to have you use Prevents a product that provided, <laughs> that, that provided a defense against uh, pathogenic fungi, powdery mildew, and insects? Would you want to go after it? Well, of course you would. So, so but the oil itself, the oil itself is omega three, omega six, omega nine. Boo. So this okay. is a triterpenoid. Is it's also produced by mushrooms, or is it strictly by? Yes. And also, now let's look up what how much neem played the role in recently in the last two years as far as COVID in India. It's also antiviral. By the way, I keep meaning to say this. I might as well <laughs> just say it out loud for anyone listening. If you have an iPhone, 
Uh, there's an Easter egg that I discovered a little bit ago. Uh, type Happy New Year to a friend of yours, uh, let's say in text message. And then basically, if they have an iPhone, uh, they'll get the the the, the cool uh, Easter egg. But then you'll also get the Easter egg as soon as you do it. Uh, if you also have an iPhone, as soon as you type Happy New Year, then also type the words pew, pew. Like in Star Wars, just type pew, pew. And your iPhone will do something fun. You obviously don't have to do it. But I'm, I'm amused that the phones now have these cool Easter eggs. So Steve, if you I literally type Happy New Year and send it, it'll, it'll do some fun stuff. Go ahead. What, what, yep. are you, what are your feelings in general on, on uh, biodynamics? Mine? Uh, no, no, uh, Steve. I mean, uh, um, what, what are you referring to yeah. when you say biodynamics? As an agricultural uh, mythology approach to agronomy, how, how do you feel about biodynamics in general? Like the, the, the one they use in Finhorn. Yes, yes. Yes, You're yes, talking of about like soil food web and all that stuff? Or, or? Well, no, I mean, come uh, on. Dynamics, well, I can show him. Uh, uh, you're talking about yeah, the I whole, uh, the well, Coot sometimes, he's he's doing an admirable job of not making fun of it. Uh, he's talking about the moon blood and the horns and blah, blah, blah. But it's that whole Rudolph Steiner stuff, right? Oh, yeah, from, I don't believe in any of the moon cycle shit and all that. It comes uh, from anthropology. I, I haven't seen any of that, actually. I will. Oh, okay, one exception. When you're pruning plants, if you're trying to kill a plant, I have seen in personal observation, when you're trying to just whack every last leaf off of it and cut it back, under certain moon conditions, it seems to not grow back quite as quickly. But it could also have been other circumstances that caused that. All right. So it... The, the group is called Demeter after the Greek or the Roman goddess of agriculture. Right? Yes. And each country has a Demeter group, if they choose to, enough members. So there's a Demeter group in America, plus some states have. Anyway, you get the idea. There's a Demeter group in New Zealand and Australia and go on and so on. The biggest one in the world, the biggest one in the world is in India. It's incredible how many members there are. Guess what their patron pesticide and fungicide is? Neem. Does Scotty want to go up against biodynamics too? And get those people on his ass? I'd like to try. That's a lot of money. I'm I'm sure he's thinking. The, the the thing about the moon thing and stuff like you were just showing in the text it said it's kind of like based on sympathetic magic oh and yeah they're, they're oh, assuming yeah. they're assuming that you believe in that and yes you you, you have zero doubt in right? yourself yeah. and there's no doubt about it that it's going to work and it might actually work it's hard to say but right <laughs> you know okay no, no no let's just break down how stupid it is to use menstrual blood for plants <laughs> yeah, that sounds crazy. That let's sounds just crazy. talk this out. Okay. No, so let's really. Just, let's just set aside how idiotic. <laughs> really you really need to talk this out. Exactly. I feel like let's everybody here. I was so convinced <laughs> earlier. Dang it. From huh. a chemical standpoint, how stupid this is. All right. So you have iron. The whole iron concept is that you get the iron and some of the other things from it. Now, that would be great if the iron was an immediately oxidized yeah, to the FE form. <laughs> Can I say something first? The FE2 form now. Before we go any further, can I say something? Rudolf Steiner was not an agronomist. (laughs) Rudolf Steiner never grew a goddamn plant in his life. (laughs) Rudolf Steiner was a thinker. 
You may not agree. He, for 20 years, he headed up the Theosophy Society in Germany, for Christ's sake. I mean, is there room to question these practices? Well, my, yes. I would question whether or not he identified as Rudolf Steiner, if he's writing about moon blood, or if he's actually <laughs> he Rudolf didn't. Steiner. That's the problem. Rudolf Steiner died at 25 or <laughs> 26. Bimeter didn't get formed until He does have an early lecture on blood, actually. Laughing. Okay. Yeah, I'm not arguing. I mean, he probably no, my, did. My point is, is that the blood is oxidized, so it's an FE3 yeah, iron form rather than hey, that's the least. Form, so it's not plant available. Hey, so even if That's did, the like, least of the goopiness. Sticking yarrow flowers in a goddamn bull's horn and burying it for a year at midnight and then digging it up a year later. Brown quartz. Okay, okay. I do believe in the whole Viking horn thing with preserving the microbes below the frost line for the springtime. I I definitely think that works the same way as like store-bought microbes work at the store in in terms of jump-starting it. And I I think there's a little bit of historical Yeah, is that what they call spring around here? I, I that's like a the sun thing comes that I think out, is know? separate from this okay. other discussion that we're having. Okay. The Vikings certainly didn't put period blood on their plants. I think we're pretty sure. <laughs> <of them. laughs> we can be sure, certain of that. that I, I, no, they, I, use, they use I, blood eagle, uh, <laughs> blood eagle blood instead. No, what I picture are, are like these two teams made up of uh, what I like to call the bikini car wash rejects. of the Crips. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, they got the blue shirts over here and the red shirts, and they're flinging tampons on this side and this side through on Kotex, you know, at midnight. And, uh, you know, these spirits come down and fix whatever problems are in your soil. It, no, it certainly beats uh, you know, rolling the dice with barley. Dave Chappelle thing. Yeah. <laughs> these people really need to get it in life. What happens when no, this. I- what happens when it's always still, yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. that I've ever met that wants to use the whole moon blood thing has always been some whack fucking chick that either formerly or currently lived in Humboldt. Oh, no argument out of me. Okay. <laughs> You're being kind. How many <laughs> wolf me, dogs does she have? Yeah, let me give you the uh, Clackamas <laughs> coot uh, definition, okay? Mm-hmm. First of all, we got to think about Elmer Fudd's institutionalized family members, right? Steiner, actually, uh, he did also inspire the uh, Waldorf schools as well, which are quite right. prominent and, right. and highly regarded, I do believe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He was like a polymath, more or less. He was a lecturer. Pretty cool. You, you, yes. you know, you yeah. take some, you leave some of it, you know. Right. Yeah, well, I think some of his composting stuff is decent, but I think some of it's his, his followers. Way the fuck out there. Steiner himself yeah. was a decent man, but his followers—it's kind of like Jesus. That's why yeah. he separated from. That's why he separated from Theosophy. He was like, man, right. these people are Fruit Loops. He made his own thing. Yeah, yeah it sounds uh, like Jiddu uh, Krishnamurti. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he kind of turned <laughs> his back on the whole and said, that, and then he hooks up with Huxley in like thirty-eight. And they they were like well until he passed away, but they were like uh, twenty five year friends, and uh, that was quite a. Uh, what about that other Oregon guru that tried to poison the town? Oh yeah, the purple guy. Yeah, yeah. Ignatius. Yeah. That's the the only documented uh, well to this day uh, uh, biological attack on U.S. soil. 
the yeah. Rajneeshis tried to poison the salad buffet in Eastern Oregon. And for a city council I mean, it's ridiculous in retrospect, but it was serious shit back then. If, the if, dude if, drove like 57 Rolls Royces. Yeah. I mean, he was embezzling fucking Oregon mountains desert. of cash. In the yeah. middle of the Oregon desert, he's got like this fleet of uh, Rolls Royces. Rolls Royce Phantoms, I think they were. Yeah, they yeah, had to be yeah, the yeah. top of the line. Yeah, they yeah. were all customized for him in weird ass colors. Yeah. And he plotted to produce the devil's lettuce to, to poison people. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> this is crazy. Well, no, this yeah. is Oregon. Only in Oregon. There's a great documentary on it called Wild Wild Country. That's really good. Well, fellas, I think I'm going to run. Everyone have a good day. Yeah, you too, man. Have a good year. Yes, man. Peace. Man, yeah, happy, happy New Year. Right? Happy New Year, brother. Cheers, bro. Peace. Bye-bye. I'm looking up Bhagwan Rajneeshi. Oh, shit. I'm misspelling his name. We've had a lot of gurus in Oregon over the last right. 50 years. Is it slightly like a Cali vibe type thing? A lot of yeah. like, I think it is. Yeah, honestly. And, yeah, yeah. Same kind of thing. They kind of make fun of those, like the, the dude in Silicon Valley. Uh, what is it? Uh, Gavin Belson or whatever. He had the the like freaking guru that was with him that was totally just into money and stuff. Uh, we've had a few of those through here. I actually knew a couple of people who fucked off and joined the Rajneeshis. And the worst part is that they were intelligent people. Yeah, uh, one chick was like a Osho. Oldest. That was his nickname. I kept trying. Osho. Yes, thinking, yes. What was his name? Yeah. His, uh, yeah. <laughs> During his lifetime, uh, born Chandra Mohan Jain. During his lifetime, he was viewed as a, oh, was he a Jain? I don't know. Uh, he was viewed as a controversial new religious movement leader and mystic guru. He rejected institutional religions. Rajneesh emphasized the importance of free thought, meditation, mindfulness, love, celebration, courage, creativity, and humor. Qualities that he viewed as being suppressed by adherence to stat static belief systems, religious dogmas and traditions, and socialization. Socialization. Uh, in advocating a more open uh, attitude to human sexuality, he caused controversy in India during the late 1960s and became known as the sex guru. Uh, and then yeah, I wonder Rajneesh. why he was successful in America. Yeah, right. Yeah. The the worst part is with you know scam artists like this. A lot of the stuff they preach. This is the famous. You know, when you said uh, California, a lot of those folks are looking for a better way, right? I guess you could yeah. ask them. You know, like they don't yeah. think they're being inauthentic or whatever. They're trying to actually find a better way, but uh, for one reason or another, they're they're led astray. But like I said, the couple folks that I knew. I mean, I was like fucking ten years old or something. But uh, uh, these people were like pretty clever people. One of them was like a, a friend of my mom. She seemed like a pretty normal, uh, a cool person, and she fell hook, line, and sinker for this dude. And and as you can see, oh, like, man, who doesn't like mindfulness, beach? love, celebration, courage, creativity, humor, right? I know that story. Uh, the church in Laguna, they got taken over by the uh, the minister, went on a trip and came, he got converted or whatever, found God or something, and came back. And so pretty soon it's like the, the original Christians that went to this little village church there on Laguna Canyon Road. And then the, the purple people, they called them. Hmm. Because they always wore the, you know, the, the thing, and uh, it was a big controversy in Laguna Beach in around eighty, around the time of the Olympics, when they were uh, doing bike stuff out in El Toro and all that, and when with uh, the uh, Festival of the Arts and uh, you know all that shit, yeah, the Rajanishis and versus the Christians, 
who owned the church and you know who actually owned the real the, uh, the deed you know it was really a a big deal it does actually go pretty deep because uh, i think like the un and stuff they actually have like meditation rooms that are sponsored by like the theosophists the loose the yeah. loosest trusts and stuff right it's uh it's pretty fruit loopy and it's not good not not in a good way no no yeah so yeah far-reaching at every level he wiretapped and bugged his own homes and the homes of other oh, yeah. people in the commune yeah uh poison potential poisonings of public officials in oregon Oh yeah, uh, there was an attempted uh, murder of a personal physician. Weren't they trying it's, to get the attorney, the U.S. attorney? I think you're right. Yeah, yeah something like really stupid. I mean, it sounds like is, it sounds like it was a pretty big deal, kind of like Scientology, but not. Oh, as it was a big group. Yeah, they had a huge compound, and yeah, it was a, it was a big deal. We like I said, we joke about it now, but uh, he had was it like a thousand there. acres or something? I think yeah, and it was a lot of people too. I want I yeah. want to say it was in the thousands of people too. It was nuts. Fifty eight, he died. Look at that. I, that's young. I know, right? God. You're like, man, you had fifty eight yeah. freaking uh, Rolls Royces, but he also died at the age of fifty eight. That's kind of fucking yeah. Makes you think Heart of it. Failure. It, yeah, sounds like he, it sounds like he was a glutton. He was a glutton, right. I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah. You'd think, yeah. I think not. Right. Or the other amazing people. <laughs> Heaven's know. Gate. Yeah, there's yeah. Mike. There, see, there's right. a group so I could get behind. <laughs> those awesome. people those people had it right. Heaven's that's, Gate. That's the I, one. That's the one, man. Right there. Here we go. You guys all get in your plastic sleeping bags. Now zip them up. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Now this they, is the best were they part the Haley of the thing. Well, they 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 Haley at least they're easier alive. to carry out of the house. I Haley guess, Bob, right? yes, it is. They are the Haley Bob people. Yeah, yes. the website. Oh, yeah. You can still see every last bit of crazy this guy wow. came up with, all of his videos. <clears> the, oh, the, the Haley Bob Comet. Like, isn't there an yeah. early Deep Purple record cover that's a comet? Probably. It's just, it's just funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is the, you know, our position against suicide. Maybe yeah, it's Uriah Heat. Right. Maybe it's not the. No, it is Deep Purple for okay. sure. Okay. But, okay. Yeah. I just. <laughs> yeah. Uriah Heat yeah. is pretty cool too, though. I have the shirt yeah. right there. Uh, magician's and birthday. Also, just like Dream Other than the fact that the lead guitarist sounded like he had mittens on when they cut the album. I think that uh, they were also involved with the band uh, Weed. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Pre yeah, yeah. pre Uriah Heat, which is yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Uh Ken Hensley or something, was it? Or well, remember uh like Mystery to Me, God, uh Fleetwood Mac before they got groovy. Yes, yes. You know, with the uh, Stevie Nicks and her husband, boyfriend, whatever. But the, I mean, like right after the uh Hate Ashbury scene, Mystery to Me, I remember. And something forest. They were like with Peter Green, who later like was unfortunately suffered from schizophrenia and died uh, young, very young before he's thirty. But um, yeah, when they were really blues, not pop. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. The first records, most likely. Usually, yeah, the first, yeah, the first yeah. one or two are the best. Right. Right. Yeah, that's the era. Yeah. Yeah. Just like they started I, out in San Francisco, you know, yeah. the, the days of the Bill yeah. Graham's uh 
Yeah, did, two like, venues. You know? Did did you play like a iron yeah, butterfly but, uh, heavy back in the day? No, but I just found out that okay, everybody had that goddamn tape, you know, in a goddamn Yes, yes. Well, come to find out that when they re- the day they recorded that, the lead singer was drunk on his ass, and he was supposed to say in the Garden of Eden. And it, <laughs> yeah, and it it's a jumble. Out, yeah, it's just jumbled up. <laughs> and that was like the drummer. That was a one take. Sick. That whole that whole. I mean, that's amazing. He was like yeah. sixteen or seventeen or something. Wow. And that was it. It was yeah. talking about was a one hit wonder. Thirteen minutes or something, right? Thirteen yeah. minutes or something. Then it I was know over. the DJs in Boston used to play it when they had to go take a leak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of good stuff from those days, man. I wish I was born uh, during those times. If someone starts playing Midnight Train or some other obnoxious ass garbage in your uh, local bar and they have the iPlay or iTunes, whatever the fuck it is, um, you know, uh, it's in all the different bars to play music. The longest song that I'm aware of that you can play on there is by um, uh, Herbie Hancock, a Chameleon. It's like 14 minutes and 58 Dude. seconds. Yeah. And it I got a better watermelon intro beat. You play like an orchestral piece, like places like fucking Beethoven Ninth or something. Lines. It's like an over an hour long. Like yeah, it's a great Beethoven. song if you're into like funky jazz music. But people lose their minds over yeah. it. It's fucking great. It's great to torture I actually had the 70s. Speaking of weed fucking over people, are you guys familiar familiar with like uh, Rocky Erickson from the 13 floor elevators? Rocky Erickson? No. Anyways, yeah, he got fucked over in in, uh, the South Texas for weed. Completely railroaded his life in in the seventies, and now is completely legal. He was a musical genius, and they ruined his life because of a joint. Dude, Echoes by or Pink Floyd is my go-to. It's like tw- like almost a half hour long. It's like twenty three minutes. Hey, you or- want to get really tweaky? Is listen to Miles Davis' "Bitches Brew" that album? Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, but be prepared. This is. A really big deviation from rock or anything. 1970 Pharaoh's Dance, Bitches Brew, Spanish Key. Yeah, it sounds like it's fucking cool, dude. Yeah. He used to play when he would play a venue. (laughs) He would turn his back to the audience and would be playing towards the back of the building because he didn't want their input affecting his. you Would know? he be like singing to the drummer or just to a wall? <laughs> to a wall. Miles I mean, Davis was a fucking massive narcissist. He was singing to himself. Okay. He thought he was hot shit. Uh, he was really the interesting. Thing was, he, he was, was a very hot good, shit, man. Oh, he was, was hot shit. But for example, Charlie yeah. Parker was every bit the same hot shit as he was. Bird, Charlie Parker was Bird, a notorious yeah. Charlie Bird. Was uh, 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 Charlie Bird Parker, I guess they call him. He was an uh, uh, incredible saxophonist, technically amazing. His musical style was fucking amazing uh, and every bit as influential on jazz, uh, yeah. but uh, uh, a really, really super nice guy, but his style is super frenetic. Like, and then you were in the gamut. And uh, you would assume kind of by listening to him, that's the asshole. 
Whereas Miles Davis, he's all chill. His music is all fucking vibey and just like, oh my God, so awesome. Turns out he was a notorious asshole and yeah, everybody yeah. fucking hated him. Can't, can't but he was him. a genius musician. So complete opposites. But look at the guy there. like uh, Brubeck. Yeah, like Super one, nice of, the, guy. one yeah. of the most famous. Yeah, but yeah, one of the nicest people in the arrows, you know, in the music and uh, I wouldn't call it an industry, but the mu- music sector and his jazz albums are still selling today mm-hmm. and pl- being played on you know we have mount hood uh, jazz station here locally so there's you know portland has a long history of jazz going back to the earliest days in the 30s um Except all the jazz clubs have closed it's really too bad yeah. well i know yeah jimmy max now is like a wine bar yeah and darcelle one of the best jazz guys I know, uh, you might have heard of him, it's uh, Graham Bond. Have you heard? He's from the UK. He played with uh, Ginger Baker and uh, oh, Jack, yeah, okay, okay. Jack yeah, Bruce. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah, he played yeah. with Jack Bruce and Ginger Baker. Uh, Graham Bond. The he died. Yeah. Yes, yes. He died. He was an organist, a uh, singer, and a saxophonist. He was a genius, but he was completely whacked out. He would like, you know, take acid and heroin and cocaine, like all at the same time type thing. And uh, he died, like ran over by a train. Randomly. Yeah. 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 I mean, she, the bird, was, you know, Charlie Bachman died at 33 and the, when the paramedics got there, you know, they be a coroner at the time, obviously. Um, you know, you would think after he, listening- he, he was 68, a man of six in his 60s, and he was only 33 years old. But Chet Baker, too. Chet Baker, he died, on, you know, quote unquote. Drunk and on heroin, falling out of a hotel window, ten floors up or something in Paris. You know what I mean? So they all died. We had death. Some mm-hmm. look at a guy like Frank Zappa. I mean, you look at him. I he listened to some of his music, but he never did drugs. It was that was never part of his. He he was a super heavy on coffee, right? Yeah, 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 but, yeah. He never <laughs> smoked weed even or nothing. I mean. It, I mean, there was plenty of opportunities. At one time, yeah. if you wanted to make it in LA to get a recording contract or get into, you know, play at the right clubs like the whiskey and what have you, you had to go through Zappa. Zappa was like the OG of rock and roll on, at the LA level. You know, didn't he must- record a bit with Grand Funk Railroad? Yeah, I mean, yeah, and, and also at a even- farm at the GFR farm. I think Zappa went there. And Pretty also cool. some of the That's early cool. stuff with what later became known as rap, you know, <laughs> with Dre, uh, Dr. Dre and what have you. Uh, yeah, yeah. He was a recording because he wasn't, didn't show up drunk, wasn't doing coke. I mean, the guy was a serious business and musician, a business guy and, and musician, you, you know, reliable. You could like, I'm sure, contracts. speaking of Zappa, I'm sure you've seen like baby snakes. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Centerville is a wonderful place to raise your children. Yeah. That cl- that claim nation is off the fucking hook, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw him play on Steve Allen when he took he brought the bike out when he started playing the bike. They, uh, they, Who uh, else would uh, name their kid Moon Zappa? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's his, what's his son's name? What's his son's name? I forget. Dweezel. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. Dweezel. Watch out where the huskies go. Don't be eat that yellow snow. Watch out where the huskies go. Amit and Dweezel. Wait, hold on. What was it? Moon Unit White? I could totally see Elon naming his kids something. Well, that was his name. <laughs> in, in, last name was Zappa, of course, was Moon Unit. Wasn't there a Moonbeam? I thought it was Moonbeam. Yeah, Beam. see, Elon. Zappa. Elon would be all over that. 
<laughs> oh, was it? It's a moon unit point. or moon beam? I don't know. 45 no, years ago. The moon, moon unit is, the, is his son. And the moon Valley Girl's son. No, moon unit is the... Never mind. You guys, never mind. <laughs> Valley Girl song. She had that Valley Girl song in the early 80s. We'll get it. They but, played yeah. at our graduation at the uh, <clears throat> Disneyland. They're right across the street from Disneyland, the Anaheim Convention Center. The Mothers of Invention at the Anaheim Convention. All night uh, open party. What about <laughs> a canned heat? Canned heat? Oh, yeah. yeah. Going yeah. up the country. Yeah. Yeah. And that boogie music. That's yeah. a really good one. Yeah. Boogie music. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. They were like, uh, they were a record. They would, uh, you know. Amphetamine Annie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. They would exchange in records and they started yeah. selling pot and all that stuff. And, of course, yeah. you know, all that good stuff. So. They were the outlaw of, of yes. uh, music in 69. Yes, no doubt. That era, yeah. 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 That's when we had uh, four-track tapes. Or were they shitty? Uh, but that was the only sound system, you know, such as it was. And yeah, oh, reverb, reverb speakers, you know, so yeah, pr pretty rough. By um, the standard. fuzz probably started to come into the fuzz, the distortion. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. By six, that 67, matter. 68, you know, yeah, yeah. it's really but it was cool. When you're cruising Whittier Boulevard, you listen to the uh, God, what was the name of that band that did Whittier Boulevard? Uh, East LA group, but yeah, I mean, that's where you went on Friday night was to cruise up and down the boulevard and show off your car. Well, they do cruise nights at many places anymore. Now it's like maybe a parking lot on the first Friday of a month or something. My mom used to run the hot sheets for all the different car clubs. Yeah, I was yeah, never in the car scene, them. I was in the I was a pot smoker. Yeah, so. my uh. <laughs> Our parents were always, uh, my dad has a six-car garage in his backyard and restores muscle cars kind of as a, you know, side hustle hobby. Hells yeah. My first uh, buy was, uh, cool. bulk buy was a kilo, Mexican kilo for $55. And I made uh, 40 ounces at $10. Not ounces, he didn't weigh it, he just you know, stuffed it in a baggie. Well, thank um, so yeah, it was a. It was either called. It's called a can or a lid. Yeah, lid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. lid. Yeah, yeah. And ten dollars each. And boy, if they didn't get forty joints, they were like shaking their finger in your face how you ripped them <laughs> off, and you know, Yoda's somewhere. I only got thirty-eight joints. You know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It was during the days that you would get people would literally have bags of joints. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a thing. It was a thing yeah. to have a bag of joints. <laughs> and I always use the yellow fact. The, wheat, the wheat straw papers, you know, yellow submarine. Yeah. My brother and I used to get a, get a quarter pound. I was in seventh grade. He was in eighth grade. We get a quarter pound and we'd roll it all up at night, clean a little yeah. bit, but barely take any seeds out. Just only the big lumber would come out. We'd roll up all in joints and we'd go down to what we call the perps at our junior high school. Seven in the morning before school started. And we literally within a half an hour, bucket joint, we'd be completely out. The whole quarter pound be gone. <laughs> buck, buck a joint, buck a joint, buck a joint. And the whole school was lit. The whole school was lit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why does everybody smell their, like we? Yeah. <laughs> their masks, picking their, picking their booze. Yeah. I went, field, field trip days. I got thrown out of the main high school and we used to have a, I was at a secondary school 
and it was like a small schoolhouse. It was like, you know, two floors, each floor had maybe enough room for like 22, 24 kids. And we could walk to the local general store where they had like sandwiches. Like it was like a sandwich shop slash general store, like old school style, like corner store. Like yeah, a yeah. bodega where they had like a little kitchen, you know what I mean? They make a bunch of different stuff. So that we were allowed to walk there if we wanted to at lunchtime because they could like watch us go the whole way there. And that, that was in and middle that, school? No, high school. Um, high school. Okay. Usually yeah. in high school, you can just leave, but okay. Well, okay. anyways, where we were, anyways, long story. Yeah. Anyways, um, so we used to smoke weed, you know, going back and forth to there and come back and with all of us, our eyes would be beet red and they'd be like, you know, what are you going to do about it? And then I ended up smoking with one of those teachers at an after at a party later on in Lansdale, uh, you know, off school hours and, and all that oh, shit. Yeah. Kind of funny. And after that, we never got shit. <laughs> yeah. I, I never got in shit personally, and I was like super fucking danking out and nothing the whole time. Four years, nothing. And my old band teacher came in and bought weed for me at the dispensary I was working at a couple years ago. That was really cool. <laughs> and I still started selling weed for a while. If you're respectable, you they don't about do like the corruption of today's youth and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I was like, I other. knew you smoked weed. It was like, <laughs> I knew it. Like I fucking knew he was a pothead. Like he always was fucking his eyes were always like like this during class and shit. Yeah, we Making had like a chill, we had a chill French teacher, and like instead of getting me and my friend in trouble, she just said she brought us outside the class and said. Man, I'm high standing next to you guys. Like you guys should tone it, tone it down a little bit before I get in trouble. <laughs> it was just cool, man. So <laughs> if you if you're passing and everything, I mean they, they can't really say shit if you're not causing trouble. So guys hook up with any of your teachers after you graduated? I wish. Miss Jacobson. Shoo. And my uh you mean like uh like uh, like, uh, like cardinally? Did you know them cardinally? Yo, I do there was <laughs> all right, we had a my, ninth grade English teacher. My male seventh grade teacher wound up marrying one of his ex students like later on in life. And she was like nineteen, and you know, he was like like forty. You know, it's kind of weird. Legal, but weird. Yeah, uh, one of my worst teachers did the same kind of thing. We had a situation with like a rugby coach or something with some chick, but I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> we had an incident with a, a one of the guys that was or one of the English teachers at my school. He was like I don't know in his forties or fifties, but he was a neo-Nazi, and oh. he <laughs> was breaking up a fight. And one of the kids ripped his shirt off, and they showed his swastika tattoos, and that's how he lost his job. And it was like. Oh, you know, wow. that's kind of whack, though, a little bit. But oh, yeah, the guy shouldn't have had uh, the job in the first place, but it was still weird. It's crazy. Yeah. School's so fucking different now, though. Like, um, how much did we used to like get into fist fights and all this other stuff and kids would get charged like catch cases now for this shit that we used to do like fuck hmm. I, I, like collectively on this how many different fist fights did we all get in in elementary school and middle school like yeah you couldn't do that now and now it's like 40 kids have this fights, on but, video yeah. on their iphones like yeah right. <laughs> 
but I've joked about this, like all kinds of stuff that used to be normal is not normal anymore. Like oh, uh, yeah. I used to know a few kids that as a prank would go out and like shoot off like pipe bombs. Like yeah, now that would get the FBI on your ass and you'd be in so oh, yeah. much fucking trouble. But they would, I mean, I'm not talking about like pipe bombs at a school or something like that. I'm just, I'm talking about an empty field somewhere. There's nothing oh, yeah. but a corn and they blow a hole in it. And everyone's like, ha ah, ha, Johnny's blowing up pipe bombs again. We used to drill holes in trees and then we'd, we'd pack those full of, uh, oh man, alleged fun things. How about right. that? Um, uh, <laughs> and then we would set those off. And the idea was, and we did this a couple of times. If you do a big enough blast the right way, it'll lift the tree off the stump and it'll drop down onto the bottom of the stump and then split the tree up. Like, like well, as it hits, impacts the, the thing and split the tree apart. It's, mm. it's pretty cool to, to, to do. And that was always kind of the goal is to try and like blast the tree to where it would go up and down and then shatter. Mm. Um, but we used to do that a whole bunch. Uh, and man, if you got caught even like trying to make the stuff for that now, they'd fucking... Oh, having a, a thing until you're 25 dude i heard yeah. one of my older cousins talking about like making a dry ice bomb just like the concept of like putting it in a two liter and you know put a lid on and then to blow up and i like i wrote it on some school paper and they like called my mom and shit like your son's talking about making bombs and shit <laughs> your son got a copy of the anarchist cookbook you should True. check in with yeah, yeah. <laughs> kids in my kids in my school uh, had uh, rifles in their truck Cause they would be, they would go hunting after school, you know, yeah, just like yeah. some kids That's would have fishing rods. Stuff. A lot of times they'd have this, yeah. the same, same kid would have fishing rods and rifles. But yeah. Can you imagine rolling up to school now in a, with a rifle in the back of your car? I got you on better. Our <laughs> high school was one of the most uh, accomplished in all of Pennsylvania. We used to have a rifle team and they had a full range next Is to it? the gymnasium that you could have up to eight people shooting at once. And it was a public range and, and off school hours, the public in the County, uh, and township could come and you could go, if you had a firearm, you could come register with them, you know, sign up for your timesheet and use the range, which was super cool. But they didn't use it for the school anymore. Like the students were not allowed to, but it used to be the competition range for the rifle team for the high school, which used to be a normal thing in, in high schools uh, was to have rifle teams. Can you imagine yeah. if they had fucking gun yeah. teams now? People would lose their fucking minds. Isn't that like Olympics? Is that such a bad thing? It is. Yeah. Well, I don't. Well, okay. Let's just look at it this way. If you really want to get into that, the reason why they have the rifle stuff is in there is basically like, hey, if we need these kids to fight a war, at least they know how to shoot a gun. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, there's no sure. positive motivation as to why they're doing that. Like, we could uh, we can all support you know uh, homesteading. What in the Olympics? Oh, and I disagree. Uh, I but but I think that's why it's in school. But I also believe that like we do need to teach kids about uh, education when it comes to guns. If kids do know how to pull a round out of it, they can disarm a dangerous situation and not be afraid of the damn thing. And I think that's half the time these kids are either see them in a video game and it's this fun play thing, or they're terrified to touch the thing and they don't even understand how to like ensure that it's in safe mode. Right. It, like, it's they don't it know how to sounds... check the chamber for a bullet. They don't know how to take a clip. But I found a gun when I was six years old. My grandparents sat me down along with my sister. We disassembled the whole thing. They showed us like this is how you take the ammo out of things so that it doesn't hurt nobody. And it was just like an educational moment, right? And I still remember that to this thing. That should be in schools, right? Like how to not shoot your fucking friend if somebody finds a gun. Like, well, I was just gonna say shit. 
it sounds like the, the the range at the school would almost serve the purpose of like uh, dispensing like a free hunting licenses to the students because that's usually associated with the government, like the DMV and stuff. Because I think back in the day, didn't they used to like do the driving? Like you, yeah, you, get, you get you almost get your license through school before I think. Oh yeah, in fact, our our high school so, also has a whole used to have a whole driving thing as well. Yes, it sounds like that. They were it was they were using the school as like a DMV. One by one, they've cut all that stuff out. They yeah. cut out shop. They've cut out art. They cut out music. You name it. Uh, yeah. uh, not too long ago, I met somebody who used to be uh, used to be a German teacher, qualified to be a German teacher, has all the the, the credentials to be a German teacher, but then was shuffled. Also, I think uh, an art teacher. Both the foreign languages and arts programs were cut. The athletics program was not cut, weirdly enough. I mean, you know, both of those are good. I'm not anti-athletics program. But for some reason, everyone is gung-ho for the football team. But they cut <laughs> out all the other stuff. Wouldn't you know it? As we were discussing it, shop is gone. Uh, uh, auto repair is gone. Uh, even the home ec department is fucking gone. But they still do have the, the football team. It's just the priorities are baffling to me. Like, why don't you want those programs? If you're complaining about kids these days, well, why don't you want kids these days to know how to fix a car or fucking rebuild a bicycle or I don't even know what cook dinner, fucking manage their finances. I mean, I, I just don't Work understand why people keep cutting all this shit away. Work some wood, man. Who doesn't like people who don't like to, who know how to work wood? Set. How much wood would woodchuck chuck and woodchuck could chuck wood? See, people don't ask that enough. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we made it to the 420. We are bruised battered and beaten but we have made it we finally made it we're in a new year can you believe it charlie's firm can you believe it we're in a new year man we did it yeah somehow yeah. by hook or by hook or by crook. It, i was gonna say by hook or by crook. right yeah <laughs> about right that's yeah. how we got here no matter how you want to say somehow it. Made it. do you think we're gonna somehow top the first week of last year <laughs> oh, yeah. remind me last year was about 47 years in my life well what happened the first week yeah. of last year <laughs> of the century went by right oh, fuck. no january 6th was, uh, oh yeah well depending on who you ask that was either a fun jaunt in the park or the fucking burgeoning terror of our you know coming futures Opinions may differ, as they do in the United States. From other parts of the country, people are fucking horror uh, of the world. People are a little bit horrified because they know that history fucking rhymes. But uh, I don't know. Here, a lot of people are singing like la la la. Nothing happened. We'll see. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, for anyone yeah. who's kind of confused, we're talking about the fucking insurrection on the U.S. Capitol. Like it was a full-on, cool. you know, balls to the wall. Yeah. yeah, it was an attempted coup. Honestly, cool. as we've discovered Very lately, it was an actual, honest-to-god attempted coup. Yeah. Uh, uh, the chief, uh, 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 the fuck was Miley's uh, position? Chief of staff? No, fuck, no, no, no. Uh, Mark Meadows. Oh uh, no, no, no. Uh, Miley. Yeah, Mark Meadows was chief of staff. Uh, uh, Miley was the four-star general or whatever that was. The, oh, was he Millie? the chief of staff? Millie. Uh, so fuck. Mark, yeah, Mark Millie. What are the predicted uh, famous celebrity deaths for twenty twenty-two? Or well, I was just going to say, Miley uh, literally had to call China because he was worried that yeah. they would Millie, start a war. Is, in yeah, the Millie. He's, from, he's actually yeah. from Massachusetts, Mark Millie. Oh, right on. General Millie. Oh, I thought it was yeah. Miley. Right on. From uh, Winchester, Mass. There's a yeah, rove yeah. beetle flying around my face. You guys probably don't know that rove beetles fly. They do, and they're fucking annoying because they get a liking to you, and they just literally fly around you and around you and around. What are they trying to do? I don't know. Do I have, like, rove beetle food on my face? I don't think so. Yeah. I didn't What's up with that? 
Yeah, yeah maybe that's what it is. You're fucking ridiculous. They, yeah, they're man. about the size of a fruit fly. Like they're basically, like, I don't know, maybe a little bit bigger, but they look like a little tiny scorpion fruit fly, and they just fly around everywhere. They can they can look at you. Like uh, Putin has said before, that they can bite you. I haven't gotten bitten by one, thankfully, but they'll come and they'll look at you. And I don't, I'm like, I don't I mean, know what you want. Give me the secret. I'm the scarab king. I'm <laughs> the scarab king. Fly, my pretties. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know. We should probably fuck off. Honestly, we keep talking and bullshitting and whatever else, but at some point we probably should should leave. I don't know. What do you figure? I gotta leave. You gotta leave, Coot. Coot has yeah. the right idea. Coot, it's been a pleasure. Happy New Year, my friend. Uh, hey, good to see you. Uh, it's been a great year uh, talking to you with these conversations. They've been lots of fun. I hope we have lots of fun conversations in the future. Uh, oh, I'm excited about uh, uh, your seeds. I'm excited about the the breeding project you did. Uh, everybody's yeah. excited about them, honestly. Yeah, I think uh, it'll be something different. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, keep it fresh. They haven't yeah. uh, been dicked with, you know, Bob the breeder. Skittles. And, yeah, next, your next cross coup will have to be something with the Skittles. I had to laugh the other night when that breeder guy was talking about all the. He goes, "Well, have you tried any of it?" He goes through the whole list. He goes, "Wedding cake and ice cream and Skittles and I just said anything." Jesus Christ! You know what? He's not wrong. I think you were talking about uh, Masonic, and actually, Masonic is cool. And he was talking about all these strains that I guarantee, if we sat down and smoked it, if someone actually grew it well. Now, this is the caveat you have to say with all this stuff. Right. If someone actually grew it well, I bet you you and I would smile about this. And we've been talking about we have to actually do this. Like We have to get off our ass and do this. We've been talking about doing like a weed review show where basically coot shits on all the all weed. Right. But we have to call it something else because we can't. <laughs> we'll never find anybody to allow us to have coot shit all over their weed. But uh, Maybe we could all get together in Colorado there. Right. That's where he is. Uh, yeah, I've smoked all the bad weed in my life that I intend to. I'm not going to go to my That's the problem. We have to kind of pre-smoke it to make sure it's not garbage yet. Yeah. Uh, how do we do that? Uh, I don't know. The cup is good. That I get. It. So it's basically a bunch of smaller growers, like small craft people that like are just yeah. going for themselves that throw it out. Oh, I didn't hear you. The dude grows cup is going to be on. Yeah. Right on. Well, yeah, that'd be good. Yes, that'd be good. We can think about it. Because some of these strains, honestly, if you grow them well, if you grow them the right amount of time, they are delightful. Coot, like when you when you when Coot laughs about the blueberry this, blueberry that, it's because he's only probably ever smoked garbage blueberry. But there is some really fine blueberry, especially in my opinion, the sativa lines. I don't think the heavy hitting indica ones. I didn't really like it, but I mean it's fine. But you get the flavor and whatever. But I don't like yeah. the high too much. Honestly, I'd rather smoke something else. Like if I want an indica, I'd rather smoke a Hindu or something as opposed to like a heavy uh, uh, indica blueberry. But the sativa leaning blueberries, like lemon hoko has, and my friend Stevie has. Those are, oh man, you can smoke that all day. It's, uh, someone was laughing on my YouTube uh, the other day about, uh, I was talking about happiness enhancers. How I, I see my strains as happiness enhancers. I see those blueberry sativas as that kind of happiness enhancer weed. It tastes uh, great. The, it's I, like I, blueberry I, syrup. Go ahead. I, what I'm looking for is uh, maximum effect. From morning till night. I don't. Well, do you want, do you need a, well, cool. Say yes. We'll say, what are you, cupcake, a freaking princess? I was going to say, do you want a foghorn from morning until night? Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
He's like, get with it, cupcake. Yeah, that's it, man. I, I, you know, down and dirty, like, you know, start huffing and puffing when you get up and uh, when you get China-eyed, you know, about 80, 16, 17 hours later, call it a night. Go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, hey, a very, it's a very simple cycle, 888. You just stay up 16 and then you sleep for eight. And, yeah. Um, hey, look, I work my ass off during my life so that I could retire, so I did. <laughs> and uh, that doesn't involve... Oh, I need to be straight until noon. You know, I want to be like, you know, on top of things. I was already on top of shit. You know, so I, I won't be. I'll be later. He was can, like, man, I am fucking high yeah. from the morning until the night. Yeah. <laughs> so that's cool. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, you work for things in life. You know, when when you get them, you don't. You got to run it to the max. Or, you know, like you're not keeping up your end of the bargain. <laughs> the universe gave you this uh, deal, you know, and said, All right, here, dickhead, go ahead. You don't have to do anything, just, you know, smoke really good weed. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I don't want to. I don't want, I don't want to be, uh, push my, uh, push I want to be, uh, I don't want to be, right. I want to be functional. I, I don't, that isn't a goal anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, dude, uh, I, I had forgotten. I actually have these books that are Steiner related from a guy from Michigan. Cool. What oh, from their, the oh, that's from their, the Grail Angel. Yeah, that's from their center. Uh, aren't they in like Indiana? The Mich- are you Michigan? Light on the path. Arcana oh, that's not the, the no, that's not the Theosophist. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm it's Anthroposophy. This is by a John, John Barnwell. It's very okay. cool guy. Okay. From Michigan. Oh, okay. I got I got the books personally from him. You know, uh, there's a magazine down out of uh, Austin, Texas called Acres the, USA, which is uh, the oldest sustainable agricultural magazine in North America. And uh, they have a convention every year in the Midwest. It moves from city to city, but it's always in like Chicago area, Indianapolis, that kind of thing. And so it draws a lot of uh, the small farmers. This isn't for like agri, you know, factory farm type things. And so you get a lot of Mennonites and uh, Amish and uh, biodynamic, the real like legitimate biodynamic, not the goofy yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. For sure. So, and, for sure. and so th- those folks are like are really into composting and creating the really fine, fine uh, amendments for their soil. And they view mm-hmm. the farm as an ecosystem, a yeah, self-contained e- Yeah. So yes. the real deal, not I'm going to make a buck by selling you some powdered uh, yeah. uh, uh, comfrey or yarrow flowers or something, you know. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool, man. That's the part I can get into. I can't get into the commercialization. It's just, it's a hype. Yeah. You know. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the the factory farming, like, do, what do you think about, what do you think about vegetables producing nutritionally dense food when they're grown in like, uh, you know, like shitty soil with chemical fertilizers? I don't think, I don't think you can. I think the two are completely 
opposite of each other. Yes, diametrically opposed. Good produce does not come from factory farming. Right. But yeah, well, that's what I was saying earlier today. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Yeah. yeah. That's why so, vitamin supplementation is really important these days. Right. Unless yeah. you're really buying good shit. Right. Like, say, if you live in an area that has a, a good support for farmers markets yes. where you can mm-hmm. talk to the producer, find mm-hmm. out their practices. And if you're comfortable, yes. then make that your uh, source of your food. No and, doubt. Um, yeah, make good decisions about what you put in your body. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really the I, most direct answer is just, yeah, be concerned about what you eat and who you're getting it from. I don't think going to the grocery store is a guarantee mm, of anything. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And so some of the same silliness that comes from that type of production has shifted over to cannabis so that yes. you take away the energy of the plant so it's no longer a medicine is just another plant's an agricultural commodity. And that's the concern. I'm not going to be around that much longer, so I guess it doesn't really matter. But I'm concerned for future generations that we've allowed this uh, lust for money in this deal, just rape. To take away the full potential. Yeah, absolutely. The the whole deal, everything, every single aspect. Every aspect. Flavor, effect, the benefit. they throw around terms they have no definition. Oh, that's a sativa. It's so it's this. Oh, yeah. you know what? Genetically, they're wow. How are they so close? Oh, yeah. you mean it's just an expression of leaf leaf width? You know things. Yeah, yeah. Weed is know, a weed is a weed. It's, yeah, it's all. Yeah. It's all like you know. Yeah, yeah totally. And they act yeah. like these terpenes they just only exist in cannabis. No, they exist over here in lavender. And absolutely these, over here in these plants. Just plants like a, produce, I, I grew these terpenes and terpenoids to protect itself, to defend exactly. itself against pathogenic fungi, you know, attracts Other pollinators, things. it yes. repels herbivore insects. But that, that, see, that never gets in the conversation. They just yeah. want to talk. Well, I think he's going towards piney. Such oh, a simple oh, example is that yeah. I grew sour diesel outside, which has the profile of a citronella plant. Mm-hmm. So it's it's highly related to the citronella plant, and for that reason, there was no mosquitoes that right. summer. Right. And it was from as a if, plant. as if you can control the production of terpenes and terpenoids, which is controlled by the brain center, the Mary stem. You can override it because you use fish meal instead of bone meal. I mean, really, is it that childish? Yeah. Yeah, if you have a kid, vegan. is he going to be different? What you feed it, like oh, yeah. to a certain Some of them extent. only want vegan nutrients. Oh yeah, it's lost. Looking at uh, uh, the the seventh, or at least I was just looking at Seventh Day Adventist. I don't know if I showed that on the the screen. Uh, they apparently follow kosher laws. I forgot that completely. I, kosher yeah, laws basically are know you know the Hebrew blah blah blah. But right. that was that that had to do with cultural stuff. And these days, in practice, it has a lot to do with how animals are slaughtered for example they're yeah. bled first uh, right. but then also there's a separation of uh, meat and dairy i don't know if that they follow every single thing there right. but i was thinking how interesting that is that seventh day adventist growers of which there are probably going to be plenty they're avid gardeners and so on sure. they have medical problems they won't want 
like mixed beef bone and fucking roadkill uh, uh, compost and whatever. They'll want basically either vegan or fish only compost, probably like basically uh, Potent was saying Christian uh, vegetarians, I guess that the ovo pesco or whatever. So they'll probably be accepting of uh, eggshells, whatever else, fish bones, uh, fish guts, but not beef bones, pork parts, chicken parts, et cetera, et cetera. Interesting, right? Makes sense. Yeah, well, I think you're missing the point of compost. Meat is not something you want to compost. Meat is something you want to feed well, to a, a livestock and then take. Well, that but you know, beef bones or whatever. You know, there's a no, lot of the. There's even no. companies here in Oregon that their whole shebang is basically based on like beef bones. Are they making like collagen bone broth or what's the deal? We like bone meal and blood meal usually as a nitrogen source. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, but okay. see, we're talking two different things. Uh, uh, and I can't imagine an organic farmer using blood meal. They, uh, I mean, these days I don't think it's in vogue anymore, but they used to. Yeah, for sure, because it's supposedly high nitrogen. Tons and tons and tons of people. Oh, yeah. But I again, know, but I don't that, think it's actually that, organic because it's it's waste uh, blood from right. like the pig farms and stuff. And so it's guaranteed right, to be full of all kinds of crap. Okay, these are developed. These are wholesale. They're the only people. The Mormons would be the only people with enough moon blood to do whole fields. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, right. Uh, Organic blood meal runs. These are wholesale prices: seventy-five dollars a bag, fifty pounds. Mm. Organic alfalfa runs fifteen dollars a pound. So for the price of one bag of nitrogen laden. Blood meal. I can buy five bags of alfalfa meal, which is going to have a whole range of bionutrients, compounds, plant hormones, the full array of all 83 elements that a plant needs. See, when you start doing this nitrogen, a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people haven't known that until now. Uh, Famously, Subcool put blood meal in his mix, and people actually Mm -hmm. told him he could put alfalfa in there and it would be better off, and blah, blah, blah. But Subcool was a little bit stubborn. I think towards the end of his life, he actually started to use alfalfa and stuff like that. But not even Subcool, they sell blood meal at Portland Nursery way, way, way before I grew weed. Actually, I've never used blood uh, meal on my weed. I used to buy blood meal for my uh, like outdoor gardens, like vegetables and stuff. But that's not what organic, sustainable agriculture is about. That's for. You know, pop science. Potent was saying, I'm I'm sorry to interrupt you, but this is this is relevant. Potent was saying that there are stuff, there's stuff in our conversation today and our conversations in general that three to five years ago were essentially unheard of, or people were doing things completely and totally differently. Ten years ago, blood meal was normal. And things like alfalfa and aloe and shit like that was not normal. Cocoa water or coconut water. But now, thanks in part to people like you, Coot. I mean, you were talking to, to Jeremy on that Build a Soil interview that was wonderful. You said you were the first person to bring smart pots, coconut water, uh, first uh, uh, seed sprout teas, and then barley because barley is a seed sprout tea. So it's coconut water. Uh, what else? Bunch of these other things. And so before you talked about these things, certainly no one in the cannabis space talked about them and probably in other places, too. It's fascinating to think how uh, recent some of these things are. You've mentioned you've mentioned Dr. Mike Amaranthus. He was one of the dudes, as well as uh, your friend, uh, potent uh, Dr. Cazares, I think his name was, that discovered how mycorrhiza are integral in many cases to soil. They didn't know shit about that stuff like right. 30, 40 years ago. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it's weird. I, uh, Uh, you know what Jeremy did also bring out that before it was cool, 
12 years ago, I was talking about ferment, fermentation. Hmm. It was Gil Karendang's work. We didn't have to call him master. Uh, we didn't have to bow and scrape. You know, we uh, took his recipes and we made stuff and we applied it to plants and we evaluated it. I didn't want to join a cult. I didn't want to, you know. No? No. None of it. It's just a little too well, weird. You don't join a cult. You run a cult. Everyone knows that. Yeah. I didn't. I don't know. I couldn't be bothered, you know. That's the problem. Yeah. I, I mean, you gotta, I you gotta, you gotta be like more involved. You gotta be like, I need to run a cult instead of, yeah. like, oh, I should run a cult. Yeah. <laughs> right. Willie's just laughing over there. Like, man, you have to be enthusiastic about running a cult. Yeah. You, you gotta be <laughs> all in or nothing. For you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On the other hand, Kutan Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. And yeah. I just, I don't know. Back. I just try to show people like there's a different way to approach this. You don't have to get hung up on brands and bottles of bullshit and science that does isn't science. It's just jibber jabber, you know, these magical solutions. Science and, potainment. Kind of like infotainment. Yeah. We should we should coin that uh, coot instead of infotainment. It's like science attainment or something. Science tainment. That's what it is. A lot of these, we've talked about this compost teas and stuff. I had a conversation with a gentleman down in Calaveras County, and he and I are talking to the same stuff. You know, plants that can harv you can harvest 10 pounds from. So if you got four plant limit, 40 pounds isn't enough. <laughs> I mean, come on. How much can you smoke? <laughs> Give I me smoke a, a fair amount, Yeah, it is. But you're not going to do it with shit like, you know, Tiger Bloom and, you know, chimpanzee jizz and all these other stupid ass products. <laughs> chimpanzee you know? tech, chimpanzee jizz tech. Coot. Yeah. I know, for extra, just, what, CalMag and protein enzymes? It's challenging to get it. I do agree that the, all the branded shit is completely bullshit. And you go to the grocery store and it's just walls of this bullshit everywhere. Yes. Even even at a family garden place. Yeah, especially. And it doesn't look like it sells at all. Right. So but it does. They just it restock does? it really fast. It's bizarre. Some of those but places I, make I so work, much money, it'll blow your fucking though. mind. I did yeah. work at the one, oh, the nice. Yeah, and they were not selling that shit. Huh. It was just sitting there. People were buying like worm castings, dirt, and stuff like that, but not yeah. that stuff. So I don't know. Around here, still, a lot of these places, uh, a lot of the grocers are still sustained basically by industrial grows. And these people are still buying the freaking $1,500 bottle of Vitalize and whatever. It's, it blows my fucking mind. A lot of the better uh, garden centers nowadays have like a section where you can go and buy minerals by the pound. And they have them like you know in huge wow. quantities behind, and so you can go in and buy it the same same way a commercial grower would. I know there's a really awesome place called City Gardens in San Diego. I used to when I was living down there, we used to be able to just go buy. Hey, I need this many pounds of this, and this many pounds of this, this many pounds of this, and I can just make my own damn soil mix. You know? What yeah, I mean? that's amazing. There's no brands. It was involved. affordable because I was just getting what I needed. I needed to buy yeah. a bunch of extra shit, um, and you know there are so, a lot of places like that in states that are you know a little more smart or go you know any large city has like one or two really large nurseries right 
a lot of times they have that. They just, you kind of have to ask the person at the counter for the menu of the stuff. It's not something that's like advertised or easily visually, you know, accessible. Yeah. They might have to go behind the thing and go get it for you, but just ask. You gotta, the you gotta know the old guy with the mustache. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it is at ours. Old guy with the mustache. It's pretty cool. OG. In the chat are uh, uh, curious about, uh, I think the brand name will be Johnny Chimpo. Everybody knows this was a trivia question from uh, uh, Super Troopers. Everyone was like, what? Enough Super Troopers fucking trivia. But wouldn't you know it? That's There's the Johnny Chimpo. That you get. That's probably the one. That's a little bit like Mammoth Urine. That's the one you want to get. Definitely. Definitely the one. Uh, I'm an excellent driver. That's the one. Uh, what was I going to say? This uh, chip jizz, uh, chip jizz, is that a foliar or a soil drench? How is it <laughs> supposed to uh, usually apply? Chip jizz, white worm tech. <laughs> 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 a soil facial that that exactly exactly right uh you heard it here first uh, ladies and gentlemen for quality that cannabis you have to go that next level honestly it's challenging for the chip not to fall in love with no, you but you have no, to keep professional if you i still want to get a, a patreon account so i can whine I mean, you have to know, yeah, but so you don't have to whine for this kind of knowledge, for this kind of information, Coot. You don't have to whine at all. You can just sit there with a satisfied grin. Someone like the chip. If you really want the big buzz, you need either gorilla or orangutan. Well, they do call the orangutan the man of the forest. So that's 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 the appropriate. That's the way to do it. That's the way. Just today or yesterday, there was a picture of a video. I guess you'd say a moving picture, as they used to say it in the days of Thomas Edison, of uh, an orangutan uh, driving a golf cart. So that's obviously a sign of quality, I would think. Remember the best best Gorilla Glue comes from Gorilla Glue. Kind of like relating though to Edison, if you think about like Nikola Tesla and how yeah, all yeah. that, all how that was suppressed. The same thing is kind of happening in gardening in a way. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. People aren't uh, getting the best techniques; they're all being withheld. It's bullshit. Well, not you know, we weed is pretty good, but, but electronics and gas and cars and everything else, it seems all fucked up. No, it's a, the, your your example is kind of fractally right. I mean, I've said this before. Edison, uh, he's famous now for being this crazy inventor, or whatever. He invented almost nothing in his life, exactly. but he stole everything and he exactly. ripped off almost everyone that he worked with. Uh, he was such a notorious fucking no bastard that yeah. uh, Hollywood, California, the entire film industry in Los Angeles was started because it was far enough away from Edison that he probably couldn't see what they were doing. And they basically went there and they're like, oh, fuck, we won't have to pay his ridiculous fucking royalties. Because he was charging asinine royalties to use cameras, the photography patents on everything. He patented, like if you'd look at it, he patented it. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas, for example, there were people like Tesla and so on, they were trying a little bit more uh, giving, sharing of ideas. He patented fucking everything. Uh, what was the point that I was trying to make with that? For uh, profit. Just a piece of shit. Yeah, uh, just for so money. Based basically. on the quantitative cum bell curve, do you think ambergris would work even better than chimpches? Uh, ambergris, uh, namely the the whale hork. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, 
Uh, yes, definitely. If you are a, an intrepid beachcomber and you find a ball of incredibly musky scented uh, uh, gelatin, that is called ambergris. And we have now discovered that that is the best possible uh, uh, foliar for your plants. Next in that's next in the line of uh, uh, gardening for billionaires by Fumidor. You guys think that we're making this up. Uh, let's see here. We, we do not bullshit on this show, ladies and gentlemen, if you are a, a billionaire currently in the uh, interest of, of, uh, uh, growing the finest possible cannabis, we have discussed, uh, a ground pearl foliars. Uh, I was discussing on potent show yesterday, the, the, I have found this to be, uh, well, I haven't tested it, but I know that it's going to be true, uh, for micronutrient deficiencies, deficiencies, ground Rolexes work exceedingly well. You can uh, apply foliarly. You can uh, drench in the soil works extremely, extremely well. Uh, next installment in the growing for billionaires by uh, Fumidor, uh, cons- consultation fees are, uh, uh flexible, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm available at any time. Ambergris or ambergris is a solid, waxy, flammable substance of a dull gray or blackish color produced in the digestive system of sperm whales. Freshly produced ambergris has a marine fecal odor. It acquires a sweet, earthy scent as it ages, commonly likened to the fragrance of rubbing alcohol, but without the vaporous chemical astringency. Ambergris has been highly valued by perfume makers as a fixative that allows the scent to endure much longer, although it has been mostly replaced by synthetic ambroxide. Dogs are attracted to the smell of ambergris, we'll call it now, and are sometimes used by ambergris researchers. Uh, Look at these delightful and beautiful hunks of sperm whale hork. (laughs) 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 So uh, I've heard theorized, let's see, where where are the, I wonder if they, yeah, yeah, here they come here. Uh, Ambergris is formed by the secretion of the bile duct in the intestines of the sperm whale and can be found floating in the sea or washed up on coastlines. It's sometimes found in the abdomens of dead sperm whales because the beaks of giant squids have been discovered within lumps of ambergris. Scientists have theorized that the substance is produced by the whale's gastrointestinal tract to ease the passage of hard, sharp objects that they may have eaten. Basically, sperm whales are almost exclusively uh, giant squid hunters. So pretty much they eat these gigantic fucking squids uh, and they have these fucking crazy scars on their bodies as a result of these crazy uh, squids, right? Uh, well, the squids have fucking horking beaks. So basically, the, you know, you swallow that thing whole, it's it's a little bit challenging to pass it. So evidently, ambergris, ambergris helps with it. But it also, if you have like really high quality perfume, it actually has, honest to God, uh, a whale hork in it. So, yeah, we're now going to uh, apply that. Uh, the more I think about it, the more genius that idea. Potent has deserved a consultation fee for this. Uh, uh, clearly, uh, we'll pay him a percentage of every, uh, uh, what is it going to be? Is it going to be a course or a, no, it has to be a resort. I mean, for billionaires, it has to be a special resort. No, we fly to them. We fly to them for a special fee. It has to be that. We get a bunch of rum hams to get them drunk. So they vomit more. So we get more ambergris. The more they vomit. The more we, like uh, it. it's really well, also like the rum ham is useful because we can uh, just eat it too. I mean, we can, we can, we can like maybe tax deduct it or something. We can figure out that part on the, on the back end. The but, uh, maybe the whale would like it. Shits. I don't know. It uh, is like a next level. The, the rum shits. We'll, I get we'll it. it I get it. 
This is like how Coot enhances his vermicompost to a next level compost that blows your fucking mind. This is going to be the ambergris to end all ambergris. That's it. Fuck. The ambergris this is the secret. Farmer. Okay, nobody that's listening, tell anyone. Because we're going to keep this to ourselves. It's going to be good. Do you think if we tell the Chinese this, maybe they'll stop killing them? No. They'll do it probably twice as much. Or no, Japanese. I'm sorry, not Chinese. Japanese. Three times as much in their case. Just yeah, for, just for giggles. They want it. Yeah. yeah. We should keep this to ourselves. Yeah. Then again, if you're lucky enough to find whale hork first off, I, I don't know. You have to figure it out. Krillionaire? What's a Krillionaire? Is a Krillionaire a whale who owns many krill or something? I don't know. So if I would have made just 1%, of the technologies that I introduced over the past 12 years, I'd have to be pretty wealthy, wouldn't I? I would think so. Hmm. Interesting. There you go. I mean, yeah, uh, Nikola Tesla didn't uh, didn't die wealthy either. So okay. what can I tell you? That yeah. poor guy, a lot of people talk about him 100 years later. Ironically, the guy that they call the newest Thomas Edison, Elon Musk, basically ripped off Tesla's name again. So essentially, oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. old is the new, yeah. right? Yeah. It, it sounds like you kind of did your garden stuff kind of by like the Hippocratic Oath. And maybe yeah. just like that good karma is why you can just chill and smoke dope all day now and have right? a good time. There you go. It is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> I forget that the phrase in Latin that means it is what it is. Hmm. But then you can get a t-shirt with it. So maybe well, French is uh, fucking say la vie, I guess. No, no, it's not that. It's like four words. I, I don't want to look it up anyway. Uh, it's, oh, it yeah. is what it is. Doesn't a true wizard never charge for his services? There you go. <laughs> but this guy that was on Steve's show last night, on uh, Potent Ponics, you know, he and I were talking the same language. Yeah, if, you, if you're limited to four or six plants, Take the son of a bitch up, grow them in 800 gallon pots, you know, four yards of soil. How can you go wrong? You can't. Unless you go down and buy bags of potting soil. Oh boy. Let's fix this, you know? So. I'm lucky enough that uh, there's a local company that produces like a similar mix to what you guys use and it's organic cool. and it comes there in a bag go. for $40. It grows two plants. <laughs> That's a deal. It's a really and good deal. The funny deal. thing yeah. is there's an excellent chance that he knows what a Coots mix is. Coots talked about this before. Like, there's people I, I, I read the bag. And I read England. the bag and I figured that these people probably know about you and they just copied it and they're selling it. Yeah, for That's great. Money. One yeah. guy told me this is really funny. In New Brunswick, the, you you were talking about the kelp and uh, yeah, Nova Scotia and Acadia and stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's where I'm at. So, oh, cool. Yeah. Wow, what a resource! I mean, you got well, you got Acadian sea plants, you got tidal organics, you got Thorvin. I mean, they're all harvesting the same exact species. So that part, the name on the bag doesn't matter. It's shop price, kind of thing. Um, you get farm to table kelp coot. Yeah, I mean, look, many cultures eat kelp. It's part of their diet. Obviously, That's Japan. Yeah. Uh, 
And I mean, fuck uh, seaweed. I mean, uh, what is it called? Nori and stuff in Japanese cuisine. That's is what I mean. Kelp, yeah. Isn't it? Got, yeah, it's good for you. You got the kombu, you got nori, you have uh, the shape. The, the shape doesn't matter, but like the kombu looks like a rope. And so that's what you, you t- it's tied in a knot. You make t- a miso soup. It's part of the flavor of uh, that soup. Uh, so, but for if you're going to roll uh, what Americans incorrectly call sushi rolls, um, then you want the nori. And uh, anyway, so yeah, it comes in all kinds of forms, but it's all the same species. It's not a different. Uh, it's like the same plant cells in yeah, a different exactly. format. Yeah. In a different yeah. format, yeah. Right, exactly. Thank you. It's a uh, brown kelp, and it's um, oh, it's just loaded. I mean, it's got eighty-three elements and mm. uh, a, a gazillion phytohormones uh, uh, and compounds and hygienic uh, acid and uh, mannitol. I mean, it's a perfect food. But if you put it in your soil, it'll cause I don't know something irreparable uh, damage, uh, heavy metals. Uh, uh, let's see, uh, distended rectum. Uh, it'll it'll yeah. stick your battleship for sure. Yeah, something terrible. I don't know. Whatever. I mean, eighty-three elements. That sounds yeah, pretty septic, gold. Right? Oh, and the best part is, not only is it eighty, all eighty-three elements that a plant uses, it's they're in the right balance because the kelp is a plant, so the elements are chelated. So when you put them yes, in the yes. soil. Yes. The bioavailability is a lot faster than anyway. But yeah, don't just try to like people sometimes don't care like this because it is. Don't try to is. talk uh, soil science with a stoner. I mean, they got the. I mean, uh, you, you can definitely talk. You can definitely talk with a stoner, but you definitely have to put it, I feel like, in a, in a bit of context, you know, for a stoner, because a stoner is looking at things maybe more allegorically, more in terms of, uh, uh, I don't know, like a cartoon picture or something. They're maybe not thinking of it more in, in a. Uh, I, I don't, maybe that's unfair, you know, because here, maybe well, when some go. people get stoned, maybe they do get really scientific. I don't know. Uh, in fact, I guess way. in college, I, I used to get obsessed with numbers suddenly. And right. something like, this is such a how many wow. this and blah, blah, blah. I don't know why. But anyway, okay. uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, uh, Let's I, try this. In order to understand the dynamics of botany as it relates to agronomy, <laughs> we must come to an understanding of soil biology. And once you learn that, we can all move and groove to a moon-aged child. <laughs> now get those Birkenstocks on, get the Volvos ramped up. That's it. We're I understanding We're going to Redline the Volvo. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. We will re- redline, redline the Birkenstocks, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I was thinking, Coot, you know, like, uh, how do I say this? All of your, 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 well, your teachings and a lot of the stuff you researched, uh, you liked, I think... Um, I think, uh, what am I trying to say? I think you're a systems thinker. You like to kind of combine things and find all of the different ways to look at something and all the ways you can kind of tunnel through something. I'm probably using a strange analogy, but I guess what I'm trying to say is uh, all of the stuff that you talk about weirdly fits in because of course, all of it is good in building a soil and ha ha ha. Uh, Jeremy thought, oh, you know what? Why don't we name this freaking company, build a soil? Fucking genius. By the way, we're not sponsored. I'm not like, I'm not like, I realize I'm saying his name over and over again. I just enjoyed that interview. Uh, I have no connection whatsoever but i've never even met the guy uh, but anyway i was thinking seed sprout teas are 
extremely useful for plants. I've heard you say this before on, let's say, for example, the Kiss Organics podcast, a few others, because literally when you apply them, especially to young plants, vegetative plants, even honestly, older plants, but you apply them, let's say, to younger plants, you are literally grinding up the enzymes of activated seeds and seedlings and right. feeding them back to plants in a plant available form. The plants don't right. know the difference. For them, they don't have a sophisticated mechanism of understanding, because uh, again, they don't have immune systems like we do. We would, for example, reject if you were to grind up a baby pig and feed it, you know, I, I guess you could feed it to us, but if you were to inject our blood with baby pig blood or something, that wouldn't work. But you can literally do that with plants. You can basically put that in the soil and they can uptake all those nutrients right away. And then therefore that barley was even more useful than that because it's just a cheaper, easier, faster thing. Right. You just don't have to yeah. sprout it. You don't have to blend it. You don't have to do a goddamn thing. You walk to the freaking, you can literally walk to Steinbart's, buy it, and then walk by, well, presumably your house is somewhere near Steinbrenn yeah, and right. literally sprinkle it back on your freaking uh, uh, garden and you're done. And that was all because it's so plant available that it'll practically dissolve in the soil. Now, of yep. course, the, har- the, the, the the unground barley has to break down. But I mean, if you were to grind it, if you make it in a powder, that shit practically dissolves the soil. And in fact, you said this, that the barley powder is the basis of many of the the, the protein powders that weightlifters and so oh, on yeah, use because it it's is. so packed with fucking nutrients. Yeah, dude, Again, if right. you look at it from all different perspectives, you can realize I was just this shit say, is magic powder. Yeah. The, the kelp sounds like the ultimate multivitamin, but for plants. And I'm assuming... And for you. And for your pet. Yeah, most likely. Uh, and, and I'm assuming you're getting the meat and potatoes from somewhere else. So it's just like a bodybuilding type thing. Yes. Uh, where, where are you getting uh, the meat and potatoes from your, your system? Okay, so um, the NPK, just the basic. Oh, you're getting, I don't. I don't know. You're getting that. You're getting the elements from the kelp, but where are the meat and potatoes coming from? From the uh, worm castings. Do it's piecing out. And take off. Uh, I'll catch you guys later. It was nice. Good morning. Happy New Year. Take care. Uh, happy New Year and uh, happy New Year, Steve. Um, hope to see you guys on some many more awesome shows this year. Yeah, man. Cheers, right on. Yes, sir. Just to help. So, um, at the core of my system is the quality of the vermicompost, mm-hmm. okay. and yeah. which took a long time to get to this place. Uh, and so, the uh, minor amount of amendments, I only add uh, these items to soil. Uh, basalt, of course, rock dust, basalt rock dust, uh, neem. Uh, Caranja, which is another legume like alfalfa, except it has pesticide and fungicide properties like neem, but they're not related. So it's a and, food and an IPM all at yeah, once. There you yes, go. Yes. Just like the yeah. neem and the kelp and then uh, barley. And again, we're, it's the driving of the enzymes that make available all that material that went through the worm's guts. Because I start with compost and then the compost gets uh, added uh, materials to increase the nutrient density. And then Mm -hmm. you run that through the vermiculture. And now the whole thing's gonna get covered in a a carbon, calcium carbonate slime. That's why organic farmers don't have complaints about pH because instead of having to add limestone, you've got it in your worm castings. Um, Plus all the the bio- slime is like a CalMag a little bit. 
or it gives a bit of that aspect or no calcium? it gives you it gives you a uh, a slime of calcium carbonate calcium just like limestone uh, yes yes yes, yes yeah. yeah or oyster shell powder <laughs> eggshells yes they're yes, all calcium carbonate so <laughs> yeah interesting anyway boom 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 in and it's in a go. slime form so it's obviously readily available exactly yes no oh, wow and it's if you very look nice. at if you look at the uh, molecule of a uh, chlorophyll, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The type two type chlorophyll is the one that dominates the plant kingdom on this earth. It's all carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen, and you have one, one single magnesium atom, the anchor, one, and four nitrogen. The rest is like 50 uh, carbon. You know, 30 or 40 hydrogen, maybe 10 oxygen. All of those are available from the atmosphere. So in essence, that's what plants do is they take sunlight and turn turn it into sugar. That's called photosynthesis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's the majority of what the plant eats. It's not to say that you've got the, if you have good soil, you're going to have NPK. Now, if you don't, that's why you start out with a legitimate, a legitimate soil test. Where are we at? But it doesn't have to be this daily and, and weekly obsession with flushing. And there you go. There's a there's a, a molecule of uh, chlorophyll number two. It's that simple. One magnesium, four nitrogen, and the rest are some simple compounds. Extremely close to our blood, except instead of magnesium, it has iron. Mm. Almost, it's almost identical. It's scary. it's, like, it's kind of like al alchemy. The it is almost. It's very yes. interesting. Yes, it all applies. Yes. Yeah, this is very interesting. So the chlorophyll basically contains the magnesium, the nitrogen, the stuff to grow. It, it's just the life eating itself and reproducing itself. Yeah. It's and really all cool. those elements, those other elements, the oxygen, carbon, and hydrogen are all in the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. trace elements. Mm -hmm. I mean, not only that, but uh, this was a very interesting revelation that uh, at the end of one of our shows a few weeks ago, Coot was uh, uh, talking about, you know, a lot of the, I think I was uh, babbling about something and then Coot basically hit the jackpot. I want to say, I was saying uh, a lot of these bottles that they sell you are uh, either empty, they're basically water, they're basically pointless, blah, blah, blah. And he got on this uh, subject where look up the molecular weight of chlorophyll and you'll basically see that the overwhelming bulk of the plant there's essentially nothing but shit that you can find in the atmosphere. So when Kud is talking about nitrogen, uh, hydrogen, carbon, oxygen, all those things are literally in the air that you breathe. So, for example, by having air movement in your garden and a, a, sunny, a shining light, basically you're going to photosynthesize, you're going to pick up a lot of these things. The nitrogen is something you're going to probably have to pick up in the soil. But a lot of the stuff that they even sell you at the store is fucking pointless. Do you see boron on there? Do you see potassium? Do you see phosphorus? Now, of course, those things are quite useful. You know, the whole ATP, that's the energy of the soil or the energy of the plant, rather. There's a lot of those things that are useful. In. There, that's there you where your that's where kelp and other bionutrient accumulators, of which alfalfa is one, as is karanja, as is neem, and plus they provide the pesticide and fungicide properties that ensure that we're going to have, to the extent possible, a uh, drama-free growth. 
garden. I mean, it's not supposed to be this insanity. I mean, there is, I, you know, there is definitely an intimate tie with the atmosphere as well. Just think about it. The plants are cleaning our air for us. Right. So it's, you know, yeah. It's amazing. Good air. Gotta love good the air movement. You know, good air movement. And the kelp is going to give you all your trace minerals. It's going to give you micro and micronutrients. Is, is micro well as macro. Your, yes, yes. There you go. Yep. It's what it's all about. Just like a person. Yep. Guys, I can't keep my eyes open. I'm going to head. Cheers, Happy man. New Year. It's been a great dude. Happy it's been great having you on here. Happy New Year, yeah, my friend. Man. Cheers, dude. God bless. Everybody, great night. Feel better, my friend. I hope you uh, you yeah, uh, skip over it like a freaking coin skips over the water. Yeah, yeah. You guys have helped me tonight. I'll tell you that. Cheers, dude. Have help. a good one, my, my friend. Cheers, dude. Uh, anyway, what was that's, the, say, uh, that's the net of uh, my approach to body. Very cool. It's a good is, one. Uh, Cheers, good. Not rocket science. You know, it comes right. from the land and it goes to the land and it produces. Yeah. And that's that's what matters. Yeah. There's a sketch uh, from this uh, show in England. I feel like you would enjoy them. They used to be on YouTube, but I guess they're not anymore. So you probably have to look them up. Uh, that Mitchell and Webb look, I think was the name of the show. But the comedians were called Mitchell and Webb, uh, David Mitchell. And I can't remember I the guy's I, name. Yeah, Webb. Uh, Bell. Yeah. yeah, they're super funny dudes. You you definitely rec- recognize uh, yeah. David Mitchell. You might not recognize Webb. He's got this really deep voice. Anyway, uh, they had this really fun scene where... Uh, one of them, I can't remember which, is a rocket science scientist, and the other one is a neurosurgeon. And they come in and, well, it's not a rocket science. He's trying to improve his, impress his data. The other one goes, well, I've just done some neurosurgery today, blah, blah, blah. And they're fucking going yeah. back and forth. It's pretty hilarious. Um, anyway, great show. I remember a time that I went to a, a visited a, a cannabis forum that was based in England. And it's still, I don't remember the name, but it doesn't matter. You know, they're all the same. But there was a question or a thread. This is like pre-social media type era. What would be the least expensive way to get a bag of Fox Farm Ocean Forest to London? (laughs) And I just thought to myself, why? You gotta be fucking kidding me, man. I mean, is it? Is it well, this bad? Insane, uh, how you know? well trained are your winged owls? Do yeah. you have, let's say, 20 or 30 owls that could little by little carry that bag? You'd have to have like a, uh, I still don't think that's going to be inexpensive though. Dang it. Pigeons? No, that's not going to work. A, a kraken might be cheaper. Turkeys? Cra- well, if you have a kraken or a dragon, if you have a dragon, do the dragon might do it out of spite. That's the cheapest way right there. I mean, that's Piss off marketing. the dragon enough. Tell them that over in the UK, someone was making fun of him, something. Yeah, if you can pull that off and convince people, six that whatever, how far it is, that you need a product that is basically peat moss and perlite. I say <laughs> you a lot a, of people don't know the difference. Get an boy, you know? A lot of people don't know the difference, and they 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 think that there is magic in the products yeah, that they buy. You know, and uh, yeah, whatever product it is, it could be their deodorant, it could be their. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, soil it could be whatever else they think that it's somehow this uh, uh, magically assembled thing and the people yeah. who put it together they know what they're doing and blah 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 it's really a little bit bizarre because when you start actually looking at the products that you buy you'll start changing your entire I know everything your entire buying paths because yeah. you'll see the fuck is this shit my deodorant and you look it up maybe if you're curious yeah, and you're yeah. like 
causes fucking cancer and elephant buttholes or something. Yeah, right. right. Stop using that, right? And then you start yeah. using the things that only have like whatever, just glycerin, whatever. And it's soap. I don't even know what I'm fucking talking about. But you know, the natural products, for example. I'm babbling like a crazy person. So Basically, you just start, start using herbs, man. Usually, all the, the good shit is herbs, example. man. Normally. That's it, man. That's it. Honeysuckle and stuff like that. It's really nice, pleasant. It's really mild. Dandelion. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh-huh. plus you can make your own pesticides and fungicides from, you don't want to use neem, don't use neem. Use lavender. Use uh, rosemary. Use uh, rosemary. I'm sure. Uh, oregano. Use uh, Garlic. Perhaps. Yeah, garlic. For I certain mean, things, yeah. Yeah. Just, you don't for use li- Like nope. scarlet lily. For If yeah. you're growing lilies, you get the scarlet lily beetles, yeah. and then you, you use garlic to kill them. Yeah. And I heard it from an OG weed grower that he uses garlic as well for certain things outdoors. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Garlic's uh, kind of a badass. Almost nothing wants peppers. to eat it. The hottest mm. peppers you can get your hands on. You want the capsaicin, so you just want that lining where all the capsaicin is, the capsaicin is, uh, what do you call it, concentrated mm-hmm. in, in the, you know, the pepper, the part that has it. And that's the part you use to make a, a pesticide. It just destroys the ecoskeleton of the adult. Now that hmm. murders them. Okay. A name doesn't kill them, but uh, peppers do. Hmm. But you won't have any weeping and crying and it's killing them. The, the grower will also have a serious case of freaking being maced in, in many cases or what concentration would you use it on like would you would you use it like would you use a can of bear spray on the plants <laughs> or would you <laughs> dial it down okay all right <laughs> all right so oh i got this, spider mites what do you want <laughs> this new saponin product from chile that uh <laughs> You need to capture that on film. Somebody doing that. Just unleashing. <laughs> It'd be ruined, but. So, stove nuts are 25% saponins. But, and they're a pain in the ass to use. Just to be real upfront about it. So, so this. Well, yeah, I mean, just, cool. you gotta soak them for a couple of days and get, you know, blah, do, blah, blah. Do people use those to clean their clothes as well in a bag yes. and a machine? Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Because soap, see, soap doesn't foam. You have to add a foaming agent. So your toothpaste, your bar soap, your laundry soap, your dish soap, your every kind of thing that you use in your personal hygiene and keeping your house clean that foams is saponins okay. added to it. Okay. So this other the industrial source of saponins comes from a tree in Chile. And I'm going to mispronounce it, but it's Q-U-I-I-J-A. All right, it's, so these are 25% saponins. This is 65%. And it's a powder that's dissolvable. So you, the a ratio is a gallon per, uh, I mean, a gram per gallon. And you shake it up, you're going to have it foaming. Like, it's really going to come out of the top. It's that powerful. So what you do is you take your uh, horticulture oil, either neem or karanja, emulsify it. And then when you add it to the water, you add this uh, powder. And so now when it comes out of the sprayer, if you use a pressurized sprayer, like I'm talking about what they call a concrete sprayer, it actually comes out like sea foam. So you cover every leaf so you get maximum coverage. With two sprays, I completely wiped out an invasion of mites, completely eradicated the whole goddamn tube. 
few sprays. Wow. It's that powerful. But with that foam. The coverage is bubbling. It's yes. Just going, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, <laughs> your foam, your uh, shaving cream, if you use a can. Yes. Stuff. Well, you, obviously you don't, but yeah, <laughs> you, you, you know what I'm talking about. So, yeah. Yeah, it's that it's cool, though. It's, it's a... a, a Okay, so here's the price. So I think he's charging $40 and you get two ounces. That's 56 mm. grams. So two ounces makes 56 gallons. That's a barrel mm. of sapping and And you foliar probably, what, about a gallon at a time or something, I'd imagine. Well, yes, but... It's not just for the biomass above the soil. It's also for good for the soil. There's a whole bunch of. I've got. I've got. Oh, white so you use it for both foliaring and watering. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, so I go back to saying it's it's an expensive product, but if it's worth it, it's worth it. Uh, right. What do you think it accomplishes other than let's say the the spray? Because for example, just the other day I was spraying uh, a green cleaner. And it's effective as a as a as a you know miticide whatever else, but it fucking wails in the plants. I forgot about that actually from years ago. Uh, that it's not, or at least in my case, it does. It's it's uh, 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 stresses out the plants. Uh, to use something like that, that would be much nicer. Um, how do I say this? Um, I'm, I'm freaking babbling at the end of the night. Uh, would you use it for? I'm fucking babbling. I can't even formulate a normal question anymore. Uh, what am I trying to say? So what? Okay, you got to pick your poison. So I don't know if you don't want to. You got to pick an agent that you're going to spray that's going to do the killing. What the saponin does is provide a level of foam and makes it stick to the leaves longer, so that the bit, the whatever the constituents are in that material are going to be present on the leaf longer to mm. give you. A higher result, a better result. That's all. So it was more so that as opposed to, let's say, uh, uh, see, I was even thinking that you were describing, see, this is why it pays to ask. Uh, I thought you were describing uh, uh, like a foam that sticks to the plants for it 20 does. minutes or an hour or something. Right. It does. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so that would potentially suffocate mites or. or no, or, it's not that. It's a, okay, you, it's a carrying agent. Okay, gotcha. so you it still got to have holds whatever you got on yeah, there. Gotcha. Let, okay, here's the easiest way. Let's say you went and bought fresh rosemary, and you came home and you chopped it up real fine with a chef's knife, and then you soaked it in water for a couple days. Okay, so you're doing just a water extract. Now you mix that uh, in a gallon of water, and then you add a saponin to it and shake it. Mm. So now when you spray it. You got a foam that's laden with the properties of the uh and when the foam, the foam dissipates, it's gonna leave a film Correct. of whatever's in it, of course. Right. It's just there like you when go. you leave soap on yourself, it's gonna yes. leave a film, like right. the perfume of it. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's only it only makes sense. Yep. And it works. A heavy so you, film. So if you don't like uh my methods from India, then use peppers, use rosemary, mm. use lavender, use Fuck, I don't know. Uh, peppermint, spearmint. Mm. True you know? mint. True mints. Don't get shit like chocolate mint and lemon. Pineapple mint. Get, mint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get the real, the one that really like, kicks ass, you know? Okay. Chamomile, I want to say. A chamomile tea, I think someone was telling me uh, that it has uh, sulfur in it. Do you think that's effective, Coot? Sure. Sulfur used to be long before you were growing, probably. Oh, I'm sure. But in the late 80s, 
grocery stores used to rent sulfur burners. And then you bought uh, sulfur oxide. Uh, it's uh, sulfur with uh, SO4, four oxygen molecules. And anyway, when you burn it now, you create sulfur dioxide. Okay. That's what causes acid rain. If you burn coal and it's high in sulfur, what happens? It converts from sulfur oxide to sulfur dioxide, goes up and fucks up the clouds or something. But anyway, that's the science. So this is how you would kill uh, powdery mildew. So then the, the thing in the cannabis community, oh, sulfur is bad because it, it you know, kills. Yeah, not until you burn it. I mean, sulfur is at the core of every metabolic function on this planet. That's why yeah. most soils are deficient in sulfur. And that's why every trace element product that you'll find has sulfur is one of the head big seven. Molybdenum, iron, copper, sulfur. I don't remember all of them, but anyway, you get the idea. It's just standard. And potty soils are notorious. Sulfur too. Huh? You can yeah. either you can fumigate with the burnt sulfur or just use right. edible sulfur. Yep. That's what you're saying, yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's really old tech. It's alchemical old stuff from like the uh, ancient days. Yep. Sulfur. Well, okay, gypsum, uh, which is used to create uh, tofu in China, uh, invented by the Buddhist monks. Uh, the sulfur acts as a coagulant for the... Uh, gypsum? Yeah. Drywall? Yeah. Well, no, there's two forms. Uh, the calcium sulfur, the one that's over in the garden area. Okay, not okay. the one that's used. It's there's yes, two yes. forms. Okay, there you go. But yeah, uh, anyway, what gypsum <laughs> is is calcium and sulfur. So we're going to have to patent it now. Shit, they're going to be. They're going to be. This is going to the next. Uh, this is going to be the product man of the next uh, Emerald Cup or fucking high times. Jesus Christ! Yeah, S sulfur. Sulfur is good for fruiting, right? <laughs> oh, no, I know. Okay, I'm sure you better, you've read online. Somebody will say, I'm growing in core, and my buds just don't have any smell or flavor. You need that, Chim Jizz? And the reason There's is... There's a couple ways to get it. This way is sulfur more expensive. Efficiency? Yes, because uh, core contains zero levels of sulfur. Zero. Yes, yes. But uh, by just adding uh, gypsum, which is calcium sulfate, you now get over that hump. Very nice. It's a two in one. Simple. Yeah. It's a two in one. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. So it's and here's the other thing. Most calcium that we use is in a form of calcium carbonate. Okay. The calcium that is in gypsum is elemental. It's just capital C, lowercase a, straight, straight calcium, and the sulfur wow. is sulfur oxide. And it's water soluble. So as soon as you water, the sulfur gets broken away from the calcium. And now you have elemental calcium in your soil. And there's a, a what do you call it, a limine agent. Mm. Yeah. It ain't rocket science. Brain surgery. It's really simple. I think you'd enjoy that show, that Mitchell and Webb look. I don't know where you can find it because I saw it on YouTube years ago, but YouTube was different back then. I'll look you'd for see it. like whole shows. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Um, that's more of like a sketch. How do you describe that? It's like, uh, I mean, it's a bit like Saturday Night Live. Like it's, you know, a sketch 
series, like, you know, a bunch of different sketches, sure. but uh, it's a show that was filled with sketches. What do you even call that? An episodic sketch show. There's a name for it. I can't remember. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, it has uh, been, uh, 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 it's been a fun show, honestly. Yeah. It's been a long evening and a fun show. Uh, Coot, we've been keeping you all this time. You, you were like, oh, I got to leave. And then we had yeah, 15 other interesting conversations. I, w- uh, I wonder if this stuff was known in like the old Royal Society, like Elias Ashmole, the, the Chemicum Britannicum, hmm. Ashmole. I w- they probably had a garden department, horticulture department, I'm assuming. It must have been really cool. I doubt they knew most of this stuff. No, it's... Like, honestly, the, 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 the soil microbiology, they might have done some of it, incidentally. Like, we talked about uh, um, South okay, America. We've talked about minute. the Terra Preta and stuff. They knew some of that stuff and, what, you know, how it works, but not necessarily why it worked. The basic I elements. I, I can't give you the name without looking it up, but the title of the book will answer all your questions. Okay, so the man who invented the NPK myth Mm-hmm. And that was done about 1860. He was German chemist. And as you know, chemistry became a big deal in the German in that era. And that's what led to World War One. I. I mean, their uh, use of chemical uh, as, as war materials. Okay. In the late 18, so like 35 years later, in the late uh, 1890s, I don't remember the gentleman's name, but he wrote a book, and this is the title. You can get it open source. You can find the PDF. It's called Bread from Stones. And he's advocating the addition uh, and use of what we now call rock dust. Julius Hensel. That's it. Rock dust. Very nice. You want to get this book because it blows apart the NPK myth. Mm. But he knew this over 122 almost 125 years ago this isn't yeah there you go download it and read it i mean yeah it looks really it looks really solid yeah oh it is definitely i mean i'm not it'd be worth having a hard copy i'm sure yes and i'm sure that there are publishing houses that are make it available in a printed form yes but I'm an iPad. Oh, guy, they have so. it on Amazon. Yeah, I was just scrolling through here for the PDF. Okay, yeah, okay. Yep. Macrobiology. The word was just on the thing. Stone meal. Yep. Mm. Oh, did it? That's, that's the term he used. Yeah, stone Macro. meal, which yeah. is a, a British. What they the term that's used in the British Isles mm. is stone meal instead of rock dust. But anyway, same thing. Stone meal manure. Uh huh. Hmm. And one of the best that you can use is uh, basalt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the subset of basalt is uh, granite. Mm. Those are the only two that are paramagnetic. None of the other rock dust, like uh, Canadian glacial rock dust or the azomite, the bentonite. So these places. None of, those are all luminous silicate. Uh, this is the I, I realize this is not a perfect one to one, but look at that right in the middle there. And you just said the same thing: silicate acid. What's the hot shit these days? Everyone's talking about silica, 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 silica. All these different companies have these horrifically expensive silica, uh, silicic acid or whatever. I can't even fucking say it anymore. Um, uh, uh, products 
here this guy's talking about you know rock dust with silicon silicon acid t92 yeah and and look at that on like the the right page uh all iron rust that is formed in the nightly dew out of metallic iron nightly dew <laughs> very interesting term to pick <laughs> right 130 <laughs> years ago think about that yeah they sound very interesting these people <laughs> Oh man, was he? And then he was like the author here. He was a chemist, so uh, he was ostracized by the chemical sector of Germany, which was fast becoming a big force because it gave you a military advantage over your, you know, victims or you know your enemies or whatever. So, uh, but uh, well, I guess my point is that. None of this is new information. It wasn't just invented by somebody writing an article for, you know, Instagram or a post. I mean, this is established science. Albrecht here in the United States was talking in front of Congress about that we need to do something about the way we fertilize our uh, fields for growing, uh, increasing the nutrient density in 1936. Man, that's I mean, what it's that's, all about. Think about the children, yeah. man. Think about the fucking children, dude. It's 86 years ago. Things are, things are getting bad, man. Disease, everything's yeah. off the fucking yeah. charts. Yeah. What 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 happens when your plant gets a deficiency? It gets right. sick. That's what a hu- that's what happens to a human, and people that's aren't right. paying enough attention. It's very sad. That's it how is. they take that's how they take care of livestock. They just give them vitamins and minerals, and none of them are sick. Well, not okay. a lot. In the world of veal, the the term used in uh is provimi it stands for protein vitamins and minerals <laughs> so i mean it's this fake sounds about right yeah. it's this fake food you know it's like wonder bread and oscar meyer bologna you know kind of thing uh i don't know but so anyway if you feed your plants like that then of course you're going to have genetic drift of course you're going to lose the viability of that plant Um, i could too because if you're not getting all the essentials it could affect uh certain processes in the plant and then those might stagnate in future generations whatever whatever who knows i had a practice for years uh because i've been growing the same one for almost four decades Mm -hmm. and um yeah, <laughs> we take it out. Zyklon B. I was just thinking of that. Zyklon B. <laughs> we would take one and put it outside uh, every three or four years, and that would become the new donor mother. Let it go through the cycle and get the strength from the sun, get like rejuvenated. I don't know if that's right. I'm just grabbing like common you know, talk. Yeah, common talk. But anyway, I felt that there was a benefit there of like keeping it dialed into its origin. You know, it's supposed to be in the sun, not under. I don't care how good a light you buy, it's still artificial lighting. As good a job as we try to do it, do it's not going to be sunlight. You know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe I take a too simplistic approach, but I'm sticking with it. So. I don't have shit hopping my soil. I don't have plants doing weird shit all of a sudden, you know, like what? Some of this stuff, like, I, I can't help but believe it isn't made up. 
I mean, how could one person have that many problems? Yeah, to be honest, like I'm a kind of a newbie grower. It's only been two, three years. You know what I mean? I've been smoking and I've been into it for a long time, but I have no problems, really. It's uh, really easy and it's chill, man. It's just a plant. <laughs> yeah, it's so yeah. chill. It's a plant that's it, it's a plant that grows very fast, like compared to a garden plant, yeah. it grows oh, yeah. at an incredible rate. It's amazing. Oh, they're in radishes. Yeah. yeah, those are pretty yeah. Yeah, those are pretty fast. Yeah, one in about what about four weeks. Yeah, it's crazy. They're pretty good yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> in the summer. Yeah. yeah. For sure. But there's so many things in the garden that we can use to take care of a pest that don't involve, you know, potassium hydroxide and Jesus Christ, man. The fuck? Stuff you use to clean out your drain. <laughs> That's what's in Drano. Why would you spray that on your plants? Jesus Christ, you know. Whatever. Yeah, it's kind of like the fluorosilicic acid in the water. It's just nonsense. Yeah. It just pro it's probably a, a strange deal with politicians that some company that pr produces toxic chemicals that would need to pay a lot to dispose of them Yep. repurpose them and are selling yep. them to you for high high profit i just found out in the last week the game that's played on under u.s law so you can take a plant a harvest we'll say and let's say that you got hit with uh powdery mildew and you can process that and get rid of the powdery mildew and still sell it as a, a first-class product if it's going in as a concentrate. Yep. Isn't that gross? No. Oh, yeah, it's gross, but it also reevaluates that. Never mind. That's an opinion. I'll leave that one. Yeah, it's gross. Absolutely. I mean, it's beyond gross. Strange loophole. What did they do? Radiate it or something? Or I don't know. That's what very high. Nice. I don't know. You just run it through a, a BHL. Oh, okay. But they do it with the PM on the plant? Mm hmm Oh, I thought they would like kind of wash it off or something. No. Wow. Better living through modern chemistry. Right. <laughs> yum. 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 Oh. So. You know, I mean, like my famous expression, this isn't Woodstock anymore. This is a business. And you better have on, you know, stainless steel underwear and keep the can of Crisco away because they're coming after you. You know, grow your own. Don't avoid this commercialization because it's unhealthy. You have no idea. What the hell you're ingesting? The laws were written by the people who are going to benefit from those laws. You know, That's you a pay big out, thing. You pay out the legislators and go pass this motherfucker here. Here's your money. Yeah, like we have they, a bunch of experts, you know, here in the in the state. Each state does their own thing. God damn! Can you imagine? Now they're talking, you know, people are talking about, well, will it really be fair when we have open, in other words, if you grow it in this state, you can ship it to that state. That's going to be great. I can't wait to try some stuff from Alabama. 
or, you know, I mean, some redneck area of Arkansas or something. Yeah, sounds like fun. Sign me up. Fuck. Yeah, if it's just going to be the same mass-produced garbage from different areas, it, there's it's irrelevant. It'd be cool exactly. to it'd be cool to get the small market craft cannabis from people from all around, but it probably will never be like that unless we take yeah. uh, control of things. There's too much money. Yeah, that's my that's my read on it. That it's like this Pandora's box that was opened, and the old people that you know were in this for decades got shoved to the side they don't have the money you know to get the the really heavy duty financing to compete with i mean it's, uh, it's you know a lot of plants well i'll just leave it at that yeah there's no competition where i'm at it's that organogram have you heard of that one yeah yeah it's yeah, yeah. uh not good yeah it's government co-opted cannabis kind yep. of thing yeah that's Except, yeah uh, hey there was an old politician in California, so this goes back 60 years, and he had a, a famous quote, quip, if you will. He was quite a wordsmith. He said, money is the mother's milk of politics. And as long as you're supplying the money for the Congress, the, the state legislators, the city, the county, you're dancing. It's just how deep are your pockets? Mammon's milk. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> the milk of mammon. Yeah. So um, that's the part that we screwed ourselves in my state over 20 years ago. Well, almost 24 years ago, we voted in medical marijuana. This was a, an initiative voted in by the, the citizens. Okay. So, in other words, it can't be usurped by legislative action. So, when they pass the recreational deal here, going to commercialize it and sell licenses for 40,000 square feet and 20,000 square feet, they threw a bone to the citizens of the state that every household could grow four plants. And it didn't require any kind of paperwork that, you know. Just like here, recently, yeah. more recently. Yeah. Sounds really groovy. You guys were ahead. Well, it would cost you between the doctor you had to pay and then the fee to the, the state of Oregon for this medical card, about $450 a year to grow six plants. But I can grow four without any card. So it decimated the medical hard thing so now we're at the behest of the state legislature because they gave us this right the other one we voted in now has been granted to us by the state legislature which means it can be revoked at any point down the road see the difference one we voted in that's sacrosanct this one was a gift from the state legislature that probably came from above. Exactly. Yeah. There were strings oh, attached. Exactly. It was There's a sellout. Strings. A sellout. There's, yeah. There's always strings attached. Yes, of course. Yeah. You're like a puppet, a marionette, <laughs> a marionette, you know? Marionette, we. <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> I mean, they're politicians. You think it? Yeah, never mind. I'm sure it's the same in Canada. You know, hey, a politician is a politician. Yeah, you know? it's bad. It's Very bad. rarely are they decent. Yeah. You notice the decent ones, but how different they are from the rest of them. It's a strange profession to get into. What would make you aspire to do that? But I, I'm assuming, like, if you want to do good, you would really want to do that. But then you might just get nowhere. So it's only the bad people getting through. That's the thing. It rewards the sociopaths above everyone. Yeah. You know, the people yeah, who, yeah. especially in American politics, the people who raise the most money win. The so yes men. They, they reward the yes men most likely. Kind of like the army, you know, they're training yes men type thing. So it kind of all intersects. Yeah, you don't want thinkers. Exactly. Like Voltaire. Like in corporations, they have like this set of, well, in the old days, now it'd be on a disc. Or not even that, it'd be on your hard drive. Um, but the SOPs. So for every situation, you could look it up. Standard operating procedures. What oh, to yeah, do yeah. if this happens? What do you do? Okay, sorry. And don't ever deviate. I mean, call centers not... have those. Yeah, it's exactly. A very, it's a very bad yeah, exactly. thing. That's not yeah. a good thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. Colin did. This is the best. I have a copy right here. I'll show you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the best. I got, I got that. Two copies of uh, letters from mm. England or something. Mm. Marie France or something by Voltaire yeah yep. wow huh. where is that other one it's my favorite one cultivate our garden yeah that's what he said have you ever seen the famous quote by uh, Ken Kesey about gardens Oh, right here, Doc. Well, here it is. Here it is. Vitale. It's an OG, like an old uh, monarch study guide. Yeah, Con, yeah, yeah. Right. Conded Vitale. Yeah. Yeah. It's very good. It's, it's the best. The uh, the characters are Pangloss and Sunegond. It's really good. I have this really strange book as well. Uh, yeah, like this one. It's like... This book is like, it's fucking weird. It's uh, the works of Voltaire, general history. This is number 25. Mm. It, it's like an old, you know what I mean? But it's, uh, the paper is very, very thick. And some of the pages are uncut. Wow. You, need, you need to cut the pages yourself. Like, yeah, yeah. This is, uh, yeah, pretty cool. It's really cool. Nice pictures and stuff. Right. Illustrations. Here's it. Yeah, man. He's a good guy. Funny guy. Yeah, man. He was like against the, against the Vatican and stuff and satire and just being comical, and, you know, under, uh, you know, I, I that plume. Just like, I he guess. He was uh, against the aristocracy, but the aristocracy loved him because he was so weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very cool. <clears throat> it's kind of like a Comte de Saint-Germain or something or, you know, it's. A really cool character. It's legendary. Saint Germain, that's a fucking funny one. <laughs> I have a story about that. It's, I, I'll leave I'll it for another story. day. 
Cagliostro. Oh, it's about that. We were talking about cults earlier. I happen to know a cult that worships this dude, St. Germain. It's actually way more hilarious than you can possibly imagine. It wow. would actually be even more hilarious if I brought it up right now, but I'm not going to. No? I'm, I'm slightly curious for the next right? time. Okay, fine. Fuck it. Uh, there's this cult. <clears throat> this is not something I made up, by the way. You guys are all going to assume that I made this up. No, because theos- cup, theosophy this, and Rudolf Steiner, they right? do they look at him as an ascended master. It's it's a kind of like a known fact. So. And this is this is this this one yeah. called uh they're called oh. I am come and they worship Saint Germain, who apparently materialized years after his death upon Mount Oh, we just lost uh Coot. Cheers, Coot. He uh materialized on Mount Shasta uh and uh, uh was wandering uh aimlessly, I guess. No, no, no. It might have been a different guy that was wandering aimlessly, but he then encountered the ethereal ghost of St. Germain, who offered him a a, a life-reaffirming liquid that was creamy and white. And uh, uh, I'm not making this up. I'm not making this shit up. There, there, there is actually more like some serious shit though. It's probably like the Martinist or something like that. Well, dude, cults are just fucking cults, honestly. I'm also stoned a little bit, but... No, no, but this is not like cult, cult shit. This is more like uh, like it would be like Freemasonic type stuff, which yeah. I'm not sure if you would consider that a cult, but slightly. Some people do. I don't think I do really. Um, well, it's I don't just know like what, what Freemasonic is. The, it's the, kind of like post Masonic yeah. Martinism and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, we should discuss this another time, perhaps. <laughs> when we're not uh, totally stoned. Uh, Paya, great to see you, my friend. Uh, yeah. uh, been enjoying your musical uh, 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 recommendations in the freaking Discord chat. That's been lots of fun. I yeah. found some really cool uh, new songs there. Um, I'll have the some Turkish cool band from the other day. That was freaking, that was a trip. Honestly, I'm still rocking out to that one. That was a good one. I'm, of course, forgetting the name right now. But anyway. Volga, the Turkish disco. Right. I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. Was that, one's, that one's so lit. It just like makes me want to move. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. It's just like, uh, 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 yeah, it's amazing. Uh, 100%. <laughs> they have a very strong bass. Right. So it's very powerful. They have very strong bass for some reason in Turkey. Uh, bass. Uh, that was that song by that one chick. Maybe got that bass. No, what was it? She got that bass. Fuck, I can't remember. Yeah, there was. I'm a trying to be that... funny, but it's not working out. My brain's not working right now. Uh, what was I going to say? Yes, that song did have lots of bass. I guess I don't know. Do they have lots of bass in Turkish music? Maybe it's very rhythmic. I guess it's extremely yeah. rhythmic. Um, they have really good bass lines. I might, I might do something Turkish tomorrow with the strong bass line. That sounds fun. Right on, man. Like Cheers, that, dude. Yeah. Yeah, man. By the way, I almost forgot we're going to have a show actually later today, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Bruise and Buds. I bet you Christoph will be there. He'll be like, big force, big force, right? Christoph, big force, uh, my friend. A bientôt. Nous quittons. Bonjour. Bonne année. What else? My French is not nearly as good as Payon, but uh, <laughs> my excuse is I didn't learn it in school or grow up speaking. On fume la marijuana du Canada à l'Amérique à la France. Toujours. Good. Et enfin. Bien. En France, cachalot. Cachalot. Quoi? Cachalot. Cachalot. Oui. De la Ace avec de la White Widow. Croisement. Ace X White Widow. 
cachalote, Espagne, les cides. <laughs> Seed crosses from uh, Spain. Uh, we will all have to learn French another time. Christophe, <laughs> we're lost. <laughs> Some, uh, how do you Even fucking I, say stone? I, he I, told us stone one I'm time. French I forget. And I'm lost, dude. He's talking on some cachalots, some cachalots, which is a cross between cross. What did you say? Qu'est-ce que c'est le croisement? De la white widow avec de la ace. Oh, it's a strain. I got you. Right on. And it comes from Spain. Gotcha. Right on. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, Nico, cheers, my friend. Uh, happy New Year. Uh, uh, great to have you, have you on the show again. Uh, final thoughts, both of you guys. Hello. Uh, uh, yeah. Thank you. Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, hopefully, it's going to be a brighter year than before. And yeah, happy new year, everyone. Hopefully, it will be a brighter year than the year, the past year. And uh, uh, hopefully, this uh, dodgy situation in France I was talking about earlier is going to change and it's going to clear up. Thanks to Germany. Because like you said, yes, it's uh, like the fourth or the fifth uh, uh, power country power in the the world. And... uh, we are pretty much following their example. They are leading the EU. You know, the, well, basically, they are leading the EU. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's cool that Germany finally did it, though, because, like I said, it's still very much a taboo, like in Sweden and stuff like that. So, you know, hopefully it uh, pans out for them. We see. Hopefully. Mm. I don't know. I don't know Germany if it, if Germany really legalized yet, but uh, because I don't. Uh, yeah, but there, it looks like they're trying to fast track it with their new government, basically. Yeah, that's what I hear. That's exactly what I hear. Yeah, yeah. Is is Merkel out or? She's gone. Yeah, she's retired, and uh, uh, they have a whole new government now that you could say is uh, what uh, probably one of their most left wing governments uh, in a while. The Greens are in it. Uh, I guess a couple other parties and a little bit social Democrats, but they're basically call themselves like the green light coalition or whatever. Cause of course they have multiple parties there. So it's basically a coalition. So I, th- I want to say they're calling themselves like the green light coalition there. Sounds like fast a, track, a bunch of cool shit apparently. So, right. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. We're a punk band. Yeah. We're a crazy ass nightclub. <laughs> right. There you go. <laughs> Evidently Germany has the best nightclubs. So now they're going to yeah, have the best yeah. weed apparently or something. <laughs> Perpetual's uh, yeah, asking something, but I'm not sure what. Go for it, dude. We're gonna uh, wait one or two minutes until he uh, clarifies what he was asking. But uh, other than that, we're fucking off. Uh, Paya, what's the story, my friend? Uh, do you like to be found anywhere on YouTube or Instagram or anywhere else, or do you just have some final thoughts? Or yeah, uh, just, happy uh, new year, by the way. Yeah, man, I'm just chilling, anonymous, just chilling on the Discord and stuff, chilling, mm-hmm. um, documenting my grow. I'll be growing some more, getting a new light pretty soon. Super pumped. Going to be doing some more. So. More, more, more. Uh, harvesting some, uh, you know, some incense to uh, smoke myself out with. So nice, it's very fun. That's what it's all about. Right on, yeah, nice. happy New Year's, everybody, and uh, thanks happy for having me on. Yeah. And uh, God bless, man. See you tomorrow or something. Yeah, dude. Yeah, we'll be here. 
be here, be square, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thanks very much for hanging. Uh, uh, right on. Uh, just reading the message here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, what was I going to say? Fuck it, I could say one time. I'm not going to go through the whole infomercial, but go check out my website, fumadoro.com. I'd be appreciative if you did. Uh, you can use the coupon code BRAINS for 14% off. Fuck it, hurts to hold my arm up. Anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, what is that again? Uh, uh, if you can't spell Fumidora or don't want to spell, why do I always keep saying it? I keep saying it in a way that I feel like you're stupid. If you can't spell them, I'm not trying to say that. If you forgot how to spell Fumidora, because whatever, it's a play on words that I came up with years before I thought about making it a brand. I realize it's a little complex to spell. I get it, but I like the, the name of it. I like the sound of it and blah, 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 blah. So, you know, the, the name of the business and website is Fumidoro. But if for whatever reason you don't want to spell that, you can go to fumesofgold.com. That's actually what Fumidoro is supposed to mean. And it's kind of a play on words with Italian and French. But anyway, well, yeah, I need to I need to practice not saying that. If you're fucking, if you can't, if you're not man enough to go to my website, or maybe I should do that. Maybe I should do like reverse psychology. If you're not awesome enough to come and buy my seats, then go fucking talk to somebody. I'm going to work on that. We're going to see. We're going to see. Cheers, Nico. Have a good one, my friend. Happy New Year. Check out Fumidora, my friends. And uh, uh, like I said, use uh, coupon code BRAINS for 14% off. Check out the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, check out Chronic Table, just like it says on the freaking page here. Chronic Table on iTunes, Spotify, uh, uh, Google Podcasts, you name it. What a freaking amazing spike the last few days. So uh, wherever you guys are listening from, uh, hopefully you continue to listen. And uh, tell your friends, tell your, tell, tell your weed-smoking family, tell your family that might be interested in smoking weed uh tell your fellow freaking i don't even know tell the bud tender where you get the your weed from we'd be happy to have you guys uh, uh tune in for sure and uh, honestly we love to have fresh faces come on the show and talk to us this is uh i like to say a virtual pub pardon me for almost coughing a virtual pub for uh you know all your smartest grower friends basically and if you don't have grower friends you will now if you come watch our show we like to take it pretty uh, chill here. As you guys see, I like to say we we take uh, the weed seriously, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. So hopefully you guys uh, saw that. Uh, no clarification from Perpetual. So I don't, I don't know, man. I think we're going to have to uh, leave that for tomorrow. That's about it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I guess the new photo contest, we will uh, uh, announce the winner of the photo That's a fucking important one. So anyone that's watching right now, ladies and gentlemen, I went through and, and reposted, I hope, all of the the the... A contest entries that I missed. If I have missed you in some way, if for some reason I didn't scroll in some way, I think I went through the entire month, but if for whatever reason I missed you, uh, let me know and I'll be happy to uh, repost you for next month. It is obviously next month. It's a happy new year, my friends. But uh, the announced or the announcement for the winner for last month's photo contest is going to be tonight. So go vote, ladies and gentlemen. Today is the day for you to all go vote. Go take a look at in the Portland Cannabis Tasting Society and vote for all of your favorites. You can pick for all of your favorites. You don't have to just vote for one. Pick all of them. Pick the ones that you posted on. If you didn't post, you can vote anyway. Anyone listening in can vote. Go vote. It's a tons of fun. And uh, next month, including this month, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, come join us for whatever we're going to do for the next photo contest. I'd like to shake it up a little bit, but I haven't. I, don't know, I guess I've just been busy. I haven't thought of a way to shake it up, so. We might just honestly do more of the same. But uh, in the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I go take a look. Portland Cannabis Tasting Society's Instagram. If you'd like to follow my Instagram, my main Instagram, Fumador underscore Chibador is the name. Uh, if you have any questions or whatever else, just go to my website, fumadoro.com. Again, fumesofgold.com. Go to the contact page. There's a bunch of links there. Discord, blah, 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 such and such, and things and stuff. 
That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Adios. The Atomic Spoon is six minutes away from January 2nd already. Guys, freaking like winning a race or something. Happy New Year, Mallet Mayo Flower. Cheers, my friend. Uh, but Atomic's over there trying to beat us at some kind of a race or something. I don't even know. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have to abscond. I'm tired. Uh, it's late enough. Fuck, it's late. Holy crap. Christoph, big force, my friend. Cheers. Thanks for hanging. Ladies and gentlemen, it's rare that we get to say it on the first of the year. Be kind. Be decent. Be gentle. Don't be fucking pricks. You could spend the entire year, and if you listen to Fumidor and tell me at the end of the year, and you're like, you know what, Fumidor, I wasn't a prick the entire year, I'll be like, man, that's awesome. Don't. In fact, I could do like a seed giveaway. That would be kind of fun. If you promise me at the end of the year that you were not a fucking prick, if you can promise, like literally promise me, if you can look me in the eyes and say, I was not a prick the entire year, I'll give you a pack of seeds. I promise. Uh, <clears throat> I'll be a little bit annoyed if I have to ship them to you because that might cost me a fucking fortune. So we're going to have to work on that. No promises in that regard. But I can guarantee you, if you meet me face to face after a year, and you might have to remind me of this because I might forget because I'm a little bit stoned. But uh, if it's on the show, obviously, you know what happened. Uh, if you can promise me you weren't a prick the entire 2022 year, I'll hand you a pack of seeds. Later, everybody. Later, Grayson. Nico in the house, uh, Green Puffin Man, cheers, my friend, uh, Happy New Year, Coffee Pot, Happy New Year, Happy New Year, Dan, Male Flower, uh, Strong Style, Brady, cheers, everybody, Bingo Lombardi, uh, Happy New Year, my friend. Adios, cheers, guys, uh, uh, Cats and Dogs, Bats and Frogs, Space Alien on Simulcast, uh, Assorted, Micro Arthropods, Microscopic Creatures, Macroscopic Creatures, Sentient. Long strides, long strides, long strides Every day's your time You climb, you grow, you fall Get back up, ask for more Got a long way to go, scenic routes sound fine Head hanging out the window every time you take a drive Gotta soak up all this life like Fuck it, you alive This the only one you got Don't you toss it to the side Right now's the only time you'll ever be Right here, on this day, in this moment, in this place Look around, what you take it all in For a phase, and it's gone, and in place is a place you never thought that you'd be Where you ask why you ain't Where you want, that's us all It's alright, let it fall Or we'll build it Stronger than it was before You're resilient, you're brilliant There's love in this all You're okay You're alright Every day's your time You alive The this might be all that I know. I think it's okay. I've got a long way to grow. At my own pace. Go the long way. No one taught me how to walk, but I figured it out. Yeah. Okay. Look. Look at how far we done made it. I put it all on the table. Bitch, I'm a product of cable cars and the soldiers that raise me. A tribe of women from heaven that brought me miracles daily. Now they the ones that he's saving. Mom's ain't the same since my grandma faded, then turned to an angel. When well, she could see me right now. Wanted to know that we major See shit from all of the angles Can't ever turn off my brain From everything we done saying Shit, I'm just shocked that I'm stable If there's a guy, she's amazing Wave I spill my soul on the table I give it all while I'm able 
I can't break bread when I'm stranger I hold it down for my brothers Been tight since naps in the cradle Since pick up rounds in the park We found peace and sound To that chain link neck Catch our dreams with each patron Got a knack with the pen It's an apparatus for magic I scribble slow and sit still Till I feel the earth in rotation I know the time and it's crazy But I know somehow we okay here I'm out in Florida enjoying Atlantic shores Look like a postcard scene Soak up the rays for days It feels so euphoric Feel like I'm soaring, a floor in the pedal, swerving a fawn, all off the personal statement. Ain't take a Uber to get here, all in a stride in the cadence. Got so much farther to take it, my mind's a power container. And I use that shit wisely, don't let nobody contain it. I keep you safe in my ribcage, just north the left of the navel. One good look in your eyes can show what the new day might bring. Every day is your time. You alive. This might be all that I know. Think it's okay. I've got a long way to grow. At my own pain. Go the long way. No one taught me how to walk, but I figured it out fine.